Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode in this inter-season special. We'll get to what that is more specifically in a moment. But don't worry, I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers. And joining me, also as always, it's Matt Stogden. If we can't protect a sequel, you can be damn sure we'll sequelize it. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. That is kind of our motto here, isn't it, pretty much? Yeah, we're not really protecting anything, point. to be fair. No, no. They still get made, but we still sequelize it. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of sequelizing things, perhaps the best of us, it's Mr. Tim Matum. Tony Stark was able to sequelize this in a cave with a box of DVDs. <laughs> You're not wrong, Tim. You're not wrong. <laughs> the original sequelizer. <laughs> oh, dear. Took a lot of drugs to sequelize back in those days. <laughs> and only slightly less drugs now. <laughs> Well, as I said, we are into a new inter-season this time, folks. We're in between seasons nine and the upcoming season ten. Hello, 2022. I know. It's Sequelizers in... X. Yeah. Oh, in space. <laughs> we go to space. <laughs> Finally. We all get infused with nanobots. Yeah. Finally. I've been pushing for that since season three. <laughs> what, finally pushed Alec out the door. <laughs> he refused to get the nanobots. We've hinted at it, and I finally revealed it at the end of the season finale, when we did finally did speed two. You're welcome, that big old piece of shit. Mm -hmm. We are, in fact, doing a three-part MCU special to kick off this interseason. We hit our Patreon goal, and oh boy, a trilogy of Sequelizers episodes. It's going to be a big deal. I think it's going to be pretty epic. I'm very interested to see what I think we're going to have a lot of interesting discussion between ourselves. And we're going to piss off a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. We always do when we talk we about always do. any film we ever talk about on this show. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And in this first part, we're going to be kind of running through the MCU so far as of December 2021 slash January 2022. And uh, yeah, kind of run through our thoughts, our highlights, what we don't like, what we do like, all that kind of stuff. But before we get to any of that, I'd like to say a lovely thank you to the fantastic people over on patreon.com slash sequelizers. Because you folks make this interseason possible. You are literally the reason yeah. why we are doing these three episodes. And like I said, this is only part one. <gasps> We're not doing an MCU episode. We're doing a trilogy of episodes. And it's all thanks to you lovely patrons. Mm. And if you go to patreon.com slash sequelizers, you can get ad-free episodes. You can get early access. You can get exclusive, entirely exclusive bonus episodes during this interseason. You get not just the outtakes during the season, but actual full episodes during the interseason as well. We've got some bangers lined up, gents. I'm excited for these bonus episodes, let alone the rest of the end of the season, let alone yeah. the MCU trilogy. Yeah. Got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm excited. If you want to get exclusive merch, you want to get discounts on our merch store, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and you get all that lovely stuff, plus a bunch of extra stuff as well, including if you become an executive producer, you get a shout out on the show like these lovely people have done. Jonathan Firth Clark. Have you ever had someone take your brain and play? Pull you out. Stuff something else in. Mike Salvia. I don't want to kill anyone. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. Josh van der Sluis. You got your best friend back. James McDowell. Really? They want me in a submerged pressurized metal container? Michael Belcher. I, I, I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly with this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I made, largely 
public. Josh Miles. I need a horse. We don't have horses, just dogs, cats, birds. And give me one of those large enough to ride. And Xenos. You have become a problem, a problem I have to deal with. Contrary to your belief, you are not the center of my universe. Yeah, I, I have bigger problems than you in the Southwest region to deal with. Thank you ever so much, our executive producers. As I said, you and the other patrons have made this possible, this kind of mini project of ours that is mm. turned to something more epic than we originally anticipated. We had to originally mm. kind of like, oh, we'll do an episode and then see how we go. And the wonderful Tim has like, maybe we should do a trilogy. Let's plan it all out. And we had this kind of meeting and stuff. Mm. We actually had like a company meeting for like the first time ever, pretty much, <laughs> apart from that time we had lunch together like two years ago. He's, he's not even exaggerating. That's his... <laughs> if we have time to... It's, it's my classic sort of filmmaking thing. If you have time to rehearse, you have time to film. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. We have, we have time to have a meeting. We should be recording an episode. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. But we actually sat down, funnily enough, on Zoom and kind of hashed it all out and planned out this thing. So part one is going to be, as I said, the MCU so far. What we enjoy, what we don't enjoy, our highlights, our favourite characters, phase by phase. So we're now past phase one, past phase two, past phase three, heading and looking forwards into phase four, which we'll get onto in the later episodes of this trilogy. We'll then talk about, in part two, we'll think about how we're going to fix it. We are sequelizers after all, that's kind of mm -hmm. what we do here. What we change, again, thinking about each phase as we go through, maybe there's some recasting, maybe there's some rewriting, changing directors, changing characters. Who knows? We'll find out in next week's episode. And then finally, as I hinted at just then, part three, looking at phase four and beyond. So looking at what's coming up in Marvel, what we would like to see coming up in Marvel, if we have any suggestions, any ideas, all that kind of stuff for the MCU in the future as well. So. Laying out the trilogy there for you, folks. Hmm. It's in, it's, like I said, it's going to be it's going to be like six hours of us talking about the MCU. So <laughs> yeah. the, the, be the only thing that, and uh, maybe you should listen to the end, listeners, to see if we have in the end. Only thing I'm curious about: Are we going to record post-credit sequences at the end of these episodes? Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to just listen to find out if we do or not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to do. Like, oh, what's your history with the MCU? Could it be like I saw Iron Man, and then you know, that's the <laughs> That's where it kind of starts. Uh, for us and our age and our sort of comic fandom, we are yeah. we, we were there at the at the front door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, let's do it anyway. <laughs> I actually saw Iron Man in the cinema. Weirdly enough, so do I. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen all of them in cinema. I have, other than one. So I I saw Iron Man in America. Mm -hmm. Um, I just happened to America at the time. Um, you flew there especially for the big <laughs> just Marvel to, yeah. debut. No, the only thing I haven't seen is uh, Thor. Oh no 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 no! I, I sorry, I, that sorry. I should clarify. I've seen them all in the cinema. Mm. The one I haven't seen in the cinema on day of release is Thor Ragnarok. Right. For fuck's sake, Matthew. Yeah. Either I've seen. I either... knew you were wrong. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, I didn't see that in the cinema. I was like, yes, you was did. Like, How is that possible? I've seen them all in the cinema yeah. except for well, now in, two. Yeah. I was in Japan when Ragnarok came out. I was like, oh no, or Thor Battle Royale, whatever it was called. Yeah. In Japan. Yeah. Um, I genuinely considered seeing it in Japan when it came out. I was like, hmm. <laughs> Um, but yes, anyway, so um, I was in America, Iron Man came out, uh, like, I think the month before The Dark Knight was due to come out. Yeah. And I was like, I know Iron Man, but I didn't give a shit about Iron Man, because very few people actually give a shit about Iron mm. Man. Um, and we were just about away from the early 2000s 
comic book stuff of Spider-Man and Daredevil and Fantastic bit, Four. Precisely the, that kind of stuff. Tim Story version. Yes, exactly. Not so, fan four stick yet. No, not yet. No. Um, and they're they're all serviceable. They all do their own thing in their own way. Mm. And I know we're, we're talking about how much we like Blade in the late nineties and stuff. Precisely, mm. precisely. That's a Marvel comic book superhero, whether you it's, like it or not. It's the one that kicked it all off in theory. And we talk about we've fixed Spider Man three, and yep. I then crossed both of those over in a bitch. <laughs> yep, true. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, done X Men: The Last Stand. Done X Men yeah. as well. Exactly. Yeah, another yeah. Marvel property that. Now, thanks to the Fox acquisition stuff, is now coming into the MCU, and maybe we'll, we'll be talking we'll about that later that. on. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the future of the MCU. So there wasn't a lot of buzz around an Iron Man film, other than in the marketing, it looked really fucking cool because it was yeah. grounded, and the CGI for the suit looked amazing. Mm. It was an interesting point for both Robert Downey Jr., the actor, and Tony Stark and Iron Man, the character. I think because yes. Tony Stark was always. He was always a big factor in like the Avengers and stuff. He's a regular member of the Avengers, mm-hmm. but he never felt like a real A-lister. People know Spider-Man. Spider-Man is like probably the most mm. well-known Marvel yeah. hero, but nobody thinks of the Avengers when you think of Spider-Man, even though he's and been in the Avengers a bunch of times in the comics. For the longest time, the Avengers, you know, there's a reason that those characters had not been sold off by Marvel when they were selling off everything you know they they got through bankruptcy by selling off the film rights to spider-man and x-men we, and, we mentioned and, x-men going yeah. to fox yeah. and spider-man going to sony and stuff yeah exactly all of that stuff the reason that captain america thor iron man didn't get sold off is because they were less popular and avengers was the book for a long time and justice league was kind of the same uh, over at dc where you put heroes who can't really support their own titles you mush them all together and make them work yeah, yeah. And, and obviously thor cap and iron man have had long-running solo series as well, and they've generally had solo series going, although there have been times when they haven't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, characters like Hawkeye and stuff like that where nobody would, <laughs> nobody cared about Hawkeye uh, for a long while. You know, yeah. People still don't, um, <laughs> despite you know, his Disney Plus show. He was, he was off there running the West Coast Avengers, mm-hmm. not even the, oh, the, yep. the main team, you know. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, the, like Iron Man was definitely... C tier, I yeah, would say, above all, yeah. but maybe maybe lower B tier. Yeah, at, at times, certain p- parts of certain decades, B tier. Mm. And obviously, really, people can yeah. look back now and cherry pick stories and go, "Oh, Demon in the Bottle was great, and Armor Wars was great, sure. and stuff like that." But they're that's... the only two ones that people ever talk yes. about. <laughs> oh yeah, Demon in the Bottle and Armor Wars. Love yeah. Iron Man, me. Yeah. Name a third Iron Man <laughs> story. Yes. But it's also a kind of risky story because they knew no one really gave a shit about. It, so it was like, is it much of a risk to tell this kind of story? Not really. And also, mm. it was around the time where, with DC and, and Marvel, everyone was telling those kind of stories. Is in like the shocking, oh my God, my award is doing drugs. Mm. It's that sort of like era of the, the 70s, more socially conscious. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But also being quite exploitative. Yes. Um, yeah. So there are moments, definitely. But you're right. It's, I don't think there's ever been a, a time where someone said, like, I fucking love Iron Man. He's my favorite character. Mm. And again, I still think, even though there's some really good, I like, I like Fractions Run, for example, mm. uh, on Iron Man, the Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. Great. Like yeah. Best, best My favourite Iron Man run. Yeah. Sure. Mm. But at the same time, he works best as a component or a cog. Mm. And even now, I don't think Iron Man is anyone's... Obviously, everybody's got a favourite superhero thing, but he's still not an A-lister in the comics, I don't think. Obviously, um, because of the films... Well, he now become, looks like... Robert Downey Jr., yes. <laughs> which helps. The, and his yeah, personality changed his, as well. Yeah. yeah, the films have, like, there was essentially 
you know, not to, we won't go super deep into the comic book lore because sure. we're talking about the films here, but there was a period around this time, and I think it was when Marvel was actually, the wheels had started being in motion of like, we've made enough money off of Spider-Man and the X-Men films that we can think about maybe financing our own. Like, yeah. let's, let's, this pre being bought by Disney, so they did not have that bank at the time that they started trying to raise the profile of those characters. They had Brian Michael Bendis, who was one of the superstar writers, yeah. you know, at the time, come on to the Avengers, reboot it, essentially bring on a lot of the more popular characters. So you had Wolverine and Spider-Man on the Avengers and everyone was like, they don't belong on the Avengers. The Avengers is the shit team. Um, New Avengers is a fucking great run for me. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's a jump on point, for, like uh, disassembled as well. Mm. It's a jump on point for most people for like, mm. doing yes. it the modern, yeah, yeah. in vertical, it's modern era. Mm. Bang, there it is. Yeah. Um, so they'd started putting in the work to try and raise the profile of those characters, but certainly um, nowhere near the way they are now, where most Marvel events, if they're not Spider-Man or X-Men, there will be a big yearly annual crossover that's probably yeah. to do with Iron Man, Captain America, or Thor. And I think, yeah, obviously the films, but I think Civil War is a lot of that. Still, like, yeah, yeah, I'm Civil, Iron Man Civil and War. Captain America, so yeah. key to that storyline. Yeah, having Spider Man tie into that as well in the comics, obviously. very much so. Yeah, in a in a weird way, he does that's how they bring him into the MCU, which we'll get onto, of course, later on. But yeah, it's an interesting one because bringing the kind of lower risk thing out of Iron Man and being like, yeah, okay, we can we can take a risk on this because if we bollocks up, who cares about Iron Man? Mm. The opposite is true about Robbie Downey Jr. <laughs> this was yeah. seen as a fairly big risk because he was a big star 20 years before this, 15 mm, years before yeah. this. You know, he was doing fairly big numbers and, and, you know, being one of the like breakout stars of the 90s and all this kind of mm. stuff. Yeah. And then went off and did all the drugs <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, drank, and drank all the alcohol and yeah. stuff and mm. literally went to prison and stuff and was mm. like, had this really, really troubled decade or two in between, you yeah. know, his kind of you know breakout period and then being brought back for this and you kind of have moments around like kiss kiss bang bang and the kind of stuff in mm. the 2000s you know oh maybe he's a viable star again maybe we can like bring him back like let's roll the dice and rob it down in junior <laughs> i guess and see what happens and fuck me if he didn't then become like <laughs> the highest the highest grossing best paid actor in the world if, if all that of a isn't a perfect put it all on black oh my god i've won yeah, everything. yeah everything absolutely yeah insane yeah i i can remember I, I was aware that robbie robert downey jr had a sort of troubled past but it wasn't something i was particularly like plugged into he was not an actor who i was who i'd watched in a lot of things um previously but i can remember being excited for iron man because i had seen kiss kiss bang bang yes um, same. yes and and thinking like oh fuck robert downey jr is terrific in that Yes. And that was that was about three years prior to Iron Man coming yep. out. And yep. I can remember watching the trailers for Iron Man and thinking, I don't really care about Iron Man. You know, I've read some of uh, Kurt Busiek and George Perez's Avengers mm -hmm. run and, and, and enjoyed it, but not a character that I'm super, you know, into. But seeing that trailer and getting excited, partially because it looked good, but also I was like, actually, Robert Downey Jr. seems like really good casting. And, he, and I loved Kiss Kiss Bang Bang so much. Um, mm -hmm. And I think... And obviously, time has proved that he was absolutely the right choice. And yeah, which brings us to an alternate history because in Iron Man Extremist, which is a comic book from like 2005, 2006, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. um, uh, it's, it was a Warren Ellis, um, 
the Adigranov. Thank you Adigranov, very much. Yeah. Um, and really pretty, really nice book, and mm. very much starts to lean into the we're trying to make a movie. It's almost like yeah. pitching it. It does the thing whereby Samuel Jackson is Nick Fury. Partly because it's a case of like, we're going to use the rights in this book. We're just going to use his face. He's yeah. like, oh shit, there he is. Because um, it already, the interesting thing is like the original Nick Fury is a white guy. Yes. Mm. Played by David Hasselhoff, famously. <laughs> yes, in the 90s. And yeah. Terribly. Yeah. yeah. He is a white, older mm. guy with like gray hair and an eye patch mm. and yeah. stuff. You know, like, okay, cool. Mm. The ultimate version, and we need to talk about the ultimate universe when we need, universe yeah, when we need to cool. talk about yep. the MCU because so much of it is rooted in that version. Mm. It's the reason Hawkeye is the way Hawkeye is rather yeah. than goofy exactly. tunic-wearing yeah. Hawkeye. That moment when Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury at the post credit scene of Iron Man. We know we're talking mm. about Iron Man yes, here. Like yes. the, the origin point of thinking about the Avengers program and stuff. I'm Nick Fury, blah, blah, blah. And me, I was so into the Ultimates and the Ultimate comics. And Ultimate, Ultimate Spider-Man is what brought me back to comics in the mm. early 2000s. Speaking of Brian Michael Bendis, yeah, yeah. the guy that basically single-handedly wrote Ultimate Spider-Man for like 500 million <laughs> issues or whatever it ended yeah. up being, including Transitioner, killing off Peter Parker, bringing in Miles Morales, all yeah, this kind of stuff. Yeah. The Ultimate Universe. So for those of you who don't read the comics, the original Marvel Universe, as you are probably aware of it, is called the 616, like or 616, colloquially. Mm. That's the main kind of run that happened through the 60s, 70s, 80s. There's loads of multiverse stuff, as you guys have, if you haven't read the comics, but now know from <laughs> from the yeah, movies, there's lots yeah. of alternate universes and stuff. Get ready if you don't fucking know about it. Yeah, mm. yeah. With uh, you, Some of you have probably already seen Spider-Man No Way Home. We're recording this before it comes out in the UK. Yes. But by the time this episode comes out, it will already have been out and we'll all have seen it and you've probably seen it as well, listeners. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's going to be some multiverse stuff. There's stuff from yeah. the Andrew Garfields and from the Tobey Maguires mm. and all this stuff coming into that film. and. The Ultimate Universe was this kind of modern reboot. We need to take... There's all this pressure with there's like hundreds of thousands of issues mm -hmm. of Spider-Man and hundreds of issues of Avengers and Iron Man and Thor yeah. and blah, blah, Where blah. Where do blah. you start when you start reading Oh, I don't. I can't start yeah. reading Thor at episode 465. I need to catch up on the previous 464 issues. Mm. Oh, fuck it. We'll do a new one. We'll do a fresh modern take. We'll build a... Basically a new, like, modern, diverse cast of characters and stuff, including... Nick Fury looks like Samuel L. Jackson. He, yeah. He's now an African-American yeah. guy. Mm. And then Nick Fury walks out at the end, that final moment in the bar in, in Iron Man. I was like, hold on, is this the ultimate universe? Because mm -hmm. I was so plugged into that at the time uh. in 2008. I was like, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so you think it was a direct correlation? I thought, yeah, uh, I naively thinking, mm. not knowing the MCU was a thing, obviously, because it wasn't yet, mm. thinking like, are we building to the Ultimates? And spoiler alert, we were. Kind of, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the Avengers from 2012 is the first run of Ultimates, basically. basically. All the Chitauri bollocks and all that stuff mm. is kind of adapted from that run of the Ultimates. Except Captain America's not an absolute psychopath because yeah, Mark, Mi Mark Miller's a nut. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mark Miller turned him into like a Judge Dredd, like satirical. There's no, there's no scene where the Hulk tries to kill Freddie Prince Jr. in Avengers. Uh, <laughs> exactly, but that the whole tone and the modernization and the vibe of the MCU owes so much mm. of its kind and, of and roots and stuff to the Ultimate Universe aesthetically as well from. Like that, that Ultimates run done by Brian Hitched, which is a very much in this late '90s, early 2000s, what's called like widescreen comics. Yeah, the, the cinematic style, yeah. double double play page 
splashes using the full width of a comic page or two comic pages. Lots of like big devastation. Fucking Brian Hitch loves to draw rubble. Um, yeah. <laughs> Explosions and, and rubble. Yeah. And stuff like, you know, the, the design of the shield base, the Triskelion in uh, Winter Soldier is taken yeah. pretty much directly from the Ultimates. It's, it's where the, the Ultimates have their base. Mm. And tying that back into the Samuel L. Jackson thing, Brian Hitch is also pretty infamous for using celebrity lookalikes yes. and yes. their faces and just being like, uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to like trace over this scene from Samuel L. Jackson still. Yep. There you go. And I got pretty annoyed with that. Like in, later, like in the last decade or so mm. of Brian Hitch's work, I'm like, come mm. on, Brian. Not everyone yep. needs to look like... There was um, <laughs> America's Got Powers, a series he did with Jonathan Ross. Mm-hmm. And literally the dude just looks like Justin Bieber on a couple of panels. I'm like, uh, what is this? And then David Tennant is just in there. And I'm like, yeah. this is weird. It's pulling me out of this. But anyway, that actually ended up like influencing the casting of the, the Marvel movies mm. because the influence came from films to then go back to comics and to then ties back into films again. I believe Samuel L. Jackson is, was already a comic reader. Yes. And yes. They didn't like contact him for approval in the comics because it was comics and nobody really... Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. But he read it and was like, that's fucking awesome. And so then when they came mm. to cast him, he was like, fuck yeah, I'll be Nick Fury. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's why it's really interesting because, just to loop it back for a second, in Extremists, it's very clear who they're drawing. They're drawing Tom Cruise. Yes. Because <laughs> there was a long pitch like, yes. who do we want to get for Tony mm. Stark? Who would be the perfect casting? Mm. Well, if we show it on the page, maybe we can act as like, proof of concept and then show it to him. Almost like with the whole like Samuel Jackson mindset. Like, you know, oh my God, I've seen it. I'm definitely going to be it. Except, you know, obviously he was already there. He already likes comics and anime and all that sorts of stuff. He's, he's very much in that nerd culture as it is. Cruise isn't and would have to be sold on it. But if you see like a couple of panels of him flying around in the suit, it looks all cool. Mm. And again, the artwork is goddamn slick. Mm. I cannot imagine the MCU with Tony Stark being played by Tom <laughs> so, What a weird world we would live in. I mean, I can remember back in, this was around the 2000, 2001 yeah. mark, um, when X-Men had come out and been successful. And I can remember reading uh, UK reprints of X-Men comics, which was basically how sure. I got into comics. Um, and you used to get three issues bundled together for like, Oh, yeah, I remember. Three ninety nine yeah. or whatever. Get them from your local news agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I still do actually, but you know, oh, really? Um, yeah, oh really? yeah. You can still go into W H Smith and find. I saw a, I saw a Deadpool one the other day, and yeah. I was like, huh, bloody, that's hell. weird. Yeah, um, and I can remember reading. This was after X Men had come out, um, and there was a page where it was talking about how there were all these different films in development. Oh, and yeah. it was like, oh. Universal's interested in doing name or the submarine, uh, submariner, and all this kind of stuff. And I remember. At the time, I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise's name was already being banded around for for to, uh, for Tony Stark. Yeah, um, that's around Mission Impossible time, right? Yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, it would have been just after Mission Impossible Two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and 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 most of those projects never went anywhere. I don't think even the the actual rights were sold off because so many of them then got turned into yes, you know, and obviously. That goes back a long way. We talk, you know, you can talk about James Cameron's abortive attempts at making Spider-Man for fucking ages, and yes. the fact that that he's kind of the reason there's organic web shooters in the the Raimi films and stuff like that. Um, but so there was clearly an awareness that superhero movies were getting more popular at that point. But I don't think anyone could have predicted the way that the MCU. No, because if anyone would, I mean, I kind of said. 
anyone who applied and auditioned for a role and didn't get it for any project, you're always like, fuck, that could have been me. Mm. But the people who go, fuck that, you become like the person just, you know, kicking yourself for the rest of eternity saying, yeah, I could have been balls deep in money. <laughs> I mean, there's some, in, there's some fascinating casting um, bits, basically. Um, and 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 again, I mean, if we take, we'll talk like Iron Man for a second, and we'll get some other versions later, obviously. Um, but if we take um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and very very close to being selected for the role of Star Lord was Glenn Howerton. If you want, to yes, know, who is so Dennis weird. from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. What? Yeah, he was what? like, yeah, he, he was like first choice for a while. Yeah, um, which knowing um, Gun makes complete fucking sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I know Pratt was the right choice ultimately to sell that film, but fuck me, I would have loved to see what Howard would have done with yeah. that shit. I think he would have been so obnoxious. Considering where Chris Pratt is now, I was like, I'm, I'm done with you, mate. I, don't, I think that's the thing. Yeah, I, I'll be fine if I but never as a, see Chris Pratt. As a Parks and Rec fan, I was like, shit, yeah, Chris Pratt. That, so yeah. When Chris Pratt was like chubby, funny Chris Pratt, and we didn't mm. know he was like a hardcore evangelical nutter, mm. and is now voicing every famous character under the sun, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Like, I think we're getting. It's first... a me, Garfield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had enough of Chris Pratt at this point, but um, again, as we'll talk about in a moment, like when he was cast in Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, the guy from Andy from Parks and Rec? Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> How? What? What? <laughs> And I'd, I'd only read, again, one of the modern Guardians of the Galaxy books. I'd mm. read a couple of volumes of that yeah. and been like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, it's not blowing my mind or mm. anything, but like, this is fun. And I'm God, trying to work you, out like, hey, how that would work. If you want to talk about a character who's been changed to fit the movie version of himself, take a look at fucking Star... Take a look at Star-Lord in the, the 70s oh, and 80s. Yeah. Wow. Take a look at him when the Annihilation run comes along, which was a lot of... Around the same point as Civil War in the comics, about 2005, yes. they started bringing together a lot of the Marvel cosmic stuff, which had kind of been left fallow for about 10 years. It, it, it's, it's always been kind of... It's been off by itself, yeah. yeah. There was a period in the, like the 70s when it was very popular, when it was Jim Starling, Starling coming yeah. up yeah. with all that stuff, inventing Thanos, inventing yeah. Adam Warlock and stuff. Um, and then it once he was no longer working on it, it just kind of drifted around. And then Annihilation came back, drew it all together, did this amazing story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Star Lord in that is very different to how he's it, that run, that Annihilation and the Guardians team that came out of it is mm. the reason we have Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. as they are in the MCU. But they're also a lot of the characterization and the designs and everything is very different in those comic books to how. Yeah. And now they have very much been brought in line with how the MCU is. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. I think it's the um, the effect the films have on the comic run is always fascinating. Mm. Um, but just to, to claw it all back again, we all saw Iron Man in the cinema. Yes, we did. We all enjoyed it. Yeah. Nobody, of the three of us, none of us walked away and thought, mm, that could have been better. I think I was amazed. I'm not going to lie. That's the thing. I think I we undersell surprised. it now as to how good that film was. Yeah. Because our expectations were frankly zero and it told an emotional and extremely well performed and very mm. good, you know, visual effects leading sort of film. Mm. And it was grounded. It's silly and stupid comic book stuff, but it was like in an age where it was related to the Iraq war over the Vietnam war. It's like, 
yeah, this feels really, really good. And it also, like, Marvel's tone is something that has become... Almost a parody of itself at this point, right? Yeah, of... I mean, it's it's almost become a like a millstone around its neck. The kind of the mm. witty, snarky stuff um, to but, the point but... where it gets in the way of some of the more dramatic moments. Like maybe yeah. don't do a joke there. It's like, yeah, nah, well, that's gonna have a gag uh, every five seconds. That's like, the meme, isn't it? It's like John Favreau decided to put a few jokes into lighten the mood. And now yeah. MCU's like, I've got to figure out how to work some fucking jokes in Eternals. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the time, it was like superhero films at that point were so. Ernest, and I don't think there's anything wrong with Ernest. I think the the, no. the no. Sam Raimi films work when they're, you know, at their most earnest, you know, in a way. Yeah. But the sense of humor and the just the sheer sense of cool, like the fact that the film opens with ACDC kicking yeah. off, which yeah. is now kind of dad rock, but it uh, was dad rock then. Too. It was kind dad of. Ro- it's very dad rock. Uh, but yeah. but also they have had this sense of the. Superhero films, to a large extent, up to that point, felt like something your little brother would bring to you. And yes. go, this is cool. Whereas the Marvel films, when they came along, felt like something your older brother would bring to you and go and and sneak <laughs> to you and go, this might be a bit old for you, but but you should you should watch yeah. this. Um, I think I think the fact that even though there was a really successful Batman film in Batman Begins mm. and another one on the way that Dark Knight looked great and dark and gritty. And like we said earlier, literally around the corner in a exactly. matter of weeks. Yes. Yeah. Even though that was there, it sounds really stupid to say this, there was no cape on the Iron Man suit. Yeah. So for the general public, they didn't see it as a comic book film or a superhero film. They saw it as a, this guy is just going around going, blam, 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 blam. Mm. It's cool. And it's like, yeah, that's what a comic book is. That's that's yeah. Hyper. Not everyone has to have a cape in a comic book film. Mm. Yeah, that's it's yeah yeah. Like going back and watching that film, it's obviously it's a superhero film as we as we understand yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. But also, if you didn't know that and you were just going in as it being like a sci-fi action film, it's very like in some ways it almost feels like a Taken or something. It's a revenge yeah, yeah. thriller in a lot of ways. This guy gets, you know, something. He gets taken. Of, he gets taken. He gets <laughs> taken. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tony Stark yeah, has a very particular, particular set, set of skills. skills. Yes, yeah. he uses them to build a robot man in the desert. Uh, yeah, and... Liam Neeson. Fucking hell, sort yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Oh, there's an idea for Taken. Just <laughs> add a mech into it, man. Eh? I mean, eh? I always say it. Come on. I'm, is I man a mech? Yeah. It's a yeah. mech suit. It's a mech suit. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he goes and he gets revenge on the people who have, who held him captive. You know, yeah. and and then realizes it's his own fault. Yes, yeah, yeah. And if it almost if it didn't have that realization and the and the the, the Jeff Bridges of it all, yeah. you know, it would be just a straight down the line revenge thriller that you would have got, you know, in the eighties, just with a RoboCop suit added. It's a, it's a bit of a Rambo thing going on. Yeah, a bit of a POW sort of like. Well, that's what it is. It's a POW thing, which yeah. is like stress and and. But the difference is, unlike Rambo, just being this guy's. Sunt War happens to be very good at killing, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's no, no, no. I've been arming these people. I've been making mm. this ten times worse. I am actually a war profiteer. I am not a hero. Yes. Um, the famous shot of him standing there and all the explosions in the desert happening behind yeah. Jericho yeah. missiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, again, I, I don't think enough can be said to how out of nowhere Iron Man came around the corner. Yeah. Shall we go into our 
high points, low points, Let's and do it. Let's favorite do it. character from we should indeed. Which is how we're kind of structuring this, even though obviously there will be many, many digressions. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to have all kinds of tangents, yeah. but I think th- yeah, the way we've structured it, mm. I think it's definitely going to keep us a little bit on yeah. on course. Well, I, I'm going to kick off because Please. Iron Man is actually my high point oh. in terms of. Phase one films. Nice. Should we say what phase one is for those who are listening who may not know That's where it starts idea. and ends? Yeah, so phase one is everything from Iron Man in 2008 leading up to the Avengers in, or the Avengers Assemble, Marvel's the Avengers, whatever <laughs> you want to call it, yeah. in your local territory in 2012. Mm. So that is Iron Man 1, The Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton one. Mm-hmm. That's canon, ladies yep. and gentlemen. Iron Man 2 in 2010, Thor in 2011, Captain America, the first Avenger, also in 2011. And then the Avengers in 2012. That encapsulates yeah. Phase One, mm. which is quite short, all things considered. Now. Yeah, mm. but at the time yeah. felt insanely long run. And and the fact that there wasn't a Marvel film in 2009. Yeah, it's like so yeah, Hulk is 2008 as well. There's literally yeah. like six think, weeks after Iron Man. I think Man. 2009 was the last year without a, a Marvel, Marvel yeah. uh, without an MCU film. Yeah. Good lord. That's the last year of our lives. Yeah. And there's the thing to say aloud. Like, oh yeah, 2009. Think for a second how long ago that actually was. Yeah. 12, 13 years yeah. ago. It's that like, oh was my God. the first official year of the Obama administration. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh God. It's like <laughs> two and a half presidents ago. Yeah. Like. Um, and... Yeah, that's a, that's a very strange thing to think. Yeah, obviously, mm. I mean, it was partly because I'm mean, not going to go into it too much here because, you know, it's a big factor of it, but it's it's going to come to more later. Paramount had um, the rights to Iron Man to, to distribute. Yes, they were the distributors. Yeah. Yes. And Universal were distributing Incredible Hulk. Yes, which they hung onto the rights for for a little while longer. Yes, which like is part became... of the reason why we've never really had. That's why we got another... Thor Ragnarok in the way we did. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Iron Man is my pick for high point of of Phase One, even though mm. um, there so are some other... some people might say that's the wrong choice. But as we've just discussed, mm. no, Iron Man was. Good. I think I think yeah. it's a bold choice, but I, as you said earlier, like it's underrated because we've had so many of them since. Yeah. Mm. Had, 27 of these films since then mm. you kind of forget that the first one is like not just the the building block and the foundation for it but mm. it really set the standard in a lot of ways as yeah. well yes and i think if because as we'll get into like the incredible hulk is not does not good, live up to it's one, of, <laughs> it's one of the weaker ones we, and, we will, and, talk, we will talk about think, that in a second for sure yeah, yeah. and i think we can say as bad as the mcu gets i don't think they've ever made a bad film i agree no, we and everyone is sitting there going, oh, what about this? Stop. <laughs> um, we'll get to that, don't yeah, worry. If yeah. you compare it to other MCU films, of course there are weaker and stronger yes. elements. And if you compare it to the fucking films we cover on this podcast, yeah. Yeah. Speed 2 is a bad <laughs> film. Son it, of the Mask is yeah. a bad e- film. Even comparing to other adaptations of Marvel, like mm. Thor The Dark World is... Better than Fant Forstick. It's it's better than fucking Electra. Oh you know. God, Electra. <laughs> the, the, Catwoman. Well, the long running history. Granted, but... The long running history is you can't really get to three films without fucking up. Yeah. Even Spider Man, beloved one and two, yeah. had a third one. And again, people are like, oh, what about the Dark World? And around was like, like, like fucking Ant Man and the Wasp. It's like, still better than fucking yeah. Spider Man three. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an insane run. Yeah, and I and I think the fact. So yeah, obviously. Incredible Hulk is a weaker link, yeah. But, yeah, but I was... think 
early days. It it was it was good enough that it married managed to carry on the momentum from Iron Man. Mm. Whereas if Iron Man had been a misstep to start with, you wouldn't have an MCU. They would have. Yeah. Incredible Hulk was in the process there anyway. Like, I think it probably started shooting or was maybe deep into pre-production by the time. Incredible Iron Hulk, Man... I think, was pretty much also almost almost done. Yeah. Obviously, the VFX was being a big thing. Yeah. Because they ended up shooting a cameo at the end, and yes. they legally couldn't call him. Uh. I think Iron Man or necessarily anything. Yes, in the he's credits. the consultant. Yes, exactly. And it's like, yes. Tony, we got the magnificent suits. It's all much alluding to things. And I remember thinking, holy shit, mm. this guy from a Paramount film is in a Universal film. Yeah. <laughs> and they talk about putting together a team. I'm so, what is this <laughs> shit? What the fuck is going on? Um, but yeah, I think if, if Iron Man had been a misstep, you would have had those two films and then yeah. it would have been quietly shuffled away. That's yeah. Ex- yeah. Which some, we've seen so many times before. And you'd probably get some other adaptation of some other Marvel property that was much more in line with the Dark Knight. Yeah. You would have got some gritty... Punisher. Punisher. Well, you've had two I, Punishers. Well, already yeah. had yeah. one I Punisher mean, yeah, point. Yeah. But, you know, something else. You would have got a, like a, a another gritty Fantastic Four or so. I, who, who knows? Gross. Yeah. Iron Man so set... It set the tone. Obviously, you can still see them working out a lot of stuff. Um, but I can remember being in the cinema and watching it. When fucking... Uh, uh, Clark Gregg shows up yeah. and it's like, "Hey, I'm from the Strategic Homeland." Yeah, here. you know, blah blah blah. And it's like we just we just call it Shield. I I can remember just being like, all the nerds Yee! being like, "Yeah, yeah." It's it's the classic. You can enjoy it without knowing the references, but if you get the references, you're like, "Yes, yeah, I know what you're referring to." Yeah, um, yeah, so good. Um, yeah. I know this is a minor point, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Fuck it. Again, just to give context to the things, and, and 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 when this was released and such, the first Blu-ray that I bought mm. with my new Blu-ray player yeah. was Iron Man. Man. Yeah. yeah, same. It's I that think. Blu-ray player, <laughs> I still have it. Yeah, um, and Iron Man is uh, still there, over still there, there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, up there. Yeah, up there. Up there. there you go. Yeah, um, which is 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 crazy because again, it's the idea of. It was a thing I was like, oh, if I want to see a Blu-ray and I want it to look good and mm. I want it to be cool, it has to be a new film. Uh, shit, Iron Man's just been released on Blu-ray. Yeah. What's the coolest looking, cool <laughs> CGI stuff and big yeah. explosions yeah. and action and mech yeah. suits? Mech suit! <laughs> yeah, and definitely. it still looks pretty good because they did a lot of practical work on the suit. Yes, A entirely. lot of that is practically built. Yeah, Not so. anymore. But they Not used anymore. To. Uh, and when you look, watch Civil War now, you're like, hmm. Can see yeah. the oh the floaty heads and stuff. Yeah. Lovely, Get back yeah. to the, the cartoonification of which yeah. we certainly will. Anyway, Jack, what well, your I, I, I want to finish off your Iron Man thing because mm. we've not really talked about Jeff Bridges. Jeff, think, talking about <laughs> what, Bridges. what a weird casting choice Robert Downey Jr. was at the time. Like we mm. said, he's only just making this comeback from being in fucking prison and stuff. Mm. Jeff Bridges is the bad guy. Like mm. what? What is this? How? What a weird and, choice. Like considering that, and again, we're not to keep shitting on the Fantastic Four films. Mm. Carry on, carry on, Tim. But like, considering that you had, oh, like, who are we going to get as the Invisible Woman? Jessica Alba, because she's hot and teenage boys will like her. Who are we mm. going to get as Mr. Fantastic? Mm. Ewan Grifford, you know. Who are we, we going sure. to get as Doctor Doom? The guy out of the Nip Tuck yeah, TV series? Julian yeah. McMahon or whatever the yeah. fucking name is. And yeah. here you have Marvel come along and go, no, we're putting fucking Oscar winners in this. Yeah, old men. Jeff yeah. fucking Bridges. Obadiah Stane. Fucking Gwyneth Paltrow is yeah. going to yeah. play 
Pepper Potts, who for decades in the comic books has just been a nothing character. Yeah. Basically his secretary. Oh, by the way, she's also mm-hmm. his girlfriend. Yeah. Wife. It, it was surprisingly stacked in its cast. Yeah. Even fucking Favreau is happy Hogan being a great and Favreau directing as well. Like, I'm directing at the same time. Combination. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and it's interesting because again, as I said before, wait, how old's Downey Jr. at this point? Oh, he's, you know, his forties, maybe it's like, that's too old for a superhero. It's like the sort of unspoken <laughs> rules. Like, well, you can't hire anyone really below a certain, like, yeah. maybe we'll go to maybe early 30s. Mm. I mean, maybe. we just had a 30-year-old Spider-Man, so what do we know? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> or about to have, sorry. Yes, it's, yeah, it's exactly. Amazing Spider-Man hasn't happened yet. But, yeah, yeah, but that's the kind of the point. It's, it's the idea that if it was like, well, we want them to be young to appeal to the kids, and mm. yada, yada, yada. And it's like, you know, when Ben Affleck was playing Daredevil, mm. It was. It's. It's never the idea. I mean, again, I don't know if they would have cast Downey Jr. If I, I know Feige always had the plan. Inverted commas. Everyone always thinks mm. they have a plan that shifts mm. and adapts according to things. But as we can see now, it's like get them in young, lock them into contracts that will yeah. keep them there forever. But then also they will go with. I, I do appreciate this. Was like, oh no, we're going to cast people in their 50s, 60s, 70s. Like, mm. good. Yeah. You're not just like fucking shuffle off the mortal coil. Yeah, mm. and I think the casting of the MCU has consistently been interesting and well thought out and considered to the point now where we're getting like essentially the next phase of the Avengers. We're getting the younger Avengers people coming in and Kamala Khan coming through and all these, you know, Mm. the younger characters, Kate Bishop in Hawkeye, the series there. Like, there's literally a new Hawkeye. I assume, again, we haven't seen the ending of Hawkeye at this point. I assume by the end of that, Jeremy Renner's going to fuck off, thank God. And Hayley Steinfeld's going to be like, I'm fucking Hawkeye. And be like, pass the torch and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) And we get that new generation. If of it doesn't officially heroes. happen, it'll yeah. be as good as Death yeah, yeah. Souls. Yeah. Sarah Finn is the unsung hero of the MCU. She is the casting, casting director, director who's yeah. been with them since day one. Yep. Yeah. And yep. she has such a good eye for talent. I yep. think. And we, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this probably more in our second part. But she hasn't really missed a beat. Mm. I think there are some moments you're like, oh, this casting going to be better. It's like, yeah, but this was what the remit I was given. Yeah. This mm. is what I was told to look for. There's been no real enough. stinkers that I can that really jump out at me. Yeah, no, there's, th- there's weird choices and yes. like the character is bad, but the actor is good and yeah. stuff like that. But like, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's there's been a few weird choices. There's been a few choices that are a little too straight down the middle. Oh, agreed. Uh, yeah. A yeah. little too predictable. Um, But yeah, no, it's like there's no one who's really terrible stinking up the there's screen. no sore thumbs yeah no yeah so yeah jack what about uh your high point well we have the same one matt so we're oh gonna... my god oh my god let's link it yeah the moment we built up to for four years across five films we didn't think it was possible it was, was considered a... a fucking pipe dream yeah yeah it was mad that we started off with this iron man I was like yeah that was really good i'm pleasantly surprised and then, as I said earlier, Samuel L. Jackson walks out and says, I'm, I'm getting a team together. You're like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God, are they actually going to do it? And obviously, like me being, I was 18 at the time, thinking like, we're actually going to get an Avengers movie. Oh, my God. And me being a comic book nerd, I knew what Avengers was and stuff. Yeah. So, like we said there, they're not like the A-list team, but I know what that is. Mm. And I know what crossovers happened in the comics mm. and stuff. So, oh, my God. Yeah. And I thought... I mean, it's probably not going to happen, though, is it? It's probably going to crash and burn. And, you know, we've been promised this stuff for That's so long we've now. Yeah. We've had, like, George Miller doing Justice League that never happened. Yeah, and all, yeah. the, all these promised 
big Justice League and Avengers films and all this kind of mm. crossover stuff has been promised for years and years and years and is mm. so fucking common in the comics. Mm. As you mentioned earlier, Tim, you get these now annual events where we get this big crossover. Yeah. We got around to 2012 and this is my last year of university. And I remember I was late to a lab session in the morning. I didn't go to the midnight screening. I went to the first screening the following morning because I couldn't mm. get tickets to the midnight mm. screening in Nottingham where I went to university. And me and my lab mate, Paul, went there as early as we possibly could. I think we saw like a half six in the morning showing or something <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. And we had a lab at nine. <laughs> and we were like, it's going to be about two hours. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And we were late to the lab mm-hmm. and didn't care. Did not, did not, <laughs> did not give a shit. No. Um, I'm probably getting some of the timings wrong here, but weird enough, the rapper example was in the queue behind me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no, I've heard this story before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I turned around and I was like, oh, that guy looks a lot like example. And I was just like, got my phone out. I was like, example playing Nottingham last night. I was like, huh. Like, hey, man, uh, you looking forward to Avengers? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait, mate. Really liked Iron Man. I was like, nice, nice. Like, had a weird conversation about <laughs> comics with example. <laughs> it was a British rapper from, again, 10 years ago. Yeah. Not really relevant these days, but I I was kind of like, oh, cool, that's a famous dude in the yeah. queue behind me. And yeah, we legged it back and literally like the entire jog run back to the lab. We were just like, I can't believe they did it. That's like the best <laughs> film. That's the best film I've ever seen in my life. This mm. is, oh my God, they fucking, they nailed it. They did it. This is, this is it. Like mm-hmm. that was the moment when I knew the MCU was going to be a big thing. That yeah. was the moment where... Mm. Second I walked out of Avengers and the tease with Thanos and that mm. whole thing, yeah. I knew who Thanos was. Paul was also a nerd. He knew what Thanos was. The Infinity Gauntlet, which still doesn't make sense. Never really explained that. I was like, oh, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a replica. It's not a replica. Blah, blah, blah. Um, teased all that stuff. And you were like, I need to catch my breath. I've just had like, oh my God. <laughs> this is, my mind is blown. This is insane. <laughs> I didn't know this was possible. And yeah, that was the moment where I knew the MCU was going to be something special. Obviously, I didn't predict we'd be sat here 10 years later being like, yeah. phase four time and multiverse mm. and Avengers 56 comes yes. out next year and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I knew something big was happening and I knew this was a big culmination. I had the feeling, like I said, I was, I was the comic book nerd at the time, me and a few of my friends at university. Other people were talking about it, not mm. just you know, me and my fellow physics, mm. astrophysics degree yeah. people. <laughs> it was other people who I knew doing different degrees. My housemates and stuff were like, should we go see this Avengers thing? Like, there was, um, I watched, um, oh, what was he called? Um, like the Viking guy, the, the one with the <laughs> hammer and stuff. Like Thor, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that one. That was quite good. I was like, yeah, yeah. have you seen Iron Man? Like, oh, yeah. I, are they are they together? And I was like, I, sort of, yeah, yeah. I mean, they will be, yeah. Not that way, but yeah, kind of. <laughs> and yeah. Only in Jack's fanfic. It, well, yeah. <laughs> in my university fanfiction that's been buried on fanfiction.net. Um, and yeah, that was that moment where I realized this is breaking out into the mainstream. Not just me and my really nerdy friends are talking about this. Yeah. This is kind of the breaking point of comic book movies and superhero movies. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can remember at the time I was living with my friend Brett, who I've mentioned on the podcast before. Yeah. Um, we were we both comic book people, very excited, and like him explaining to his dad <laughs> and saying like, "Yeah, in the Avengers, it's going to be like Iron Man 
and Thor and Captain America. And his dad being like, but those are different films. And he'd be like, yeah, but they're, they're bringing them together. It's like, but they're, they're different. How does that work? They're different. How does yeah, that yeah. work? They're different mm-hmm. films. And there was a, you know, at the time, um, it, because it was so unprecedented and you look at sequels in Hollywood in general and they, you know, it's kind of a roll of the dice, whether you're going to get diminishing returns or you're going to get a sequel that, that ups and... I think the proven history of this show, yes. Tim, is the yeah. Yeah. Bad sequels. Thank but you very even, much. Even in terms of box office, like oh, you, yeah, get, sure, you get sure. plenty yeah. of sequels that don't live up to the promise of the first one. They fail. You know, even if they make enough money to make money back, they don't quite hit the heights of the first one. You maybe get a third mm. film that loses money or whatever. You know, and there was no idea of like how this film is like a sequel to three different films that's bringing them together. Like, how is this? Is surely this is going to alienate alienate audiences like mm. people who've seen the Iron Man film aren't going to want to watch a film that's also got Thor in. And then it made so much fucking money yeah. and it blew it out made of the water. Made a billion dollars. And, and people were like, I didn't know a billion dollars was possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to make some big grand statements. Oh. So. Um, I invented some, the Avengers. I invented. Hot, hot takes on Avengers 2012. <laughs> I invented the question mark. Um, so basically, you're, you guys are obviously entirely right. I agree entirely with what you're saying. And I remember thinking Iron Man was a big thing, because it was. But also, the knowledge of lived experience dictated that it didn't matter. It didn't matter how good it was. It couldn't sustain multiple sequels. Mm. This idea was ridiculous. Mm. I was aware of Feige. I knew that he was trying to do this for a long time because mm. he was. It was known throughout the industry that there's this one guy keeps saying you can make all these crossovers. And it's not going to work. Yeah, he he worked on like the X Men films. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, yeah. But no one would need, no one would know. People know his name now, but people yeah. wouldn't, unless you're like industry, you know, nerds like me. And <sighs> Avengers was being lined up. And again, the same arguments came out. Like, no one's going to have seen Thor, Iron Man 1 and 2, and The Incredible Hulk, and Captain America mm. before they see this movie. Mm. People are going to go into this one going, oh, it seems impressive. Mm. And they won't know what they're doing. It's not going to work. You can't get people to see three films, let alone fucking five. Yeah. It's not going to work. The problem as well would be at that time, which was the sort of general rumblings, the thing that kills these movies is too many bad guys. Yeah. Too many characters being jostled. And yeah. yes, the retort to that was always, well, what about X-Men? Mm. And the answer is always, X-Men is a Wolverine film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it still stood as a point. Mm. And then Avengers came out. And much like you guys have said, I can only describe... I mean, I wrote a very gushing review, but I remember having what I thought at the time was a hyperbolic sentence. Mm. I thought this is too big of a statement, but I realize mm. now it was an understatement. Mm. I said, this is my generation's Star Wars moment. Because mm. when I was young, I was born in 84, and Star Wars was a thing that I already, it was a video thing. Mm. It was the biggest yeah, thing. It was yeah. huge and it was yeah. cool, but it wasn't Yeah, All of mine. the films had come out before you were born. <laughs> exactly. And it was just, I was on the cusp of like being alive when Star Wars was in the mm. cinema, but it was just, it was still not my, my thing. And my only experience for that was being a teenager and watching the fucking prequels. 
Um, and again, people will say, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Star Wars changed cinema. It's like, so did Avengers. Yeah. Not just the MCU, Avengers, because mm. it signal. There's a great quote at the end of Avengers about how, you know, what you've done is just signal to the the rest of the world that the Earth is basically, you know, ripe for harvesting. And he's yes. like, yeah, and ready, ready for a higher form of war. There it is. And, <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, and we've just also shown them we can kick their ass, basically. You mm. told Warner Brothers that we're ready for a higher <laughs> form of war. What it actually did was raise a flag saying, audiences want this, mm. and everyone went into a mad panic trying to, in the same way that in the early 2000s, Harry Potter mm. and Lord of the Rings, like, shit, get me any young adult fiction you can get. I don't give a fuck. It could give us nine films. Oh my God, that's amazing. Even mm. that seems like poultry by comparison. Yeah. Well, like, you know, it's like, oh, that's yeah. insane. But then it became, what comics can we launch off the back of this and mm. make franchises out of? Mm. Because they've got a head start and mm. we don't have the time to catch up. Yeah, well, well, well we were all going, this is, it's a lovely idea, but you're never going to work. It'll never work. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck, they made a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, a comic book writer and, and podcaster who I like called uh, Chris Sims. And he always says, like, for so long, the conventional wisdom was like, people don't want content, have to deal with continuity in films. Yep. And it's like, no, people love continuity when it's done right. This, people love yeah. People love the feeling of being smart because they've just watched a thing. <laughs> like, because it's, yeah. it's a very simple thing. All you've got to do is sit down, watch um, a movie, come back three years later, watch another, another movie one. and go, oh, I yeah. remember that. Mm. I understood that reference. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and people love that. Uh, yeah. And it, it, but for so long, the idea was like, no, no, it's too comp. Audiences are dumb. Audiences are stupid. They don't want that. It was the same thing with television. The syndicate and television needs to be brought up at this mm. point. Um, syndication was always like, no, what happens if it's their first episode? Or in the comics, mm. if someone's first comic is always the first one you read. It has to have yeah. a reset. Quote from Stan Lee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Has to be reset at the end. It was only when you start getting things like X-Files, as we mentioned in our X-Files mm. episode. It's like, you can carry on the story and people will want to watch it in the same mm. way that you're saying, no one's going to want to watch all these movies. It's like, nope, they'll watch it because it's a Marvel movie. Mm. So what about, no, 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 no one likes Captain America. It doesn't matter if they're like Captain America. It yeah. doesn't matter if we do a Howard the fucking Duck film. It's yeah. a Marvel property. Yeah. They'll watch it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and, that's the and same. We'll, we'll drift in to talk about branding and stuff like that. And, yeah. And, and the extent to which, yeah, like you say, it doesn't matter what the character, doesn't matter who the stars are, doesn't matter what the characters are. You go in and you go, yeah, it's a Marvel movie. And there are a bunch of people yeah. who go, yeah, I'll see it. Yeah. You will make stars. You don't need stars to be put into it. It's like, we are finding the new mm. stars and elevating we, them. We kicked off this thing with a guy that everyone said was washed up. Yeah. You know, and, and then we, then we did. We found some random Australian. Yeah. Yeah. We found some, we found a random Australian. Parked and a, of home and away or whatever. Fuck yeah. On, yeah. And, and, a, ran, and a random Brit who we've now turned into like this sort of, the, the, the Dark corner of the internet's love interest. Yes. Tumblr's love interest. Yeah. Tom um, Hiddleston. You yeah. Know? And we took the guy from those bad Fantastic Four films. Yeah. He'd already been a superhero, already been in multiple comic book adaptations. Yeah. And we said, no, everyone's going to call him Captain America now. Yeah. We're going to have him be the serious heart and, yeah. and soul of the team. It's like, and ass. What? And, and America's ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and this, I think, is a perfect and segue. We're, we're going to we're going to take a, a film called Captain America and sell it to a global audience after a decade of us blowing the shit out of the world. Yeah. Well, again, because they called it the first Avenger in a lot of places. Like it'd be about World War Two. It's fine. Oh wait, that's also a problem. Um, 
But th- that is actually the perfect segue because we, all three of us, and I, I, I think this is quite interesting. All three of us have the same low, low point, point for phase one. Yeah. Yeah. But the same, lo- and I know everyone is sitting there thinking, oh, going to talk about Iron Man 2, right? No, no, but it's a film that's worse than I imagined. We're not just one. shitting on it for no reason. Mm-hmm. We are going to openly acknowledge that of the selected list, it's a begrudging. Yeah, I can see the problems. Mm-hmm. They did. The, it's they're mm-hmm. back to a corner because it's what was. It's what came after. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ang Lee's Hulk, right, guys? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so the Incredible Hulk. I like elements of. I still mm. prefer the design of Incredible Hulk to the current Hulk we have. I don't mind the, the which, Hulk which current Hulk we have. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> let me try again. There's four of them yeah. since then, Matthew. Oh, Jesus Christ! Do you want big, smart, wearing a cardigan Hulk? Who doesn't, doesn't want big, smart, wearing a cardigan? There Hulk? we go. Same <laughs> thing. No, I meant I. I liked the because it was in the line with what I was seeing at the comics at the time, mm. which was dark green, tall, mm. and didn't look like Ed Norton. It looked like the, the, the comic version. <laughs> yeah, but. Whereas the current Hulk just looks like Mark Ruffalo. Just, rough, just big old, big old <laughs> yeah. chunky Ruffalo. Just big old Ruffalo. Yeah. So the Incredible Hulk came out and the Incredible Hulk was much more recognizable than Iron Man. People mm. knew the fucking TV series. Yes. And so it's like, oh shit. Um, and it's just a lot more visually. People know like Hulk smash. Hulk like smash. The he big, gets big and green. Gets big angry. green thing with the purple shorts yeah. and stuff. I'm like, yeah. He's a lot of sweet corn and peas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh ho ho! <laughs> I'm always angry. Oh, um, Hulk smash! Um, so yeah, it was in. It was more an easier sell. Um, I think there were two major issues with that film. The first, the things that worked are things like William Hurt, for example, as Thunderbolt Ross. He was a great addition, and mm. I think it's. I don't think um, Sam Elliott in the. In in the, the, the angry Vogels, mm. he was fine. Yeah, yeah. again, yeah. angry military Love dude with the mustache. Yeah. yeah, piece of piss. But Ed Norton as the Hulk was entertaining. I liked the mm. performance. I also acknowledge there's no way he could fit into the MCU, not yes. because of his character, but because, because of him as because a, of Edward Norton. Because of Ed Norton. It's, it's something I teased. So, when, like I said, we had a meeting to plan all this out. Yes, and we're talking about like. When we when we talk about part two, we're going to talk about the changes and stuff. Again, we're going to talk about some recasting, some ideas, some, mm-hmm. some rewriting, some redoing, changing villains, all that kind of stuff. As a joke, kind of. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's the big change we're going to do? Keep Edward Norton. <laughs> For the record, that's a terrible idea. And I did it just to kind of make these two laugh on a Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what a weird, different world I think we would be in with the MCU and the Marvel movies and Hulk's place in those films. Yeah. Mm. If Edward Norton stuck around, and you brought something up on yes. that call, Matt, that, mm. and as we just talked about, Edward Norton is the problem here. What about phrase the problem? Yes, because he has to have creative control and wants yes. to. There's nothing wrong with his performance. It's no, I, th- I think he's actually he's actually quite a good Bruce he's, Banner. Yeah. He's actually, great. Yeah, yeah, I like much his better kind than of, fucking Eric Banner that we had a few uh, years earlier. His sort of squirrely, anxious energy. Yeah, and the mm. the way it conveys his intelligence in a very different way to Tony Stark's. Yes. So at that point is your c- comparison point. Mm. But stuff like him like super gluing his his injury together when he gets hurt on the yeah. factory floor and and all that kind of stuff and him like tracking con- the blood and stuff and yeah, controlling sure, yeah. his breathing and all, mm. th- th- there's some really interesting bits in that film. Yeah, with with, with Stark being so over the top ridiculous and living life playboy and yeah, and I've him got being a stripper pole in my plane. Yes, all. exactly. And him and and Ed Norton being like this Apologist, as it were. They're both yeah. apologists for what they've done in the name of science <laughs> and progress and war, arguably. Mm. 
but they're both dealing with it in very different ways. One goes straight into the foreground and says, well, I have to fix this personally. I was like, I just have to hide myself away. Mm. And, you know, they're both kind of mea culpa kind of moments. But again, I don't, again, it's a very alternate universe where Ed Norton's in, because I think obviously the, the version of Hulk we've seen would be very different anyway. That's fine. I obviously, on the record, Ruffalo's, I love Ruffalo's version, mm. full stop, and he's great. But Ed Norton's level of control and involvement means that he would want script approval stuff beforehand. And as we'll get to later, when you end up bunch punching out three of these things a year, they're shooting the digital effects for the final showdown before the first stuff has even been shot. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even before it's been cast. I, I believe they said with Far From Home that they were writing script pages on the day then mm-hmm. handing them to the actors every day. Which, again, we know full well is disaster for sequels. But mm. they've got such... A, but that's also how television sometimes works. Mm. So they've got this model that works so well from the minute that it's like, that should mean death for you. Mm. But they also did the same thing on the Harry Potter movies and they had books to fucking follow. Mm. So it's, it's, it's interesting. But it's the nature of the beast of we want X amount of content out there as fast as possible, which means you can't be waiting on visual effects they need to be working before the film has even been mm. figured out. So that's why a lot of the dramatic beats don't necessarily marry up to the uh, visual effects beats. Mm. Anyway, but that, this, is, this is way of the future. We're now at the thing where we're releasing one film at a time. Mm. Um, and The Incredible Hulk gets so much right. I think the, the, the campus fight is really fun. Mm. Tim Roth is a very interesting Tim cast Roth. choice. Yeah, again, yeah. Mm. what a weird choice for a villain. Yeah. Like, who would cast Tim Roth and be like, but that makes sense. They, they, I think they do a really... <laughs> In some way, like, you could point at Abomination and go, like, oh, you know, typical, oh, typical Marvel, the villains are a bit shit. Yeah. But I really like the idea that he is, he's a slightly over-the-hill soldier. And he talks about, like, oh, if I knew what I know now, but put me in my 20-year-old body. That quote, yeah. Um, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. And the idea that he undergoes this dangerous thing because he wants to, he wants to re- regain that. Like, he's he's not content to be to be like Thunderbolt Ross and be mm. like an armchair General's, general, so yeah, to speak, yeah. even though Thunderbolt Ross goes, you know, he's out in the field. He's just, <laughs> yes, he's yeah. just stood at the back telling people what to do. He's giving orders. He's not actually weapons. shooting a yes, gun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's a really a, a smart characterization to then bring and, and to have that almost like jealousy of the Hulk yeah. that, that, that leads to the abomination. And let's face it again, we have to remember the time these things are being released. It's post 9-11, Afghan-Iraq war stuff. You've got people who are like, what does a, uh, for lack of a better word, an American GI look like these days? Mm. What's the American military presence? Um, Jaded, frustrated, worn out, tired, wishing hindsight. Yeah. And a a lot of those special forces guys are in their late 30s, 40s. That's that's not unusual. Yeah, entirely. And um, I I think... Because again, I I think there's an interesting juxtaposition there with um uh, with Captain America. It's like again, someone fighting for his country, but again, it's the almost um Red Skull mindset of like, yeah, but you put it in the worst kind of person who was doing it for the worst yeah. reasons, kind of thing. Um, I will say, Liv Tyler and Ed Norton, not great chemistry. No, agreed, I don't agreed. see much there at all. I think they they perform perfectly fine. I don't believe a fucking second of it. I think the Incredible Hulk is the last time we get a sex scene until the Eternals. I think you're right. 
Yeah. Well, that, well, not not a sex scene. An allusion to a sex scene, but he can't yes. get too excited. Yes, he can't. He can't have sex, or he'll turn into the Hulk. Maybe that's what started the whole thing. It's like you have a chased yes. MCU films. Like, can you not get like a little excited? No, there are children watching. Yeah, and they must see these monsters getting smashed out of the sky. <laughs> but no yeah. booby fun. Yeah, we can have fucking Tim Roth's spine busting out of his back, <laughs> but we can't ever have. Boners. Yes. It must be things that's a really... Bone spurs, no yeah. boners. A really difficult wank Hashtag only. bone spurs, not boners. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was our... That's a, that's a, I think a low point, but a begrudging about And again, everyone's thinking mm. about Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2's got a really good stuff. Again, those first three films, they're still figuring out what the fuck they're doing. Yes. That's... Yeah, that's the... The, the complaint is always mm. Iron Man 2 is too much of the build-up towards the Avengers. That's when you knew something was happening, right? Like, oh, yeah. they're clearly building up Avengers now because yeah. mm-hmm. as has been the complaint from many of the later films as well, this is just set up for the next one, basically. Mm. This is such a common thing for a lot of people to have, mm. like, yeah, oh yeah, they've introduced this new character, now they're going to go and get their own mm. film and they'll show up in the next Avengers film and blah, blah, mm. blah. Iron Man 2 did that back then mm. before we knew that was going to be a thing and kind of set the template in a bad way. But yeah. Yeah, as much as I don't like Iron Man 2, it's still, I think, better than Incredible Hulk. I think mm. it's the, the second weakest in that phase. It's got but, a Don yeah. Cheadle. Exactly. It's yeah, got a Don I, Sam Rockwell. I think, I think the, the, the flaws with Iron Man 2, like the, the tying into the Avengers MCU build-up build stuff, I don't think that's its biggest flaw. I think there's other... Yeah. And I, it's, it sort of ties into the flaw where it's, it's just a bit muddled, basically. It's yeah. not got a stronger core story. Yep. Um, yep. And part of it is because I it's want trying, my board. That's it. Yeah. It's trying to do that stuff as well as other things. Yeah. Fabricating um, a bit burnt out as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a, a creative burnout where we'll come back to when it's like, this isn't working anymore. Yeah. This thing that was like, you have shaped the future. Mm. Do another one. You have almost <laughs> ruined this whole thing. Um, but, but again, yeah. it's got some great sequences in it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's great. I think I think I think Iron Man two. Okay, maybe a great is a bit of an exaggeration, but again, if we're comparing it to some really mediocre fucking super, again, is it better than Spider Man three? Yes, it's leagues better than <laughs> Spider Man yeah, three. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, in addition to our high points and low points mm. for each phase, we have a highlighted character. I believe. Yeah. Let's start with Jack. No, we started with Tim, didn't we? Then let's go to Tim. Uh, we've mentioned him already. I'm going with a character who, yeah, obviously, phase one, a lot of people don't show up until quite near the end. Yep, true. Uh, but a uh, character who only shows up in the final film of phase one and, in fact, replaces a character. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Mm. Yeah. I think I, the breakout star of that movie. Yeah. That, I, I, I watched that film and I was like, that was a fucking great Hulk movie. Mm. That's better than that last Hulk movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, it makes me so sad that we haven't got more of Ruffalo's Hulk. Agreed. And yeah. that all, essentially all of his character development has happened off screen. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's been very clumsy when it has happened on screen. And again, it's, we'll come back to this. Yeah, but... it's it's happened in fits and starts and yeah. and stuff like that. Hulk has never been a character who I've especially uh, has held a great appeal to to me. Same. Um, yeah. But I, I love Mark Ruffalo as an actor. I think he's great. Um, he brings such a weird serenity to uh, having just praised like Edward Ed Norton's like nervousness and anxiety yeah, as yeah. Hulk. 
I think you can have a character who understands that he has to as as much as he is this kind of ball of anger and that that, that comes out as the Hulk is so like no I've got to keep a lid on this stuff otherwise yeah. it consumes my whole life. Um, it's this it's the oh submarine great yeah <laughs> it's like, no it's not that oh that's yeah. even worse it's yeah like, yeah it's got that nervous energy to it yeah yeah um because yeah I think it's the thing of like you can. You can have someone who has anxiety who you you can see it visually in, in how they act. And you can have people who have anxiety who push it down so much that you don't really get it. Uh, and yeah. it becomes this, you know, sort of even more of an invisible disability than it already is. Um, and just little moments in his performance. The, the, the moment that I think Whedon uh, picks out in the, um, in the commentary as something that was purely ruffalo um, is him when they when you first meet him and you have the conversation with him between him and black widow in india um and him touching the crib and saying i don't always get what i want um yeah. as they're having that conversation yeah. uh such a beautiful moment he's just he's just great and the and the fucking that's my secret cap i'm always angry the oh, a big the, punch fucking hell, that's such a good moment it's one of those moments where you go it's kind of a shame that they as Matt just mentioned, that you don't have, because of the schedule of these things, because of the intensity of the special effects, that the connection between the special effects heavy sequences and the actual meaty drama often is reduced now. And in Avengers, they get, I don't know whether, whether it was they had more time or what, or they went in with a stronger idea, but the way that his first transformation into the Hulk is so painful because he's resisting it. It's something he doesn't want to happen. It's come from a place of like the heads being messed with by Loki, etc., etc. And it's such a, it feels very visceral and it's shot like a horror film. Yes, um, definitely. And it's, it's shot from Black Widow's point of view of her running away from the monster kind of thing. And it's Hulk in the darkness and all that kind of stuff. And then you have him accepting that part of himself and the transformation so smooth. Yeah. And it's literally just, as he turns and throws a punch. Turns, oh, turns so and does that punch and it's so perfect. And you just go, yeah, that's if you're if you're gonna move Hulk into a shared universe and have him be more of a straight up superhero, that's kind of the approach you need to take. You there needs to be a certain amount yeah. of, yeah, he can just turn into the Hulk because Otherwise, he remains too much of a beast. Too much of a beast. Too much of a he. He. He's too unstable to fit into that collective universe. Mm. And you need to find a way to smooth that over a little bit. And I think they do it really well. There's some brilliant moments in the comics that I think allude to a lot of that, where you have kind of Bruce Banner dealing with the fact that, as as we hinted at earlier, with like the lack of sex in the, in the Edward Norton one. And the, you know, he can't have children because that's not how the Hulk works. Mm -hmm. He can't help himself. Mm. Whenever he gets excited or angry or anything like that, Hulk happens. And he refers to him as the green guy or the big mm. green guy and all this kind of stuff. And later on, he talks about kind of the tragedy of that. And like, uh, the I tried to put a bullet through my head, but the big, yeah. the big guy mm. spat, spat it out, out. all that yeah. kind of stuff. Great line. And the brilliant line. Like, again, tying into that, the tragic side of that. He's not 
Steve Rogers being Captain America. He's not Thor, who's mm. this all-powerful god of thunder or whatever. Mm. Like, yeah. his transformation is not a thing at first. He willingly does or even feels in control of and literally out-of-body experiences refers to the Hulk as a separate creature mm. like this. That's not Bruce. That's another thing. And in the comics, they have, like, certain runs and certain features where, like, oh, yeah, we just... Uh, fly everything and drop Bruce Banner out of a plane and by the time he hits the ground he's Hulk so mm. everything is destroyed and he's like a weapon basically mm. Yes, S.H.I.E.L.D. literally weaponize the Hulk <laughs> because that's all he is you point this big terrifying literally indestructible creature <laughs> at this thing and an entire city will be mm. wiped off the planet Yes, and it's that moment where you realise now I can transform into the Hulk and use it for good you have that moment with Black Widow where he's this terrifying, I think beast is a good word for it, Matt, like just this, and shot in horror, as you said, Tim, like this terrifying explosions and glass flying yeah. everywhere and just, he's just this genuine smashing peril and enough. fear. Yeah. yeah. Indestructible, indescribable monster. Mm. And then little Mark Ruffalo just, oh, 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 his t-shirt's ripping. Yeah. And then that big old punch to the Leviathan thing is just... It's, oh, it's, it's the fist pumping! Like, yes, it is such a, a good moment. Brilliant arc in one go, where you got this guy who only is—he's like, I'm only going to bring in as a consultant, as a scientist. I'm not mm. going. I'm not. Mm. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing I can't it. do it yeah. because I do not like any part of myself. But then, there's a beautiful moment of comedy, and let's face it, childlike glee at seeing destruction, which is Cap giving the orders of everywhere they mm. need to go, everyone following the orders of Cap, mm. and he says, "Halt!" He goes. Bruh! Turns around and goes, points up and says, smash. Yeah. And Hulk <laughs> smiles. Mm. And it's like, now I can do that. And it's, yeah. it, it, it feels like the synergy of both of the characters. Yeah. And I know they're not there yet, but it's the point. It's like, this is so satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we, we, we skipped over it because obviously I picked Iron Man as my high point. And you guys picked Avengers. But yeah. that the, the tracking shot in Avengers where you go from each hero yes. to, to the other. When I saw that in the cinema, it it was it was like seeing a thing that I had seen in my dreams and my imagination, <laughs> like finally brought to real. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, absolutely. Like obviously we'd had superhero films before, and I'd like them or dislike them to various degrees, but I'd, yep. they'd never matched that thing that I wanted to see that was inside my head, and that felt like a moment of just being like, "Yeah, this is what it should be like." Yeah, do this all the time. Turns out. We we were asking for the world and got promised the uni- got delivered the universe. And it's yeah. like, oh, turns out you can do this yeah. all the time, and sometimes it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, great choice, Tim. Great mm-hmm. choice. We've kind of already touched on my favorite character because I think mm-hmm. Tony Stark is such mm-hmm. a key part of the oh, yeah. phase one and the early parts of Marvel, and then has gone on to be key throughout the. Infinity Saga, as they yeah. call the first three first three phases. We've touched on Tony Stark, so yeah. For the record, he was my favorite character of Phase One. But Matt, let's cross over to you and have a little discussion of your favorite character. Okay, so um, let's talk about my boy. Mm. Okay, so um, my favorite character is Captain America, played by Chris Evans, and. Obviously, I've changed it for phase two and phase three, but no, deep down in my heart, <laughs> the answer is always Captain America. I agree with you. Because, <sighs> okay, let me put something in context for you. 
as a comic book reader, Captain America is fucking annoying and stupid. <laughs> um, I always thought the character was dumb. I thought you're a walking flag. You're pre- pompous and pretentious, and you know it, it. Not doing what Superman does, which has a nice, for lack of a better word, human charm to it. Mm. And you're like, there's just enough there to make you a fucking awesome person. You're, a, you know, I know it's a it's an analogy that people love to play on. I know it's not accurate or fair, but it's still thing. It's the walking embodiment of what people think a Christ should be mm. in Superman. It's like, it's like this is a, a superpower person who's going to literally mm. save me and be the nicest fucking person. Mm. And it's like, but almost unbearably so, which makes Superman usually, unfortunately, quite boring. Whereas Captain America has so much politics going with it as well, it's very difficult to, mm. to get in that as a non-American. Until I read the Brubaker run in the comics. Mm-hmm. And I started going, this character is fucking magnificent when written properly. Um, and that's something I also uh, taught very early on was that every character is good if given to the right writer. Mm. And Chris Evans, I remember seeing in Not Another Team movie. Yeah. Mm. And thinking, and I think the perfect score and other stuff, I'll mm. with Scarlett Johansson. I'm thinking, why is this guy not in everything? He's fucking like cool and handsome and beefy God, and charming. He's, so he's amazing. <laughs> And then he's announced he's like he's like Johnny Storm. Like, yeah, he could be Johnny Storm, of course mm. he can. Uh, and he was he was fine in those movies. Yeah. Those movies he, he, still him fine. and Michael Chiklis are the yes. two high points of those films. Agreed. Yeah, those two Agreed. bounce off each other great. And then he's announced his cap, and I'm like, it's really not bad at all. Mm. It's a a really good level of high science fiction, silly pulp fiction nonsense. I I really like first of it. I think it holds up really well. I think so too. I think it, it's again, it's not it's not it's got issues ultimately. But Hugo Weaving being this over-the-top cackling Werner Herzog bad guy, <laughs> um, Toby Jones being equally silly, Tommy Lee Jones playing fast. Forget Tommy Lee Jones is another Tommy Lee Jones. Haley Atwell like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It's, just, yeah. it's so good. It's so good. And the earnestness of like just the conversations between Stanley Tucci and. Oh, the, t- the Tooch is the in tooch. there. Yeah. yeah. Again, think, like, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones and Stanley Tooch are already in the MCU. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Someone says it's annoyingly like, oh, they could be doing more with them. But it's yeah. fine. fine. <laughs> but yeah, the, I- the idea that um, actually, Stanley Tooch would be good, Doctor Strange. I said it. Fuck you. Right. Okay. <laughs> Point is that um, that the conversations between them and, and Evans in this, again, a revolutionary fucking technology at the time. It's like, how are you going to have this transformation? It's like, we're going to make him skinny. It's like, how are you doing that? Exactly. I know it's a combination thing. Some of it's body reduction. Head some replacement of it's head stuff, yeah. But it, looks, it still looks really good. God, Chris Evans is huge. He's huge. He's and so I, I, jacked. It's he's only because he's so tiny to start with. Is how Dorito of a man. Oh, yeah. It's an inverted triangle. Yeah. And, and he just keeps getting, they all keep getting bigger and bigger oh, and bigger. It's scary. Hemsworth's arms. He's, he's that, there was there was the promo shot for, yes, for uh, behind Thor, the scenes Thor. for yeah. Love and Thunder or whatever it's called. Yeah, Love and Thunder. He looks bigger than like fucking wrestlers. His, like, uh, yeah, his arms disturbing, are gigantic, the size of my waist, and I'm a fat man. <laughs> it's it's the well okay so so with regards to Cap, I think it struck a chord with me, and again. It's a very contentious point. I think they go into this knowing that that Captain America carries a very big label. That shield and that statement and that flag you're wearing is a nation that is a really uncomfortable one with a country that's very... It, it would be so easy in the hands of worse 
writers mm-hmm. to have John Walker cap. Oh, John Walker yeah, is what people yeah. think cap should be. Yeah. 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 The US agent is definitely it. And God, the fact that they nailed the performance right from the get go. And it's just this the wish fulfillment of kids, not just, you know, little boys, but kids who have been beaten up and don't have the physical prowess mm. to stand up, but still do anyway. And I'm like, this is cutting me in half. And it's so hard to see. And again, the voice form of like, now I'm strong. But also knowing that even though you are, the responsibility falls on your shoulders. You aren't what you're thinking to get. Him going on being toured around to generate war bonds and mm. stuff. And then seeing the reality of how war is shot. It's, and yeah. It's, yeah, the, con- the structure of that film and the, the, the construction, the writing is really clever. The fact that, because like you say, he starts off as this tiny little guy who's has those good core qualities to yeah. him but is so far from captain america and you get that the, the 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 physical boost you know everything special about you came out of a bottle yeah uh you know happens but you also get the time where he's on stage and you see him developing the confidence mm. to then be yes quote unquote captain america in his in his like knitted blue yeah <laughs> costume yeah, no, in the classic costume yeah but yeah. but that the fact that they put that, put in that time for him to to develop into and to to be able to project that confidence because he's practiced doing it on stage to crowds mm, perfect it's great storytelling yeah and and again i'm 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 torn about the next statement because i i go back and forth on it yes he is the most fuckable of the avengers <laughs> that is the most <laughs> <laughs> in a heartbeat easiest second of the fool that's, that's America's ass man. that's America's ass no I I think as much as there are some genuinely fuck yes moments in Avengers I think Whedon can't write Captain America I think he doesn't yeah. get it yeah mm. I, I think agree. there are great moments where he's like he's when better he's in, outside of that first Avengers mm, movie yeah, and Age of Ultron he's more antagonistic in certain places he again Whedon must seem to be like oh he's a commander he's a leader He's mm. and then we see a lot of that coming but he's also kind of pushy, kind of bossy, kind of a dick. Mm. And you're like, no, Cap gets it and cares and listens and mm. is, is, is wholesome. There's, yeah, the moment where he t- he's talking to the cops and he's like, I need this and this, and they're like, who, who are we to what pay attention to you? Yeah. And then he beats up the aliens and they're like, right, we need this and this. this. Yeah. It's a fun moment, but also really Cap should have more empathy than that. He should have yes. the understanding to be like, I know you don't, you haven't heard, you don't know who I am, but these yeah. are the things we're going to need. Yeah, he's, he's, he's that old man, like, and I know this isn't, you know, <laughs> the ACAB moment, but um, it's the idea of like, listen, guys, I appreciate what you're going through, but in this moment, I need you to do this. And mm. it's that, it's the classic line in comics, like, you know, the steely gaze of Captain America, yeah. sway them over. It's like, it's not because he <laughs> bashed people up, which unfortunately, maybe that's why cops went, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That guy knows what he's doing. He smashed the he, guy's look, face. He's in. beating up people different to, than him. <laughs> yeah. He's one of us. He's one of us. A boy in blue. We're in blue. <laughs> My God. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, Cap- Captain America is, is only in two films. Uh, one could argue he's in a hint of Incredible Hulk. Only, only in the deleted scene. director's no. cut. I believe. No, no, he's not an Incredible Hulk. In a no, hint of a deleted scene. No, but he's only in in his own movie and um and in Avengers the first part in mm. the first phase. But he's already like, yeah, this is this is this is Iron Man's rival. This is who's be like mm. vying for your attention. Yeah. Thor is here to be. F- fun and weird and, and mm, big and really different. powerful yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's other elements to things going on there 
but really it's these two yeah, that we need to talk yeah. about. Um, and again, at that point, Iron Man's the one we know. Iron Man's the one we like. Iron Man is fun. Who is this fucking dour boy who's like you know, <laughs> frozen popsicle soldier man? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I again, and and that that iteration of Cap has always got me. Basically, mm. I'm I'm yeah. always there. End of the line, shit, man. Yeah. Mm. So obviously, we haven't covered these like you know every single film and every minutiae. Like we haven't talked oh, about like yeah. Thor, for example. But we're not going to. That's not the point because on this particular, well, obviously, there'll be lots of discussion in invert of everything else, and it will come out and mm. flow. Phase one ends. Um, and as I said before, the whole, oh my God, this is our Star Wars moment. Mm. Cinema changed. Mm. And usually you do these kind of retrospectives and you're on the other side of it. Um, in the same way that someone's making a movie about COVID. It's like, you kind of have to wait for the dust to settle so yeah. you can say <laughs> what happened first. Making a movie about a war while it's still taking place, sure you can do that. You can get an in-the-moment mm. sort of feel for it. You know, Casablanca's made during World War Two for fuck's mm. sake. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, yeah. to really understand what's happening, though, you need to have the whole picture. You need and perspective, and, very much yeah. so. And it's weird to then talk about the idea of Avengers changing cinema because it still is. Yes, it's we're not, still in that phase. Yeah. yeah, it's not just ripples in a pond. It's we chucked a meteor that may wipe out all life on Earth. <laughs> like, all life on Earth being any other film that isn't made by Disney. It, well, yeah, because yeah, it's 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 not just it's it's the it's the it's the wake of it. It's not just the fact that this was a big movie that made a billion, which then every studio was like, every film has to make a billion. Or yeah, that success. was the new benchmark. All of a sudden, yeah. like what? Because when Cap came out and made three hundred and million, everyone went, "What a great success!" Mm. Now it'd be like, "What a bomb!" And yeah. well. I think was it was it Batman v Superman made like six hundred and eight, and then eventually went on to make like eight hundred, yes, and yes. It was like what a fucking bomb! Yeah, mm. what a eight hundred million dollars. Because everyone said, but it's, it's it's Superman and Batman. It yeah. cannot not make one point five yeah. or at least two well, billion. The, yeah. And the the real thing I think was that uh, Civil War came out at the same time and oh, made more yeah. money. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah, Civil, but we'll get into that. We'll get to that. Yeah. So. It changed cinema. It changed how things worked. It changed how people wanted more episodic-natured stuff that carried on. It, it, it sent a flag to other studios that doing a standalone film is great, but you have to have something that has... Again, the idea of a sequel was like, as we discussed across the show many, many times, it's, we could probably milk another one of these. We can make a bit more money out of this. Now it has to be from film one, where is this going? Does this have legs to carry five mm. films and three spin-offs? Because if not, we're not going to do it. And in a big way, that has killed a lot of major standalone blockbusters. Obviously, you still get like standalone dramas and releases and mm. films and comedies and things and bits and pieces. Mm. But everyone's looking at it saying, oh, can we get five films out of this? Yeah. And a lot of I franchises are thinking, when's our Avengers going to happen? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and studios aren't willing to put the marketing behind smaller pictures because they know they're yes. not going to hit, not going to hit that billion dollar. You know, they're not going to hit that five hundred million, eight hundred million mark because they're films that are made for, you know, thirty million and would hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you know, a paltry thirty million dollars, um, and would hopefully bring back, you know, a hundred million. Which is also how we saw the death of the mid tier budget. Yes, the mid the mid tier movie. Mm -hmm just doesn't get supported anymore no. films like i i shared an article uh with these guys uh, a, a yes. little while back talking about how the there's often a comparison made where people go oh this it's the it's the the standard response to there's too many superhero films is you go 
well, you think that, you know, 12 superhero films a year, you go back and you used to get 30 cowboy films, but that's very, when you actually sit down and look at it, that comparison does not work. Because yeah. cowboy films never, it's less about, there were lots of them, <laughs> and more about the way that they dominate how studios allocate their budget. Yes. Mm-hmm. The marketing mm-hmm. budget, especially. Yep. What, if you look at the box office for any year, you go back, you know, to the sort of 80s and earlier, there were a lot more films aimed at, to quote unquote, grown ups, mm-hmm. you know, that were happy to deal with serious themes. Often, you know, you could have, there, there was a year when Kramer versus Kramer was the biggest film of the year. That yeah. is a depressing yeah. film about divorce. Yeah. Like you would yeah. never get that. Uh, 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 in a contemporary box. Yeah, Marriage Story went straight to Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant comparison. It's, a, it's the yeah. closest comparison. It's, yeah. a, it's yeah. one of my films of the year, if not yeah. my film get, of the year. But it's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. But Agreed. I didn't get released in cinema. Yeah, no. and if it, and if it, if had, it had, it would not it made fuck all money. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though it's got you know one of the fucking stars of a Star it's got Wars. It's got one of the fucking events. It's got yeah. Black Widow versus and Kylo Ren. from fucking Jurassic Park. Yeah, fucking like Laura Dern. And, yeah. and Jurassic Park yeah. slash Star yeah. Wars again. Like, yeah. yeah. It's got the, the components. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and it can have, it can have all the critical acclaim. It can have as many people lining up to go, you Winning should Winning all the Oscars this. and shit. And, but, yeah. Yep. and I think this, there's parts, this is all kind of part of one larger conversation. Sure. Which is that, the MCU could only have happened now. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Obviously, there's elements of special effects that could only have happened now. Yep. You're not going to yep. get, mm. you know... You An go Iron back, Man suit that doesn't look shit. Yes, you're going <laughs> to go yeah. back and you're going to have Lou Ferrigno painted green to be your Hulk kind of thing. Yeah. But there's also the way that we consume media, the growth of streaming, the, the fact that, obviously, pe- people, audiences haven't changed but people people's viewing habits change because people like they watch the things that we're told that we should watch essentially oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know and you go back and again we're going to talk about television because it's kind of a, almost a better comparison for the, for the MCU and the way it operates now especially yeah, and they now, now that have there MCU are, TV shows yeah exactly MCU yeah. TV series um you know you go back to the 90s and serialization was very uncommon um, you got stuff like the X Files and Buffy the Vampire Slayer bringing it in. Yes. Um, but it was still seen as like, mm, well, it's a bit risky. What if people haven't seen this episode, kind of thing? Yeah. And obviously that attitude worked. You know, looking at the MCU up to Avengers. Mm. But now you have streaming. You have entire seasons of TV series dropping at the same time, and mm. they they are built on the premise that you will watch every episode and you will understand that flowing story. And yeah. nobody's nobody's gonna go into Breaking Bad and happen to watch, you know, season five, episode two, out of order, mm-hmm. kind of thing, um, and, and everything like that. And because of that shift in culture, that we're people are more used to accepting stories where you have to hold a fictional narrative in your head. Yeah, we've trained ourselves to do that, and that is part of what has made the MCU easier to accept to mass audiences. Um, mm. I think if it had come, a, you know, even if you advance CGI by 30 years somehow, if it had come along and the, the media landscape had looked like the 90s, mm, yeah, and even yeah. stuff like the availability of things, if it, if it was still the VHS age and not as many people owned stuff at home and, and things were harder to rent, mm. because we're now in a situation where, oh, I haven't watched, you know, I, I've... 
I I went and saw Thor, but I haven't seen the Iron Man films. It's like, well, you can just fucking stream them on Netflix. They're yeah. right there for you. You can catch up. There's no excuse not to catch up. It's exactly. in one place. Yeah. One subscription service. Yes. One short, small fee a month. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think, like you say, the the... The, the MCU has changed the cinematic landscape, but it is also a product of its time in a lot of ways. I think it's fair to say if Disney slash Marvel didn't do it, somebody would. Yeah, the time was right for it to happen. Yeah. As, and I think, because again, we're talking about the era where, I can't remember which year it was exactly, but there's the year of the threequel where Pirates of the Caribbean 3, Shrek 3, and Transformers 3, I think we're all coming out of the same thing. I think mm. that at that time. And it was like, holy shit! This is such an unbelievable, unprecedented mm. moment in cinematic history. Because it was just before the MCU was taken off. But yeah. <laughs> it was um, literally the year before I'm in 2007. There you go. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And it was, it was it, again, it was getting there. Yes. It's just these guys were already, they already had failed attempts, basically. Yeah. And they've managed to make this thing stick. And partially successful attempts. Stuff like X-Men and Spider-Man. Yes. You know, that the the They made money. They made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Well, like Spider-Man yeah. made yeah. fucking tons of money. Yeah. Um but it it was only But they were so part... disparate in tone you couldn't imagine them coming together. Yeah. yeah. That was the, the, and no one would the, like, well, well the, that'll never work. Well, Brian Singer. X-Men mm. films would never line up with the Spider-Man films, you know. And no, now you would no. not imagine making a, 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 an X-Men film that didn't plug into the MCU because you're leaving money on the table. Well, here's the thing. I wrote in my review for Avengers as a sort of, I was like, I'm, I'm trying to find a negative here. And the negative I could find was, I guess the film doesn't do much of a start to bring you up to speed because it kicks off and hits the ground running. Yeah. So basically that could ostracize some viewers. And then I stopped and sort of retract that and said, mm -hmm. but also... Who the fuck is coming into film six <laughs> and saying, what's going on here? Mm. It's not like a fucking, you know, Halloween or a fucking Friday the 13th part, whatever, mm. where it's like, well, you don't need to know. Just wait for the killing mm. to start. Um, although it kind of is. Um, it was a running story, mm. even mm. though it had reintroductions and stuff like that. Mm. And I think it's interesting not to jump ahead to phase four now, mm -hmm. but clearly the multiverse is such a, is so key to <laughs> Marvel's plans for the future yeah. that you've had it introduce you've had it introduced in what if you've had it introduced in loki you've had it introduced in spider-man you you even had it teased in far another uh, spider-man um yeah uh far from far from home yes yeah. um where it was like uh, mysterio basically claiming to be from another universe and spider-man go the multiverse is real it's like no it isn't except it actually is you just haven't dealt with it yet it's planting the seeds it's, of inception it's planting yeah. the seeds and it's it is introducing people to those concepts in different things so that mm -hmm. when Doctor Strange or whatever Avengers 4 is or whatever the, the, the thing that it's leading up towards, mm. the crop, Council of Cross-Time Kangs or whatever, Yes, the way they're going to bring in the X-Men, who knows, that those seeds have been planted. They have been introduced again and again. So you can go into film X and get straight down to business and go, hey, it's multiverse time. Well, <laughs> this, this is the thing with the regards to the television shows. Which we, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it's part of this whole how it changed the landscape. One of the big criticisms at this point was you can't do a film for every character. It's like, yes, we can. Oh, shit. Yeah, you can. Well, what about these two undeveloped characters with Black Widow and Hawkeye? Uh, they don't feel very developed. And also, 
this um, Hulk you've got going on here, he's a bit different. So not, and you, they had the the detractors and that, and, and it's a it's a fair statement. That to be fair, we're only now just answering a decade later, and the answer is okay. Well, then what we'll do is, you know, the answer was staring you right in the face. We'll do a mid-tier budget film, but we'll stretch it out into six <laughs> parts and show you piecemeal, and that's where your character development is going to be, mm. and it's going to be arguably some of the strongest stuff because it's the most character-driven stuff. And then we get back to the big blockbuster movie stuff, which again is the exact same arguably way you read a comic where you'd read the character stories, mm. enjoy the character development, and then you pull them into the main story. You don't need to necessarily read New Avengers and every fucking thing around it, unless you want to be really clued in and then you know, <laughs> you've got a lot of money. Um, but then, you know, you, you, you can get the gist of what's going on because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's this person now. Yeah, she's Hawkeye. Got it. Move on. Mm. Go with the thing. Mm. Action. Pew. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in many ways, like the flaw of some of the earlier films, and we talked about how Hulk's characterization has been so inconsistent yes. and it's happened off screen. Well, Thor's you know. a different Thor in every film. Yeah. And, and, and those kind of things is because Marvel slash Disney wasn't in a place to do that previously and it yeah. you know the the the, food, the the films are essentially the event comics they're the big crossovers yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. and you don't have those week to week arcs where a lot of the characterization actually happens rather than just now everyone's smashed together and we have a big blow up you know mm -hmm, fight mm -hmm. kind of thing and now we're getting crossovers in individual not even waiting for avengers yeah we're now having hulk as in a thor film and all this yes. other kind of stuff as well yeah and it's the thing of there's there were so there were so many abortive attempts at MCU television. There was Agents of Shield, yeah. and there was all the Netflix Agent Carter stuff. and yeah, yeah. Netflix stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was kind of leading towards this idea that yeah, you can have the character development expansion, the delver into more of this, you know, maybe the psychological side. Although you know, yeah, maybe not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's over over selling it. Yeah, but you can have those smaller stories that don't need yeah. what would essentially be a small mid budget film. But we can't mm -hmm. have a Marvel film be a small mid budget film. No, who'd watch no. it? Yeah, yeah. But you can do it on TV. You can make it six hours long. Precisely. You can call it Hawkeye. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and the thing is, like, you get the breadcrumbing. And even with the, even to do degree with the one shots, it was a sense of here's a bit more world building, here's a bit more character yeah. development, here's it's nothing crazy. Our toes in the water, precisely. And and you know we've had people ask us before, you're like, oh, you know, when are you going to fix Iron Man two? You know, when are you going to fix Thor: The Dark World? Yeah. And this is essentially us. This is us doing. This it. is us doing that. But yeah. you kind of can't do those films just as a like we would do a conventional sequel because the MCU is self correcting. It's an ongoing project that is. For better or worse, it is. It it finds a way to file off all the. It, it greases the sticky wheels. It files off the rough parts, mm -hmm. and it gets itself back on track. And yeah. even some, even when you have films that are missteps, films that perhaps don't hit the, the level that people expect them to, mm -hmm. it finds a way to go. Okay, that part didn't work. We're just going to push that aside, and you're never going to think about it again until some fucking think piece comes yeah. up on the internet and goes, hey, do you remember how Edward Norton used to be Hulk? Um, or, you know... Terrence Howard used Terrence to be... Terrence Howard used yeah. to be uh, War Machine, you know, yeah. and all this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, hey, you know, how come, you know, we're getting Charlie Cox's Daredevil, maybe, but, you know... How like, does that work if we got to it? Yeah, yeah. How doesn't does that, matter. How does that work with that? How does that... It doesn't, doesn't matter. Just, Are you enjoying yourself? Yeah. Then shut up. Yeah. Um, 
and so it's very good at self-correcting and yeah, yeah. you know it's 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 a tricky thing to even though we're going to do it pull, <laughs> yeah. pull out individual films and go we're going to fix this because they're they're part of the larger machine and that has never been the case for any other films and it, all the other series that have tried to do it mm. have failed precisely and and we've done it on the show where jacks fixed a saw film you fixed a fast and furious i fixed a star trek where it's like i'm going to fix this bit here and guarantee that everything follows is still in place. Yeah. And you can and everything else is fine, shut up. Yeah. And you yeah. can do that with you with the I'm MCU. Get it back to the status quo by the end of the film kind yeah. of thing. It's it, it's the ancient one, um uh Tilda Swinton just pulling out the things saying, Yep, you have to put them back again. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise this doesn't work. And it's it's like because it isn't a standalone, because it isn't a single story, because it isn't finished, it may never finish. Um and we're at that point, it's a sense of and, and again, we will cover this in the second part of our uh, MCU breakdown, where we will attempt to do that and see what the future would look like in an alternate universe where this mm. has happened. Because we don't know the full, far-reaching impact. Um, if you just say, "I'll oh, just just remove all the stuff from Thor: The Dark World," and then someone can say, "Well, that kind of fucks Endgame." Like, no, it doesn't fuck Endgame. They just find another point to just make it work. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just would have brought in the other the Reality Stone somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. But it's interesting how. On the one hand, the MCU seems to own its mistakes and say, fair cop, let's improve it somehow mm. and just make you think about something else and go, this is now better. And other times it just goes, hmm, what? <laughs> what? No, no, that can't have been us. Don't be silly. No, yeah. no, no. Here is a new thing. Ooh, new thing. Yeah. Um, Shiny new thing. Everybody yeah. look at the new thing. And again, that's why it separates itself from something like Star Wars. <laughs> didn't, didn't like that film? Oh, but here's a post credit scene that's going to get uh, you real excited. Yeah, yeah. And even, I think we'll get to, to Black Widow a lot later. But the idea that some people weren't happy with it, etc., for multiple reasons, and I have my own positives and negatives to say about it, but it's the idea that it's, don't worry, we'll fix it later. It's like, but you can't fix it later because Scarlett Johansson's gone. It's like, we introduced you to Florence Pugh, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, you like her character, don't you? Yeah, I actually really do. We've fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have we had literally Scarlett Johansson turn up in Iron Man and this the thing I was point out in my first in my in my review of Black Widow. Mm. She's been around since Iron Man 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um as 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 like Paul Bettany as well with the whole like we we didn't mention about that stuff like yeah. Paul Bettany's been around since the first film yeah. as a voice and we keep thinking like oh god yeah he's been around since the start and he's huge yeah. in terms of like his impact on the on the how yeah. it's gone. Anyway. But again, things have shifted, things have changed and it's constantly in flux and you're right it's course correcting all the time. So even if you have a problem with certain things, someone will fix it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and similarly, as we're going to bring up with our own issues, like, I don't like this. Yeah, but don't worry, because down the line, somewhere it will get fixed anyway. It doesn't matter. Whereas, and this is where my bold statement about our Star Wars and why it's bigger than Star Wars. Yes, of course, the numbers for that individual thing and the impact of the toys and how it changed the industry for blockbusters, blah, 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 blah. Star Wars could never ex escape Star Wars. And still count escape star wars mm. they're trying to now with the multiple tv spin-off stuff mm. and bits mm. and pieces yeah 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 star wars is only just learning how to tell more than one story yeah <laughs> you know and and it tried it with last jedi and tried to steer it off into a new more sustainable place and people were so fucking angry yeah. about that it's like me fixing uh rise of skywalker in a previous season it's the idea of the mcu is telling me say yeah this is what happened in the past don't worry about it 
the Star Wars story is such a singular narrative, singular family. Mm. Everything is small, nothing is big, mm. and it's not like we're with with um, as we'll get to in phase two in just a in a second. The MCU could have burned out very quickly. Yeah, definitely because of the fact that fatigue would have set in early, and they pivoted quite quickly, and it was like shit. That was a really smart move. Because suddenly the strongest elements became part of the weakest elements. And it was like, the things I didn't even know I liked um, shifted everything. Mm. And it wasn't giving you just the same uh, burger and chips over and over and over and over. It's like, do you want to try lasagna instead? It's like, I mean, yeah, lasagna because it's Chris Pratt and he's, you know, Garfield. Um, <laughs> fuck's sake, Matthew. But it's, it's, it's still the same. It's still fast food. It's just served in a different way. You go, mm, nom, 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 something different. <laughs> it's like, it's the same stall selling you the same stuff. Yeah. Um, but it, it, again, it's all just cheese and bread. It's all, it's all, <laughs> it's all grease and it's all going in. Um, I hate you so much, man. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Avengers changed everything, the MCU changed cinema. I would argue that the pandemic should have killed it, but it turns out the pandemic actually helped it no end. Yeah. But we'll come back to that a little later. This week's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Is there anything that interferes with your happiness? You can check betterhelp.com to get help from a professional licensed therapist. I know I've struggled with mental health in the past and, and certainly still do now going forward, you know. It's been a tough old couple of years in the world, so I think a lot of people are going to be needing more and more help as we hopefully come out the end of this pandemic and the last difficult sort of 18 months or two years or so. And this also means you don't have to go and see a therapist in person. With BetterHelp, you can connect to safe and private online environments and you can start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it is professional counselling done securely online. You can send a message to your counsellor anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video and phone sessions around you, your work and your life. So if, like me, you have struggled with mental health, you know, I, like I said, I've struggled with anxiety and depression over the years and particularly recently over the last couple of years with losing jobs and moving jobs and moving houses and all kinds of extra stress that's going on in the modern world today, you can get access to affordable, that is more affordable than traditional offline counselling, and financial aid is also available. The service is available for clients worldwide, so any listeners out there, you're welcome to go and check it out. You can go to betterhelp.com slash listener, that's our link in the show notes, and if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash listener. You can join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health and going to betterhelp.com slash listener. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash listener. This week's episode is sponsored by Audible. Uh, you can download and listen to literally thousands and thousands of audiobooks through Audible. Uh, you can download titles and listen offline, anytime, anywhere. Not just uh, novelizations, but also Stand-up routines, comedy shows, podcasts, such as maybe us. Who knows? You can listen to us on there. That's you can. Great. Yeah. Um, the app is free. It can be installed to any smartphone or tablet. It's been around for years. We've been using it for a long time, Jack and myself especially. 
Um, you can listen across devices without losing a spot. It's really helpful. And it's a good way to absorb a lot of content in your downtime, you know, commuting, cooking, cleaning, other stuff. Um, Sexy times. Pretty much. And I have a recommendation for you. This was on the back of something that Tim's recommended. Um, and it sounds really, really interesting. Uh, to, you know, like 12 and a half hours. It's good content. Uh, it's called All of the Marvels by Douglas Walk. And this is a dude who is literally working his way through all the Marvel comics. He, he has done it. Well, he's up to date. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That is insane. As a, as a task. That fi- Working through the Marvel films feels like a slog. <laughs> um, that is impressive. And he's done this... Um, this this chronicling of the whole thing, and you can find that on Audible. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash sequel, you get a 30-day free trial and one free audiobook on us. So if you're interested in that, you know, you're welcome. Go check it out. So again, that's audibletrial.com slash sequel. Audiobooks. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe him? Well, let's talk about the next phase in the MCU, shall we, gentlemen? Talk about phase dose. When, when a fa- I believe we the in, Spanish call it. When we're introduced to the things of being in phases. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because the first phase, they didn't call it phase one until Avengers came out and they were like, this is phase one, by the way. Mm, and you're like, like oh. what does that mean? Like, well, now you're in phase two, motherfuckers. Mm. Direct quote from Kevin Feige. We're all building <laughs> towards... Ant-Man now. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. So yeah, you mentioned it there, Tim. This phase, of course, ends with Ant-Man. It begins with Iron Man 3 in 2013, mm-hmm. Thor The Dark World also in 2013, Captain America The Winter Soldier in 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy also 2014. We're getting twice a year, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. And then both in 2015, Avengers Age of Ultron, and of course, Ant-Man to wrap us up for phase two. I will bring in a little personal story for a second here. Um. The, again, a changing point. Uh, I was invited to London three times. And you refused each one. I said <laughs> once, once by the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> the land of my home, never. No. Um, Thor the Dark World, Captain America the Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy all came in a row. And they had huge press screenings. And by the time Guardians came out, they realized everyone was leaving the screening saying, these are the best movies ever. And it's like, we don't need to screen these ever again. The press screenings are almost irrelevant. We need to start locking these things away mm. and just releasing tiny, tiny tidbits of information. We need to be doing big public shit at like conventions to say, look, here's a trailer. And mm. that is it. Screw it away. Um, and I remember, I remember seeing, again, I'm a defender of Thor The Dark World a lot. And we'll get to that later. But the point is... I'm shaking my head, listen. <laughs> yeah, because I saw it in London, the screen, I thought, I had a great time with that. Good. Problems? Yeah, of course. So did Iron Man 2. It just is a thing of the twos. Mm. Winter Soldier came out, and we will talk about that. <laughs> and then Guardians came out, and it's like, well, this is the risk. Mm. This is the one that's going to throw everyone That was off. That was the almost the, the narrative, wasn't it? It was like, if, yeah. if Marvel can land this one, they can do fucking they're un- anything. They're unstoppable. And at that point, after the press screenings, and there were lots of people who were discussing afterwards, and you got all these bloggers and things writing up reviews and stuff and it's like oh shit we don't we don't need this anymore mm. we don't need to create buzz yeah it's 
it's in the wild. It's yeah. loose. Um, it was the machine a, is self-sustaining. Yeah, it was a fascinating moment to to watch it happen in real time. Mm. Where it's like, I wonder if we'll get you know tickets for the next thing, which is you know, it's it's the next thing is is you know the Avengers movie. Mm. And it's like you ain't getting shit mm. ever again. There's not going to be certain press screenings, early release stuff. It's going to be everything under lock and key. You will go in at the same time. I remember I saw a press screening way back when I was a fucking teenager for Spider-Man 2. Mm. Um, and it was like, you know, like, I think it was like 10 in the morning and the cinema hadn't opened and we had to go around for a side door and knock on the door. And I had to use the code name J. Jonah Jameson, <laughs> which the tickets How were on. cryptic. Yeah, it was, which at the time was like, oh, what a reference. It's fucking second on now. But yeah, yeah. you'd have to use Ben Riley now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, th- there was a moment where he realized that, no, 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 this thing is not just... We mentioned about how it changed cinema. There was a moment where Disney and Marvel were well aware and didn't, they were no longer concerned about the promotion of it because it didn't need promotion. It's the new Marvel film. It's not, oh, gotta try and sell one maybe coming on for another Cap film. Fuck that. Mm. You wanna stay current, you watch these movies. Um, we now need to focus on toys, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, back to our structure highs and lows. Um, should we go with Jack first, considering Tim and I have the same one? Yeah, that's for the high idea. points. You teased it earlier, man. Guardians of the motherfucking galaxy. The risk that I think paid off. Oh yeah, no, undeniably. Oh, so. yeah, 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 undeniably so. But obviously, Chris Pratt. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Launched his career into a new unpleasant stratosphere. <laughs> but yeah, I remember when Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I was still recording my previous podcast, the Intercomics podcast, where we would also dip in and occasionally talk about the MCU and like comic book movies and stuff like that. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to get those listens, right? <laughs> I was scrambling for every listen. Look at where you there. are now, you fucking... <laughs> With these expensive microphones and our multiple listeners rather than single digits like I had back then. <laughs> Still talk about the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah, we did an episode on Guardians of the Galaxy and I remember us talking about it with my co-hosts, Dan and Matt, and thinking, like, I keep hosting shows with people called Matt as well, apparently. Yeah, Who knew? We're around. <laughs> and it's a weird moment where I was like, this, this might be my, my new favorite movie. Like, this is everything I want in a, in a film. It's science fiction. It's funny. The soundtrack is amazing. It's got characters that are like, somehow they've managed to do what so many other people trying to copy Avengers have tried to do is build a group in one movie and actually make it work. Yep. Because so many people have tried to do that since Avengers and not having the luxury of doing the four or five films building up to the big event as we talked about before. Somehow Guardians just goes, here's a bunch of people. They're all going to tie together, not in a shitty Suicide Squad kind of way because there you go. Perfect example. Mm. Speaking of James Gunn as well, the Suicide oh, Squad. Yeah, yeah. Ta-da. James Gunn being able to bring all these people together and James Gunn's humor, his direction, his style still being very kind of interesting and relevant in the kind of superhero genre that we now know is an established thing thanks to the first phase and the the films preceding this and this phase as well, of course. And then bringing together people like Karen Gillan. I was like, what? That's (laughs) weird. The, The assistant from the Doctor Who? Huh, okay. And Zoe Saldana and Chris Pratt and 
Batista the wrestler? <laughs> I mean, there's been plenty of wrestlers who've tried to cross over into 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 acting, quote unquote. Mm. Like WWE Studios is that was a thing where they tried to make a bunch of films starring terrible fucking actors that they're mm. professional wrestlers. And of course, Dwayne the Rock Johnson being the key factor here of mm. like, see, he can do it. And they mm. all went, Well, if Dwayne the Rock Johnson can do it, then then we can all do it, right, guys? Mm. He's the highest paid, biggest grossing actor in the history of the world, or whatever he is these days. Yeah. And Batista's a big, muscly man. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Sure. Mm. Good luck, John Cena. And John Cena's been doing okay. Speaking of the Suicide Squad he's again. He's doing pretty good now, yeah. Yeah. He's suddenly making it. But again, he's in his 40s. And Batista yeah. was a guy who was always older when he was a wrestler and stuff like that. He was one of the older rookies and all this kind of stuff. Is he gonna work as Drax? I don't know, man. I just can't. I can't really see it. It's weird. And yeah, it just hit all the right notes for me. I think, kind of similar to the Hulk in the Avengers, Drax is such a great character in that first one. He was like not actually the breakout star, but the big surprise for how much I enjoyed him on screen. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. coming from what little I knew about the comics, like I said, I had dipped into a couple of different runs of Guardians, mm. and one of them had the original lineup, which is Yondu and a bunch of other. Yeah, completely different yeah. other other characters. Starhawk, Starhawk, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I'd also done the the recent, the more recent stuff, which did have Star Lord and a few other recognizable faces from the movies. I was like, okay, I mean, it was fine, but the the tying together of the soundtrack, the awesome mix, Volume One stuff, <laughs> is I think is so key to the heart and soul of that film, and. Like reintroducing people to like hooked on a feeling and all that kind of stuff, and it's, just it's a grounding through nostalgia, but also reminds you that no matter how alien and unnatural and weird everything around you seems, there is this fish out of water person who is literally like Earth's a cool thing, yeah. and you're like ah, and it makes it more relatable, even though it's so over the top. And I I touched on it with I'm like yeah, my favorite opening scene is. Guardians of the Galaxy, right? He's kicking little space rats and <laughs> singing into the singing into space rats and mm-hmm. flying about and doing Indiana Jones and space stuff. And like, that's not the opening scene, Jack. Like, oh fuck yeah, you're right. The whole like mum's got cancer thing. Yeah, yep. about that. Yep. <laughs> I think that's like the fact that nobody fucking remembers that scene and everybody just goes straight to like, yeah, it's the title scene thing, right? It's Chris yeah. Pratt dancing about and being a a, a wacky space pirate. Like, yeah, that's the defining thing about that movie. It does have its flaws, but at the time in 2014, that is exactly the movie that I needed it to be. And mm. yeah, tying in my love of like sci-fi and comedy and bringing it into the Marvel Universe in a way that I didn't think they could. Similar, Kind of similar to the risk they took with Robert Downey Jr. Like you said, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Can they do Guardians of the Galaxy? Can they make that work? James, the guy who did Sliver, really? What the horror guy? The guy what? who did softcore the porn for you? Guy? The trauma guy? Well, exactly. Yeah. See, I remember in must be twenty ten. Uh, I was at Kapow, which is a Comic Con in London, and the, one of the big draws was it was like it's a big new Comic Con, is a thing, and mm. Mark Miller's running it. And, oh my god! And it was really cool, but really fucking small. Um, and they had two or three major things. Major thing number one, uh, there was going to be a Thor exclusive. So Warner Brothers were panicking and did a load of Guardi- uh, uh, Green Lantern exclusive mm. stuff. And so we saw Green Lantern and Emerald Knights, which is a pretty good animated movie. And there's clips from the Green Lantern live action film and huge banners and posters. Mm-hmm. And it became a big thing of like cock measuring bullshit. 
However, they promoted Thor, and I was in a... Uh, a, a um, Remember when Green Lantern was going to kick off a DC universe? Seriously. There we go. Yeah, yeah. It would be very much an MCU part two in terms of tone as well with yeah. what they were aiming for. But anyway. So yeah, it's basically fucking Iron Man. <laughs> essentially, but yeah. not bad. Yeah, he's a pilot and no. he likes Hot Wheels. No. Um, so they had a screening of Thor and it was basically just uh, a couple of clips and a thing and a Q&A from these two unknowns Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> Everyone was like, apparently Ken Brown is going to be here. And Ken Brown sent a message saying, like, I'm terribly sorry, I can't actually be out. Yeah. There's been some confusion and missed things, but I can't across the ten, the seven realms, nine realms, whatever it was, mm. blah, blah, blah. But these two people who nobody knew in the room, like, oh, cool. And that's when I think I mentioned in a previous episode about how he was like, yeah, I was working on a cabin in the woods. And the, the, the into was pushing, saying, are you guys going to be in Avengers then? Mm. Obviously, and it's like, I, mean, I can't really say anything, but you know, <laughs> Tom, 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 are you going to be in Avengers? Tom. And I was like, oh, oh. And it's like, Tom, who would you like to see in a future Thor movie? Mm. It's like, I like Serta. I think Serta should turn up at some point. All very cool shit. And they also said that there was a huge queue, like if you get the times mm. for the tickets, to see a superhero movie. And I was like, oh my God, what could it be? Mm. Or oh, what could it fucking be? It could be, and at that point, it could be anything, it could be unknown projects. Mm. So all we can say is it's a superhero film. Mm. And, you know, you have to be 18 to get in for the reasons. Mm. Now, what we didn't realize was, it was a James Gunn movie starring Rain Wilson. Ah, and super, super, super exclamation mark. Yeah. Dark fucking film. Jesus Very Christ. dark. And so when Guardians was announced, I thought, the fucking guy that did Super? Yeah. Are you, and I know obviously he did Sliver and stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah. are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. What is this going to look like? Yeah. I mean, I assume Nathan Fillion's going to be in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in a was. way he was, yeah. 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 Um, but it was, it was amazing because it showed off Gunn not only as this very irreverent force, which um, stopped the MCU content at that point becoming a little too uh, up its own arsehole, mm. even though, let's face it, it always will be and always has been, um, and had a really surprising emotional core. I know people who came out of that movie Weeping mm. because of the fact they gave me a mention like the opening scene is the whole mm. mum cancer mm. and what's the emotional crescendo? Him seeing his dying mum and, mm. and in, again in the screening I was in, they were fucking weeping. There's mm. tons of crying. Like this wow. is yeah, and it's like and again it's the it's the it's the Disney thing back in the 30s. Yeah, I can make them laugh. Anyone can make them laugh. But if I can make them cry over these cartoons, mm. then I've got them. Mm. It, and then, you know, Disney's <laughs> evolution now to, yeah, we can make them laugh at the little kind, tiny, you know, raccoon mm. saying, well, all of you, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But if I can make them cry mm. over this space pirate's dead mum, <laughs> nailed it. And mm. again, sure enough, that, the emotional, and not just that, but like, Rocket's been experimenting on, oh, the little raccoon dog yeah. boy. Yeah. Oh, the, the tree dies. The tree, we are great. <laughs> the tree played by the guy from the, the Fast and Furious fuck, movie. Didn't mention Vin fuck? Diesel and fucking Vincent, Vincent Diesel. Diesel. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Guardians shouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. And it did. Uh, yeah. And I can understand why you pick as a high point because uh, while there are things and problems and issues and there always will be, mm. it's still a fucking fun film to go back to. So fun. Yeah. You guys have the same high point, and one I entirely agree with, and I picked for variety's sake, yeah. kind of thing. Like I said, I absolutely adore Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was a moment in time for me, but I think your pick is probably the correct, like, <laughs> objectively correct answer. 
almost let's i don't think anybody dislikes winter soldier <laughs> now i mentioned a lot of people held it as their favorite mcu movie Captain america I, winter soldier I is still the best i saw a list recently that was like going through ranking and and it and it topped out yeah on, on that list. i can't remember where it was it was somewhere you know semi yeah respectable yeah it's it's hard not to uh, the avengers films do more mm. so they always get hit to the top sometimes mm. but this film felt like more Mm. Um, and again, with the Cap is my boy, and again, reading the Brubaker run with the whole idea of Bucky and my God, Jackman's score, the music. Mm. Because the one thing the MCU had problems with was music, and this thing was doing something bold. It had the sort of brass and trumpets and stuff, mm. and you had, you know, the connection with Cap and Sam, and it was mm. like this is this is fucking great. This yeah. is veterans. This is something that feels like they've been reflecting how soldiers have been mm. feeling discarded over some period of time and you know the PTSD and everything mm. that's been building but then you have the you know you have the trumpets and the, and the, the typical mm. brass da, da, da. yeah there's 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 not a lot that's like you can sing like in the same way that you can like sing the Jurassic Park thing oh, yeah, from yeah. that from that score but it's the best MCU score yeah, yeah. It's I, got, I remember taking the piss out of the Avengers theme for, mm. for years I did at the time because the ma 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 ma. I was like, okay, Alan cool. Silvestri, that's the best you could do. Yep. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. And then, obviously, we'll get to in later phases and yeah. stuff. When it kicks in, you're like, oh, it's <laughs> just through. And yeah. how I felt about like the Richard Donner Superman theme and mm. like all of the classic stuff there. Like, it invokes the just the, the sense. And the, yeah, yeah, exactly, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the. They've the, just. Drilled it into us yeah, over the last yeah, decade. Yeah. The power of the M of the Avengers theme is that it's it's through repetition. Yeah, it's not yeah. something that comes along and the first time you hear it, you go fuck yeah. And it's like oh, what's Thor's light motif? I'm like fucking, I don't it know. Keeps changing. Yeah, I don't know. Led Zeppelin, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking should have been. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah. So and on the other side of things, we had you know the very let's face it, the band of brothers saving Private Ryan sound. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It then contrasted with this industrial, you know, what's the sound? It's the sound of a, a tube or a, or a subway train leaving the station. It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. What is this tension? This is making this yeah. song. <laughs> and you've got um, Shield being brought into the fore and Cap as this big. The, the Winter Soldier, and, and there is a mistake. You can't call it a political thriller because it's not. It's not no. like, oh, it's like all the president's men. Like, don't be fucking no. stupid. But on this reskinning of this familiar property mm. this familiar story it had so much presence and so much heart to it and i to this day it's so fucking good for me mm. yeah it's yeah it, it's it's probably my favorite mcu there film you go. i think yeah. for me as well i i have it, to think about it more but yeah yeah i think it yeah like we always say it has its flaws i think that the finale falls a little bit prey to the we've got to have something fucking big happening in this finale and it could do with being a bit more intimate um it also doesn't resolve the story yeah you see that like yeah. he, he kind of, bucky's memory starts resurfacing but we don't resolve it really until let's face it civil war and then also falcon and witness soldier of a tv series yeah it's yeah. an ongoing arc yeah um but i think they they managed to capitalize on the seeds that they sowed in the original cap in first avenger yeah which didn't do a huge amount with their relationship it put it in there 
Mm. And, you know, obviously the, the death of Bucky in the first one is is a kind of a, a substantial moment in Cap's like development and stuff like that. I think it's more for us because we knew he was coming back. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you touch on the the Brubaker run there, bringing back yeah. the Winter Soldier yeah. and having I mean, in, in Bucky the, come back in the comics for the longest time. There were there were three people who stayed yes. dead. Yes. It was uh, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Yep. Bucky Barnes. Bucky Barnes and Jason Todd. Yes, Jason yep. Todd. And two all, of those are back. Yeah. All three have come back in various yeah, in forms. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. You have multiverse versions of Uncle Ben being <laughs> Spider Uncle and oh, this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think they, they... And again, probably if you didn't know the comics at all and you watched that and you watched First Avenger, you'd just say, oh, it's a very cliche a moment of like, oh, his best friend dies at the war. And then... But I think they managed to find that emotional heart um, and like you say, that it's the dusting of a political thriller. It doesn't really no. properly engage, which but, is common in the MCU. They're like, it, "Oh, we'll 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 yeah. hint at this little controversial thing, but we're still playing it fairly safe." Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think it's more than most Marvel films at that point. You could at least say that it was about something. Um, yeah. Which yeah. a lot of like you could at least say it was about something. Yeah. Which yeah. I think. You can look at, say, for example, Avengers and go like, what's that film actually about? And it's like, mm, it's about... Smash! It's about we want to make a big crossover. Pretty much, yeah. Um, whereas Cap Winter Soldier is at least re reaching for things. Yeah. And it's also like the opening of that film, uh, and by that I mean like the first sort of half an hour. So fucking good. It is. <laughs> that yeah. opening with, with Cap and Sam uh running around their completely illogical route around um Washington DC <laughs> yeah. when yeah. people actually work out like where the fuck are they jogging? No, that doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Anyway. Um but that initial interaction between them and I think Chris Evans, we've talked about how great he is. I think that I think his the thought that he puts into the acting for Cap doesn't get enough praise because there are moments um in that initial interaction where you can see how closed off Cap is and how there are certain things he doesn't want to talk about with Sam. And when Sam opens up a little to him and, and, and says things that he's not expecting, mm. Cap returns that and opens up in, in, and in return. That's him coming from the 40s as well, right? That's him it's, being it's an old like man who can't it, yeah. it's, him, it's him being from the 40s. It's him dealing with trauma. Yeah. It's mm. him, the fact that, his best friend died and then he got frozen and now yeah. he's and he doesn't have those points of connection in the same way most of the other marvel he doesn't have that supporting cast at that point you know it's yeah. it's him by himself all mm. he's got is the mission and black widow being this kind of cipher yeah. mm. and that's um, why sam being a therapist or a group counselor yes is magnificent because it's, it's the subtle yeah. building between them it's yeah. just and, and Ma Mackie's yeah. great. Oh yeah. And Andy then Mackie's fantastic. And then you go into that opening action sequence of them storming the ship and it's so fucking good. And we got Batroc the Leaper in a yeah. fighting <laughs> film. One of the best fighters ever, George St. Pierre. Yeah. yeah. So good. Silly. So good. Oh, I fucking love it so much. Doing all his own stunts because he's a fucking amazing, <laughs> yeah. amazing athlete. <laughs> I oh, would say Batroc the Leaper, man. I also feel as much as we're saying like, oh, you know, it gets it gets fucking cap right, it gets Bucky right, he's terrifying, it gets but also Batroc cool. right, most importantly. Batroc is there, <laughs> yeah. um, it gets Fury right, and S.H.I.E.L.D., because it's, it's terrifying, mm. it's this uncontrollable agency. Mm. It gets Black 
Widow. Yeah, it's mm. the best Black Widow film. It's better than the it's better than it Black Widow. Better yeah. than the her solo film. It's it really does, frustrating because yeah. she is a mercurial figure who changes from film to film, much in the same way that they're like, trying to figure out who she is. And I get that, but she's at her best. Yeah, when she's written, in that, that, and that's what's so that weird. That moment on the ship. Yeah, like, we're like, well, we can't let these people die. Like, mm, great, great, good. You know. Yeah, mm. she, she's, she's, again, like with the, with the whole bringing back the whole everything is Hydra. And again, thank God the the the, the twist in that movie mm. that is like Hydra's been here the whole time. Hail Hydra! Mm. It's like, oh! <laughs> oh, the fact that it was fucking. I think he's the first person to say it. Uh, obviously, it but gets said in First Avenger a lot. But yes. the fact that fucking Gary Shandling, yeah, <laughs> is the person who's the late like Gary Shandling. Hello, I'm I'm a Hydra. And way to bring back just like oh, what an annoying adversary from the early Iron Man films, yeah. from Iron Man two specifically. Yeah, you're like, ugh, he's a little. Oh, gee, that's really underhand. Mm. Now it's like, you know, and again, of, it's, it's of course this shitty senator, yes, who's who's trying, trying to draw the. Like the the yeah. limelight in these hearings. Of course, he's a yeah. fucking hydra. Of course, this yeah. dickhead who's trying to steal the technology for his own nefarious means. Of course, he's basically a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something I really want to touch on is kind of tied together. Mm. How fucking amazing the action scenes are in Winter Soldier. As Brilliant well. stuff. Obviously, I'm going to talk about the elevator slash lift fight because that is just that the tension. You mentioned the soundtrack and like yeah. that that kind of tension building. They'll get in the, the elevator and it's crossbones and all the other like gigantic dudes who somehow are even bigger than Chris Evans. And Roger's realizing, like, before we begin, oh, does anyone want to get off? Begin, does anyone want to get it's off? Like, I'm like, still trying to save you boys. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so good. <clears throat> and yeah, I'm I remember watching the behind the scenes stuff. I think it's on Disney Plus now. Yes, um yeah. it is on the Blu-ray and DVD, whatever. Um Chris Evans talking about filming that fight and how it's just a bunch of amazing stunt guys he's working with. Yeah. So they just kind of made it up with the stunt team. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, I don't know, you just have a great lift fight. And the stunt team are like, fuck yeah, <laughs> leave it to me. And like the whole magnet thing and yeah. him kicking around and pushing the shield around and all this kind of stuff. So brilliantly directed. And the action is so fucking good. It feels like a really tight martial arts scene. And... It has multiple great moments. Obviously, like we said, the ending gets a bit kind of over the top and overblown and stuff. But even those little moments between Bucky and Steve mm-hmm. where he catches the shield and he's like, the fuck? Mm. You can't catch much. That's, that's vibranium. <laughs> that's indestructible. That's what I do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he just catches it with his metal arm. You're like, oh, 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 no, that's not good. Um, even like the 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 kind of famous shot of Black Widow swinging under the, the bridge mm, and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. The whole kind of like explosions and fight on the road and all that kind of stuff. And there's just gunfire all the time. Like Matthew Winter Soldier. Guns. Yeah. Yeah. Winter Soldier is a fucking assassin. He's out to yeah. kill people. He's not, I'm going to punch a guy into unconsciousness and there's no blood because it's an MCU movie. You get the impression he's legit dangerous by the way they shoot him, the angles that they choose, the yeah. lighting that they choose and the way he's kind of portrayed as this unstoppable murderer it's terminator yeah he's terminator exactly yeah they portray him as the fucking t-1000 as the t-800 however you want to put leash yeah yeah yeah, absolutely and then how far we've come today with the character of bucky and him being like you know going to therapy and in falcon and winter Mm. soldier him going through this emotional journey and dealing with the consequences of his actions and all this kind of stuff yeah and i I rewatched clips like ready for this episode i went back on like 
I need to refresh myself on some of this stuff. Like, I haven't watched Winter Soldier in far too long. Like, God, it's so good. It's so <laughs> much fun. I, I watched the lift scene again, as you can probably yeah, tell. Yeah. And yeah, Bucky's terrifying in that movie. Yeah. And now he's just like, oh, he's good old Sebastian Stan. <laughs> he's handsome and cuddly. He's yeah. fine. Like, he's a bit standoffish with Sam. It's like, he's dealing with the fact that he's murdered a lot of people. Like hundreds of people, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the, the, the sequence essentially when Bucky attacks him on the freeway leading up to him getting unmasked is it mm. falls down a little it's got a little bit of that shaky cam bad editing that marvel suffers from sometimes and it's it's such a shame because when you see behind the scenes stuff like the stunt people and and uh, sebastian stan and chris evans train their asses off and the the, the bits yeah. where they're like he's having that knife fight and caps like blocking him with the shield and with his, oh, his back arms, forth. yeah like the knife they, fighting's so good they really fucking like could do that and it's mm-hmm, a shame because mm-hmm. you get a bit of shaky cam there and the editing isn't the clearest yeah i still think it's a great action sequence i think it could have been even better if they'd have had if they'd have just locked down a little bit more and taken yes. a step back yes um one of my favorite there's minor spoilers for like one of the episodes of what if i think that's guys we're talking about the mcu yeah we're talking about all of the MCU. We're talking about all of spoilers the yeah um but one of my favorite little connective moments in that is uh, in the episode where it's sort of like a murder mystery and it turns out it's Hank Pym oh, yeah. is killing off people because yeah. uh, Janet was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and he hates S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Sorry, not Janet. Hope was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and got yeah. killed. Yeah. Hope gets killed by the Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's because in Winter Soldier it mentions how Black Widow got shot by um, by the Winter Soldier and that's how she kind of knows yeah. of him. Yeah. Um, the mission where she got shot is the mission where Hope dies in in that What If episode. Yeah. Like that's such a clever little connective moment. Uh, yeah, it wasn't super keen on What If. Didn't watch all of it. It but was fine. fine. Yeah, I'm I was, probably going to go okay back it. to it, but uh, just mm. just for purposes. But um, mm. yeah, I, I yeah, Winter Soldier's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, so where we've you know got from the phase one and this, other than the you know our, our highlighted characters. There's been a bit of, uh, you know, connective tissue, bit of bit of agreement every now and again. Like, oh, no, I can see that. And two of us have liked a certain thing. Let's talk about the low points of the second phase. Mm. And let's divide the audience immediately <laughs> with a lot of opinions. We each have a different pick, which is very interesting. We do. I think that says a lot about this phase. The fact that we pretty much universally agree, not only is Winter Soldier the best of this phase, it's one of the best MCU movies, full stop. Yep. And then just the dirt worst MCU stuff in this phase as well. Well, we talked about the, the Incredible Hulk and said begrudgingly, it's kind of because it was figuring out finding yeah. his feet. By now, you don't really have any excuses. That's Why the thing, you yeah. You're doing sequels. You're doing, you've been doing this for like five, six, seven years at this point. The studio knows what they're doing. They know what they're going into. They know that it all connects. So there's no excuse for like, Oh, we rolled the dice. We didn't know if it was going to work. Yep. You know Thor 2 is going to lead into this. You know there's going to be another Avengers film. You know there's going to be this. And I'll kick off because Avengers Age of Ultron is such a disappointing follow-up to the first Avengers. I remember my review and I said I was so terrified Ant-Man would be where it falls down. Turns out I was one film too, a little earlier. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Age of Ultron is such a weird... It has some really interesting ideas and there are moments I like, but 
overall, it is doing so much all of the time mm. and doesn't feel like an organic follow-up to the first Avengers or what has happened to the characters between then and now. Yep. Like In those years following up, I don't really get the impression that like, yeah, the Avengers, is the, is, they've grown as a group and all this kind of stuff. And they kind of go off and do their own things and then form back again. And I know I've talked about this on the show before and definitely with you guys before, how fucking hyped I was by that initial like Pinocchio trailer. Oh, yeah, no, entirely. The, the marketing was God amazing. no strings hold me down. And, choo, it choo, 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 choo. and then it ends with the, there are no strings on me. And I'm like, and yeah, oh, it's not, James Spader's it's, voice is just yeah, incredible. It's not Spader being a robot, it's Spader. And it's just Spader's mm. voice. And yeah, mm. the, the emerging of that, like, the initial Ultron kind of body, the mm. deformed kind mm. of bits and pieces, Frankenstein mm. kind of thing, yeah. And then, oh, changing him into the weird... Michael Bay Transformers. Yeah. He's just a bunch of cogs and spoons and forks stuck in a big blob with... Oh, you can't tell where he's moving or what he's doing or who he's punching because it's just big fucking jumble of cutlery and lips all over the place. And it's like, oh, yeah. God. There's such weird choices in that film that I think just don't work and absolutely do not live up to the legacy of that first film. And... You know, we, we're going to talk about how they're the big event films, but like that first one set such a high standard. We mm. said how much it blew off our minds in 2012. Yeah. You know, they're going to do a second Avengers movie <laughs> with Ultron? Oh my God. James. Ba Brilliant casting. Again, inspired. Who the fuck would have cast the guy from Stargate <laughs> as Ultron? I mean, like, what? What mm. the fuck? That's that. Sexy James Spader? Sexy James you know Spader? Guy? Who has sex in car crashes and fucks his secretary? <laughs> he, he, yeah. Him as a robot. Yeah. I, He's I gonna fight Captain America. <laughs> yeah. It, in a car crash? Maybe. <laughs> Ultron is if, a bit if of you're a car lucky. crash. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I, I mentioned earlier I've read um like the main one of the main Avengers runs that I've read is the um Kurt Busiak and, and George Perez. George Perez, who yeah. very sadly recently announced he's um got terminal cancer uh, yeah fucking hell um and ultron unlimited uh which is a story that they did which is the basis for a significant chunk of age of ultron um don't read the age of ultron comics they're not really not anything enough, to no, do with no it, um, you've kind of seen it in what if a bit <laughs> yeah um but ultron unlimited is such a it's the high point of that arc um, and it's one of the best Avengers stories ever. Uh, and it's such a disappointment to have this just very mediocre film that's just so muddled. I think that's the thing yeah. is that there's there's great moments. The moments of them hanging out, it's a clear high point. And Brilliant. it's kind of what the audience was so there for because at that point you've established the characters. Everybody likes the... Like, in a way that that's what DC has failed to actually do well in it more than anything else is to get people to like the characters that that yeah, you are yeah. you know putting across you know people go like oh Bat ben affleck he's so hench as batman it's like yeah but do you actually like bruce wayne yeah um, they, they, they're starting to resolve that now with like do you like harley quinn yeah yeah do you like shazam yeah do you yeah. like aquaman yeah yeah but even then it's still like like do you do you like Henry Cavill Superman? 
No. No. Not really. I love Henry Cavill. But, yeah, mm. he just sort of glowers. Um, yeah. And that, that moment of them hanging out and the, the, the party and the after party, great. Fantastic. The lifting of the hat, the trying to lift the hammer. Such a perfect piece of little characterization. T- love that. Touching on the Hulk stuff as well, his conversation, as much as I don't agree with their relationship mm. with him and him and Black oh, Widow, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. they have those moments where we're touching on like him not being able to have kids and they mm. have that really sure. like quite intense, tragic conversation. Mm. She's like, I can't either. Like, mm. this is a whole thing, you know, discussion of her as essentially the only female lead of the MCU at this mm. point and... For a while, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Because we didn't get mm. things when we should have done, as, as, <laughs> as we know and as we will fix in the next episode, <laughs> perhaps. But having her talk about her femininity and her womanhood and stuff mm. like that in a way that female superheroes have not really talked about before, and then having and that then time... fucking it up so dramatically by having her go, I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You have those moments. There's such good ideas in there. They lay the ground and plant the seeds for some really interesting discussions. And I feel like Age of Ultron should be a more like... Because the first Avengers, as we said, is what's the message? Smashy, smashy, big explosions, mm. all spectacle, that panning shot of the all of them lining up and charging their weapons mm. and Hulk roaring and all that kind of stuff. Mm. You can actually say something interesting with this film. The whole, I'll put an armor around, mm. a suit of armor around the world, the whole Tony Stark thing. Mm. Yep. Is he in the and right? Is he in the wrong? There's such interesting conversations there, and they just don't address any of it in a satisfying way at yeah. all for me. The fact that so much comes back, like that they bring back those elements from Age the of Sokova Ultron. Accords keep coming up. I'm like, stop! <laughs> it, you should have dealt with this already. Like, yeah, but yeah, yeah like the fact that you know we, we we get moments in Endgame where they're calling back and, and one division. Like, yeah, I you know yeah, I wanted yeah. I wanted to put a suit of armor around the world, and you you know it's like yeah, there was interesting stuff there, but you yeah. just didn't deliver on it in that actual film. So I mentioned before about Black Widow, and um, just to sort of really drill down on this about the idea, I, I agree with uh, Jack. Age of Ultron is definitely one of my big low points, if not the low point, and, and needs to be addressed. You had Iron Man three which dealt with um, Tony Stark's PTSD. Yeah. And what he had witnessed during Avengers. It came straight after Avengers. It was like, mm. we're not alone in the universe and we're woefully unprepared. It's like, yeah, that would mm. fuck with your mind. Are he, you insane? He flew into space and fell out of space yeah. and nearly died. He flew yeah. a nuke at some aliens through yeah. a hole. That's insane. That's nonsense. And for a, a scientist... clinching butt space hole. <laughs> the space sphincter. So, um, Thor the Dark World, yes, okay, there's issues, but... This god has seen his brother die as far as he is aware. He is pain and his father is is like is is distant and weird because obviously it's, you know, whatever the fuck's going on there. I should fight until Thor 3. Um so there's a lot of things going on with the reality there. You've also got Cap, who again, and Shield is not uh, is a lie. The world is adrift and in a strange place. And then we get guardians on the other side of the universe bumming around having fun. Yeah. You're mm. like, great. Now bring us back for, for, for mm. Avengers. Show me these people. And they're all just on a mission. You're like, no, you can't. No. And as you say, I like the moments where they're interacting and they're like, oh, you know, are you worthy with the hammer? And so look at that cap just about budging it and the teasing mm. of what's coming. Oh, that little... Oh, that's little, so good. Oh, and mm. 
the the discussions about again the whole like I'm I'm so torn because I agree that the Ruffalo Scar Johansson connection is interesting. It could have been interesting. Its That's execution a... is awful. Yep. Yeah. I, yep. I I don't want to see them as a couple. I nope. think they're far more interesting as two people who just have a weird connection. Yep. Yes, exactly. In the same way that Cap and 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 Black Widow, they have a weird thing, but He's an old man. He's like, I'm yeah. not really here for these games. I'm not really into it. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, again, it's like, like you know, what is it? Not Susie every female character needs a romantic interest. Exactly. Mm. Just put it out there. She yeah. can be this dark, mysterious force because she's so ungodly. But then you've got to She's like, so sexy, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she must We've be... put her in this cat suit. It's what are Scarlett Johansson. We need to sexualize her. Well, well, we can't not sexualize yeah. her. Look at her. And there's like, oh, thanks, I'm, studio yeah, executive. And then it's the classic, you know, I'm sterile and stuff, and I get it. And that's again, it, it, it's bold subject matter. Yeah, but I feel it's blatant and exploitative. And it's only when you get to the Black Widow film that they start actually talking about that and saying that's a fucking weird thing to do. Let's 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 mm. talk about this. Yeah. Um. And the fact that we don't talk about this ties into Joss Whedon came back. Joss Whedon. Mm. Okay, we'll start defensive, then go on the attack. Defensive. Whedon was clearly burned out. Mm. He works best when he is reflecting on something and, and parroting it and drawing up and things and he went off to do much to do about nothing and just do the quiet sort of we talked about on the show before yeah exactly yeah. and then he came back and, and what you end up getting is much of the same way that allegedly you could look at all of Christopher Nolan's films about is, is essentially about making movies and how mm. hard it is and how much it takes you away from your family and the struggle it takes and yada 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 this feels like you know oh, what could be I'm very sly and very clever I will talk about what it's like to work for the system, to work mm. in the machine, and to try and fight back against it and how it just feels endless and you can't win and you can't have an identity or a personality. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. Now let's talk about the reality. Weed's a piece of shit. Um, yep. Scumbag piece of shit. Yeah, and everything that was positive about him being included, and he deserves credit for what he did artistically to get mm. the thing off the ground, but holy fuck, he's a monster. And it's so frustrating, obviously, when someone has made something that you like mm. that you learn is an asshole. We discuss this on the show all the time. Yeah, I really um, struggle with mm. this, personally. Yeah. But then when you realize how they're an asshole, you see the seeds and you go, yeah, you didn't the, understand this character. The flags. Oh, you've written women badly for like 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Huh. You've, you've mm, been, that makes sense. You've been saying, look at me and look at my strong women and sexualizing them at the same time. Yeah. It, it, it's all these mm. little warning signs and bits and pieces. Um, and Ultron, again, what's it about? It's a really hard one to answer because we talk about Marvel course correcting all these things and um, for lack of a better phrasing, I, st I personally feel that less so the Dark World, obviously. But the other films, because the Dark World is a bit of a mess because again, um, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but the idea is the director came on and then Whedon came in to bump it up a bit to sort of save it to make it a little bit better. Mm. Well, that worked with Justice League, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no, so it's, it's, it's a toxically difficult film and Ultron is frustrating because, as we discussed before, every time you get close to being really interesting, close to something that's going to work well, it's pissed away. I remember seeing a advanced clip of the fight between... The Avengers, um, 
and Ultron for the first time. I want to say the, the proper actual fight, not the not the, uh, the, the the Iron Man suit puppet, basically. Mm. And the one with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver on his side. No, the yes, yes, sorry, yes, this yeah, is yes, yes. in in Africa. That's exactly what in mysterious uh, unnamed African <laughs> country. Wakanda, <laughs> Wakanda. No, yeah. no, 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 African country. Yeah, yeah African country. So yes. Um, Again, I, I like Ruffalo sort of hinting at what Wakanda would be and like that. But this yeah, thing is like, yeah. you know, you've got um, Ulysses Claw being, mm. you know, Circus being hilarious oh, and yeah. great and big and all that cool. And then they have the moment of, you know, oh, I thought I would just tell you my evil plan. And all of a sudden, mm. I remember seeing it and thinking, this is test footage, right? This is like the trailer's test mm. footage with there are no mm. strings on me. And the same way you see like, Rocket and Groot firing a gun in the in the mm. leaked footage, but there's like a prison system behind. It looks like an actual regular prison rather than the space prison. Mm. This is temporary, right? This isn't how you're going to actually make this character look in the film, right? Right. <laughs> um, and I, I then I realized it was like, oh, it's out in a month's time. No, this is it. Yeah, I, I found the characterization of Ultron so weird. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's a weakness of of Whedon's writing is that he can't. He can't. Like he he wants all of it. Like he he wants his tropes. Yeah, and yeah. And, and he couldn't just deliver like because there's a Ultron's a really weird character, and I can understand how he would be hard to write. I wouldn't. I don't envy people who have to write him sure. because he is a character who is both completely unfeeling and also so hooked into this like Freudian uh, stuff with in the mm-hmm. comics, like Hank Pym. And this mm-hmm. idea of like mm-hmm. legacy and and fa- father. Um, yeah, definitely. But I did, yeah. And obviously they transferred that over to Tony Stark a lot in the film, but yeah. it, it just having Ultron quip just doesn't work. He is not the kind of character who should be quipping. What's, it's when he's in the church, he's like, what are those things? Children! I forgot the words. Like, yeah. What is this writing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that. I mean, that, but there are moments, because again, it's Spader, where mm. you're like, this is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And then, but then there's also when you know Hulk smashes into the the the, the, the Quinjet, and he's like, "Oh come on!" And it's mm. like, no. "No, I get he's like a product of everyone's got a quip. It's just Whedon, yeah, yeah. So. and it just doesn't feel the right place." And the thing is, Ultron's really dark in places. Mm. Um, and 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 let's just talk about two different things very briefly. One, Vision is great. Making Paul Bettany Vision out of Jarvis, mm. brilliant. Loved it. I was so on the moment. I was like, that is genius. I love it. That's mm. so good. Because again, I can't stress enough, because they were stopping these preview screenings and stuff, you didn't know it was coming. Mm. So it was fresh. I was like, this is so cool. This is, I love this. This is great. Him just pick up the hammer. Like, it sells it to the audience. Mm. Brilliant. Good work. Hawkeye was going to die though, right? Because <laughs> it was like, it's a Whedon film. Someone has to die. We got yeah. Coulson die in the first one. Whedon kills people off because he's shocking. Mm. Um, and you introduce, you know, Quicksilver and... It, it was yeah. kind of at the height of that shittiness, like, b- before Disney bought Fox, um, of yeah. like, oh, you know, and they, you just had Days of Future Past where everybody was ranting about the, uh, the Quicksilver scene in that. And mm-hmm. like, oh, but they've got Quicksilver too. Like, how are we, how we going to do that? And it just, yeah, it felt, it made sense in the sense that one of the first new people to join the Avengers in the comics are Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. And exactly. Scarlet Witch especially has like a long-standing association with the team. Um, and Vision. So they're being uh, yeah. at the same time is, which, you know, 
public know now because I've seen WandaVision. Yeah. But in the comics, it's like, it's a big fucking thing. Yeah. Um, that moment in the finale, it swoops in and saves her. And you're like, ooh, they're starting to set the seeds for that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it felt so petty to have Quicksilver in and then kill him off at the end. Yeah. Which they're still trying to figure out what to do with that. Yeah. Even now they're like, maybe we made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say the Hulk Buster Hulk fight, I still really enjoy. Yeah, I That's, still really yeah. enjoy it. Gotta sleep, gotta sleep, gotta sleep. Yeah. That yeah. quipping works great there because it's fucking Tony Stark. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's 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 dumb and silly and brilliant. And then the mind control stuff feels like it's been even even Hawkeye says did the mind control thing. And yeah. Like, yeah. So why are we here again? Yeah. Mm. yeah. To touch briefly before we move on to Hawkeye as well. Bringing the whole family thing in. Yep. Ruins Hawkeye. Because <laughs> it just sets up his death, as you said, Matt. Like, mm-hmm. it's so clearly going to kill off Hawkeye. But we didn't see that coming. So it has to be Quicksilver <laughs> instead. And it's like, okay. See, the thing you've is. You've just done that. It's a fucking, mm-hmm. not to bring into wrestling, oh, yeah. it's a WWE move. It's just yeah, they're, it they're swerving you for the sake of swerving you. Like, yeah. we set up this guy to be the bad guy, but his tag team partner's going to mm-hmm. turn on him. Because you didn't expect that. It's Game of Thrones. It's... Yeah, it's the audience has worked out where we're going, so we've got to do something different. Yeah. It's like, but no, the... sometimes you just finish the Some, story. Sometimes the butler really did it, is the quote from yeah. George R. R. Martin saying, yeah. like, if you've set up the butler from day one to be the guy who has done it, the butler did it. Mm-hmm. Don't just have the cousin show up and be like, it was me all mm-hmm. along. Yeah. Like, okay, but cool. This was at the time where they were starting to do these big D23 press conferences and, and yeah. Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that I don't think I don't know if it's I it must be I think it was announced as, as Civil War at that point I'm not sure mm. I think it might have been like, it's just Cap 3 mm. or the Serpent Society yes exactly. that was on the timeline it was announced yes, as Serpent yeah, Society right, they yeah. did the whole thing yeah, yeah 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 but there was a understanding like Scarlett Johansson's in that one well she's mm. fine I was like who else is going to be okay well it's not going to be like Iron Man that's very mm. unlikely what about it like be Thor that's very unlikely he's got a third one got to come out that's how the rule works now you get three films each that kind of thing uh, similarly, so it can't be Cap because it's Captain America 3 coming out. Hawkeye. It's like, Hawkeye's now in the third film. It's like, well, it's not him then. His contract's not up. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, you're, and everyone kept saying, but you're up for X amount of it because they were announcing yeah. all these things. All, all, all of us, like, yeah. for one better phrase, looking on the inside, paying attention to all that sort of stuff. Yep. Granted, the vast majority of people do not, mm. but there are enough people out there that are paying mm. attention to, well, uh, Chris Evans got five appearances left on his thing, so... What constitutes a full appearance? Uh, yeah. yeah, so he was in the post credit scene of that one, so mm. does that count in his contract? I don't know. Yeah. He was only in there for like like 45 seconds, so Sh- does that count? Sh- shows up in Thor The Dark World pretending to be Loki, oh. pretending to be yes, Captain America. Exactly. Yeah, does, does that count? count? Is that one? Yeah. Yeah, All exactly. that kind of like insidery, baseball-y yeah. kind of chat around the MCU and all that kind of stuff was yeah. happening so much. They set up Hawkeye so much. And now that we have the Hawkeye Disney Plus series, it just doesn't work for me. That Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye does not work. Taking that amazing comic book run that uh, David Aha and Matt Fraction created, he's supposed to be a deadbeat fucking loser of the Avengers type Mm. character. But he's an absolute badass, mega family man. Like, (laughs) granted, he's not the best dad because he's off. Too busy saving the world mm. and stuff, but like mm. he's too good and too successful and, that, and too cool and stuff. And that's purely taken. From, we talked about the Ultimates comics. It's that's purely the taken from the Ultimates, yep. yeah. which by that time yeah. had gone right down the fucking drain. Yeah, yeah. you got to Ultimatum and stuff, which yeah. 
God. Hey, people who uh, haven't read that comic book series, don't. Don't. It's one of the worst comic book series I've ever read in my entire life. Do, do you like a character? Yeah, like this character. They probably died the most ridiculous off-screen yeah. way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Ultron, very Bad. frustrating film. It's yep. one that I revisit the least. Same. Same. And I have a lot yeah. of problems with it. But we should... It's not your low point, though. It's not my low point. What's my your... low point's going to piss a lot of people off. What's your low point, man? Ant-Man, fuck you. Wow. Now let me explain myself. <laughs> Ant-Man, fuck you, I just did. Um, Ant-Man is fine as a movie. It's I, I agree. perfectly functional. I think I gave it like a three out of five. I, mean, I don't think I gave it a two, but I think it's very... And I think it's... Um, and, and a lot of people said, that brought it back for me. Oh, Ant-Man's so good. I love Ant-Man. Fine. Now, what I think a lot of people think, I mean to say not to invalidate their experiences in life. I really like Paul Rudd. You like Paul Rudd, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Because the film has a schism. It has a split within it that the film acknowledges because it is... We talked about Marvel course correcting. This is it watching it in real time. You see a, a giant... Going back to Speed 2. You can see a giant ship course correcting and turning <laughs> over a period of time. And it's a slow move. It takes mm. three moves... Three, sorry, three moves. Three, um, three films to get there. Mm. This is a speedboat turning around, nearly flipping over. Because while there are fun things in there, yes, Thomas the Tank Engine, oh, it's a big fucking thing, and oh, it's cool fighting in a in a in a handbag, yeah, hammer with the ringtone and yeah. stuff. Yeah, great. The problem is personality. The problem is Edgar Wright. Yeah. Now, Edgar Wright is a very talented filmmaker in his own regard in certain respects, and we discussed him on the live stream. Except I didn't. Did, cause I did a there. whole live stream with our friend Reese Lipman. Yeah, exactly. Go check it out. And um, he is a very uh, he's very good at what he does, basically. Mm. He generally has a strong authorial voice. Very much so. And we talked about this on the live stream, like his editing style, the way he shoots action, all this kind of stuff, yeah. is so Edgar Wright. He has very defined distinct. his look. Talking mm. about Chris Evans and stuff, mm. bringing that into Scott Pilgrim. And yeah, yeah. that works for that kind of thing. It's a comic book adaptation, and his style works for that kind of frantic, over-the-top, comedic kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You think over-the-top comedic stuff going to work with Marvel, right? Not so much. So <laughs> Ant-Man was in development very, very early on. Yeah, for ages. Yeah. Possibly even before Iron Man. I think it was, yeah. yeah. And it was a thing that's been going for so long, and uh, it was always going to be a older heist thing. Mm. And it was going to be a very different out-of-the-universe thing. And for the, the big sticking point, as far as we were outside the industry, who knows for the internal, blah, blah, blah. It was always... Edgar Wright did not want to make it part of the MCU. And Disney said, you don't understand. You we don't have, have an choice. agreement that it would yeah. be a standalone. Kind of like, you know, all these things like, mm. like the Incredible Hulk movie. That's not a thing anymore. Mm. Weave it in. And he's like, I want to make my heist movie. It's got all my things where I cut away and I have people talking and stuff. And, you know, he, there's one erratic guy who talks about stuff. And, and then it, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are some really fun moments. And again, Rudd is magnificent casting. Mm. And there's a lot of really great casting. But the film says to your face, why am I, Hope Van Dyne, mm. not Ant-Man? <laughs> and at the end of the movie, it says, oh, it's about time. Great. Fine. It's like, mm. nope. No, 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 no. You had time to fix this. Multiple rewrites. The tone is wrong. The um, action mostly works, sure. But it set things up in a very strrange way. I like the old Hank Pym and then the mm. aspect of, of, of yeah, same. you know, Scott Lang being an, scat, being an entirely different individual. <laughs> it's one of the few times we have a sense of legacy in the MCU. Yes. Mm. I think, which is such a big 
part of it in the comics. And mm. I touched on that, you know, with the younger Avengers now mm. coming in. Mm. We've now yeah, got... it's going to be increasingly a part. Exactly, yeah. yeah. As yeah. these contracts run out and these actors get too old, whatever it is, yeah. we're now getting a second Hawkeye. We're going to have a second Captain America. We now have Captain America Winter Soldier. Like, yeah, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Falcon becoming Captain America. There is such a sense of legacy built into superhero comics over the last... 80 years basically since mm. you know superman and batman and then into the 60s with marvel and stuff like that you have that with hank pym i was ant-man all those years ago that's mm. that's such yeah. a cool thing to have but they just it just doesn't uh, yeah it just doesn't work it doesn't fully and i think it has one of the absolute weakest villains in the mcu i think oh, but one cross, of the best actors it's so frustrating <laughs> cross yellow jacket is such nonsense such he's bollocks early he's phase such, one like eh. he he is mm. the perfect you touched on it earlier tim the oh it's just the it's abom- what people think of abomination mm. is that oh he's just evil hulk yep. yeah they, you, you take the marvel hero give them a slightly different paint job and there you have the the, mm. the evil villain and it, and it's also the uh corporate villain like jeff bridges yeah. it's it, i mean he's yeah he's He's kind of Jeff Bridges all over again. He's like, Entirely. I'm your corporate rival, and now I have a suit that uh, looks like thing. your suit. Yeah, but it's a bit better because it's got mm. extra hands, or it's slightly bigger, and you're like, yeah. and that's your downfall, fool. Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 then the other thing as well, it's the a film of two minds because Peyton Reed, and I remember saying my review, I'd like to see what Peyton Reed would do on his own, uh, which we will get to because I eventually saw that, and mm, um, <laughs> but. It was like, because this is obviously working off someone else's script. And the thing that fucks me off about Edgar Wright, the man, again, when you see his strongest stuff, when he's written things with a woman, Mm. things change. He cannot write women to save his Mm. life. He cannot write minorities to save his life. So what you end up with is a film that's like, we're going to have this criminal who's just like, you know, I'm Scott Lang. I'm just this nice, friendly guy. And I've got this, you know, I'm, I'm a criminal, but not really. Who are your friends? I've got a black friend and a Latino friend <laughs> and, and an Eastern European friend. What are they? Walking fucking stereotypes, obviously. <laughs> cool. What about your love interest? She's a badass hot chick who can take me down in a fight. That's how you throw a punch. What's her motivation? She's angry. It's like, yes. It's like she's actually the real legacy character. She's the real Ant Man. Mm. The story between her and her father is the actual story. Well, why are we following Scott around like a bumbling idiot? It's like, I, I have this script I needed to figure out how to make it work. Great. And so Ant-Man, I know people, I'm not trying to say people can't enjoy it. I'm not saying there aren't good elements because again, fuck me, I love Paul Rudd. And I think uh, Evangeline Lilly has moments. I think the script isn't, she hasn't been given many moments, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? And I think there are definitely elements that really work. But it is a product of tussling forces. And rather than chucking it all out, they've tried to make things settle slightly and it just, it never gets there for me. It really mm. fucks me off. I, I, I'm an Ant-Man defender. I quite like Ant-Man. Um, I, well, I, agree with, I agree with a lot of your criticisms. I think it's interesting because if you believe things like commentaries and, and stuff that's come out, a lot of the stuff that people think is an Edgar Wrightism is actually comes from Peyton Reed. Yes, yeah, the, there the, we go. Yeah. The most Edgar Wright moments are actually the Peyton Reed moments was yes. the quote I remember reading and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. But I think... I, I could definitely agree that, like, oh, the underwritten female character, that's probably a holdover from an Edgar Wright script. Yeah. Um, but I, I, the, the thing that I like about Ant-Man, and to a lesser extent, 
Ant-Man and the Wasp is that they are the MCU showing it can still tell slightly smaller scale stories. That's fair. I think the, I think fair. some of their worst moments are when they reach and try and be bigger. Um, oh, is that a pun, Tim? Oh. Wasn't intentional. Do they maintain Good. their mass, though, Tim? Because <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. Yeah, you're like a bullet. Sure. <laughs> God, um, they're maintaining your mass thing just... The physics of that... Is shrinking and growing and shrinking does not work. It, it Fundamentally, yeah, it's uh, nonsense. Uh, you just have to accept uh, it. It's a pimp article. Yeah, I've, got, I've maintained my mass. That's why I've got a tank key ring, you know. Make big, make small. I beg your pardon? What? <laughs> no, fuck off. Um, yeah, so... Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I like that they are... The MCU trying to tell something that is slightly... It's less on a grand world shifting scale. Yes, that's, um, fair, that's fair. Which, funnily enough, I think is one of the problems with their because Spider Man is such a big character, is such a character that they, you know, he's the character who used to be on Marvel's checks and stuff like that. He is their flagship yep. character. He's the character that's best known around the world, and so they've always wanted to make his films be quite big stories that tie his. Ah, oh, this one's got Iron Man in it. This one's got. Uh, Nick Fury in it and he's going around the world and now he's going into the multiverse with Doctor Strange it's like can we just tell a fucking actual Spider-Man story where it's him a in friendly New York neighborhood Spider-Man. And, there's a, and there's a scientist who does a thing that's wrong <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so so well, let's, let's, let's flip it around let's bounce from uh, me saying something is bad and you're defending it mm. to you say something is bad let's actually make me rephrase that for a second these are the low points of the face yes. they're not necessarily bad Bad. I'm not saying they're bad movies. No, but they're still more. Well, than we know shit. bad movies on this mm. show, as we we've know. established. Yeah, we've what experienced some of the worst. Yeah. So bouncing to you, did yeah. That said, I am going to be talking about the one that's generally accepted to be e- the everybody worst. Everybody thinks it's the lowest point. Yeah, which is Thor: The Dark World. I agree. I, I again, I don't think there's a it's a film that has its moments. I think there's good stuff in there. Yep. Um, the problem with it is that Tom Hiddleston was very popular. Yep. <laughs> um, too popular. He's too yeah. damn sexy. Um, Goddamn delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, I think the plan was always that he was going to be in Thor and then they were going to bring him back for the Avengers because A, it stops them from having to establish a whole new villain. It gives the villain a little bit more gravitas because you're like, ah, oh, he's come back. Mm. Also, happens in the comics. It happens in the comics. Loki mm. is the reason that the Avengers get together in the comics. Yep, in the yep. Avengers number mm. one in 1963, I think, or two. Sure. Um, two or three, yeah. That makes sense. They didn't realize how popular he would be. And they were like, we're making a new Thor film. We've got to, it needs more Loki stuff. Got to bring Loki back. And it, it derailed the whole production of that film because they, they were like, okay, we've got to clear out some room. We've got this villain characterization. Chuck it out. Let's get more Loki stuff in there. Yeah, true. Um, it also suffers from... People forget... People go, oh, Thor Ragnarok. They made Thor funny. They made it a buddy comedy. It's so great. People forget how funny the first Thor film is and how much... Yeah. Another yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. How the, much yeah. the fish out of water him comedy is fantastic. Him being hit by the car so many times. Yeah. 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 Him getting fucking tased and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, Chris Hemsworth is a genuinely talented comic performer yeah um and thor 2 makes him so dour and depressed it's really it's the, leaning it's the into tonal the tonal whiplash we've touched on so well, many times on this show before we yeah. know who to fucking blame game of thrones yeah yeah it's leaning into that whole ah that thor is is shakespeare 
Yeah. That's why we got Kenny Branagh to come along, him and, his, him and his Dutch yes. angles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like, that's yes, my, that's it is That's my favorite that. new punk band. <laughs> Kenny Branagh and the Dutch angles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, that is true, but also it's not that simple. Like, Shakespeare and, also half of his and, stuff as comedies. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. And you work with what you're given. And, and I think we'll get into, like, I think Chris Hemsworth is... Does some of the dramatic stuff with Thor very well, but lean into your strengths and don't have a film that's so the all the comedy relief in Thor: The Dark World comes from characters who are assigned as comic relief, and oh, there is yeah. no yeah. lightness to Thor. Uh, and he's the person at the center of the film, and he's a character who I think Thor has one joke. He's got he like does, one yeah. or two it's the, jokes. I'm pushing all the buttons and it's doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. I think that might be it. Yeah. And we, you know, we've, we've said, you know, oh, not every, not every Marvel film has to fucking load up on the snark, but. But you've got to have the you, consistency of character again. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You've got to. You couldn't have Tony Stark suddenly be all dark and dour and weird and just not being Tony yeah. Stark all of a sudden. You can when the point of PTSD, but he starts to be Stark. And the same way, Winter mm. Soldier has brevity in it. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like the sense of humor that we see from Cap is so different to other ones and it's a lot more earnest. And yeah, I think yeah, you yeah, can definitely. have that bit. You can have characters still be light and funny and have a variation of tone and they don't all have to be like, oh, that's really, I think, oh. mm-hmm. um, which is the kind of Tony Stark, Star-Lord, like mm. falling into the thing that, that several other characters have fallen down on. It's like, no, yeah. that's not how, that's not what Doctor Strange's sense of humour should be like. He should not be referencing Beyonce. Um, yes. Anyway, we'll yes. get into that. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I I, I think that it, obviously it's got one of the worst villains. Malekith is boring as yeah. fuck. Yeah, um, Chris poor old Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, anything there yeah. yeah. Oh well, he's, he's not given a shit for a while now, old Chris. No, nah. Chris and the, yeah. the problem is, is that they kind of took a lot in the comics. Like Malekith is quite an interesting character. But they he's kind... twisted and fucked up and evil. Yeah. He's like jokery in a way. Yeah, sounds... yeah. But they kind of took a lot of what made Malekith interesting and gave it to Loki in the first film. Yep. Um, because in the comics, Loki has been much more like he's Loki not. Is... He's not been nearly as sexy as no, he is, he in is the films. now. But he, he is was... now. Yeah. Um, but for a long while, he was just like this, like conniving. Obviously, they're both like sorceress conniving, trickstery characters, but. Yeah, there's a lot of comics Malekith in MCU Loki, which me- meant there was nowhere for... You just got a Malekith who was just, I'm Dark Elf and I'm mad because I came from an old universe and now I'm going to kill some folks. Oh, and by the way, this ether thing is important. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget about the, the big red thing. It's very important. Don't forget yep. about that. We touched on Game of Thrones. We haven't touched on the director of this movie, Mr. Alan yep. Taylor, who is known for directing episodes of Game of Thrones. And this was the period in the MCU where they were establishing their voice and their brand and really, you know, Feige is at the reins of this entire thing and he is producing and handpicking. And the big reason we had the big falling out with Edgar Wright, we're in this period where, like, you need to do what we tell you to do. Yep. You can have a little bit of sprinkling of your thing, but you're making an MCU movie whether you like it or not. Yeah. But and Alan Taylor is a blank fucking slate as a director. Yeah. I couldn't give a shit about Alan Taylor he, as a director. His, 
film he made after this was Terminator Genesis. Yeah. Genesis. You he know. is generic ass, fucking bland, mediocre, middle of the road. It's fine. It's watchable. There's no like egregious problems with anything. He directed some good episodes of Game of Thrones. There's nothing I can call out in Dark World. Again, I haven't gone back and watched it in a couple of years, but like, yeah. there's nothing specifically like, oh, he clearly doesn't understand. He's not a Tom Hooper, like a just fucking making stuff up as he goes along kind of thing. Yeah. But there's nothing interesting there either. There's no authorship. There's no interesting style or distinct editing or anything that Taylor brings to the project. And I think it was this kind of era where they really did the like, just get a warm body and basically the Marvel executives are going to direct we'll this thing. We'll do it thing. for you. We'll yeah. do it for you. You just put your name to the thing and, and point a camera we, at blokes and you'll be fine. We fucking made Guardians of the Galaxy. This ship steers itself. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> exactly. Well, no, James Gunn did. And yeah. He's a very... The reason that works is because James Gunn yeah. came in and was brilliant. And His like... excess of personality is... What... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're kind of... Something we didn't touch on with the Winter Soldier stuff, like the Russo brothers was such an integral part of this era of the MCU as well. Well, they end up getting the keys to the kingdom effectively. Exactly, for a while. yeah, yeah. They then basically take the reins, as you said, like between Kevin Feige as the executive producer, the, for, to use a TV phrase, the showrunner type thing, yeah. bringing in all these hired guns, suddenly they find the Russo brothers and like, Winter Soldier was really fucking good. They directed that really well. They worked really well. The guys from community yeah what <laughs> all these tv directors been dragged out of fucking obscurity yeah. we boosted make... their career they'll be grateful to us yeah we can control them it's not gonna be a, uh, i know this is sort of preempting but lord and miller on solo it's like oh no too much yeah. personality we're giving you 200 million dollars do as we say tv directors yeah this is more budget than you've handled in your entire rest of your career combined yeah here's all the monies and it worked out with the Russo brothers. I think they made some of the absolute mm. best MCU movies, as we already touched on with Winter Soldier. Yep. Going forward with Infinity War and Endgame and all that kind of stuff, we'll touch on in the next phase. Alan Taylor ain't that dude. Mm. <laughs> nope. I think I think the other thing with the Russos is that they've consistently worked with Marcus and McFeely, mm. who are the writers. That's exactly they, the unsung a... heroes of the MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah Them and Sarah Finn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. So what's that? Cask agents and writers. My God. <laughs> um, the other thing, the only thing I'll give Alan Taylor credit for to a degree is that the production design. I liked what Branagh did, but I preferred the visual world. I mm. liked the more, you know lived in stone brick and mortar mm. world of, of Asgard. Well, you also degrees. get to spend a bit more time. You get a greater variety. The the Asgard that we see in the original Thor is basically big hall, treasure vault. Yep. That's about it. Pretty much it. Everything's cold. Everything's clean. Everything's shiny. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't feel lived in and real. No. But that's because they're meant to be Asgardians. And I get it. Yeah. I liked having a bit of that. Um, Let's discuss our characters. Mm. I think this is going to be a very interesting one. Mm. Because again, I think we have our, oh, it's this person. Yeah. But it's really this person. <laughs> well, you should start, Matt, because Jack and I have the same one. You do have the same one. And let's face it, it's also mine. And for yeah. variety, I picked a different person. Um, yeah, there, there's an answer here. And there's an obvious answer. I've already given an answer. I don't want to keep repeating <laughs> myself over and over. So I picked another character, um, one that took me by surprise and one that I fucking love every time he turns up and I keep forgetting the combination of performances. Mm, the fact that you've got yes. a physical performance in at least Guardians 1 from uh, Sean Gunn. Actor, and you've got Sean Gunn as well yeah. and you've got the voicing of Bradley Cooper who's yeah. working off of 
Sean Gunn's performance as well as Amiya. So it's a combination. Mm. It's a hybrid thing. And then all the animators bring it to life. Rocket Raccoon is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love his bombastic, ridiculous nature. The fact that he elevates that I am Groot. Because, the, you know, Vin Diesel does a good job just mm. doing a bit of a fucking the Iron Giant. Mm. But then you got the whole, no, of course you don't. Yeah. And it's just, he's so angry, so surly, but then there's so much pain and, and stuff behind mm. him. But he's like, I need you to steal this guy's leg. It's just, he's <laughs> such a fucking scamp. It's just <laughs> so good. I, I've said it before and I will say it again. I'm so glad he doesn't just sound like Bradley Cooper. This yes. is what's so yeah. frustrating about Ryan Reynolds and Chris Pratt being yeah. voice actors. Oh, it's like, God. give him it's a like voice. You're not, you're not voice actors. You're just yeah. actors doing your voice. Like, yeah. At least Ryan Bradley... Reynolds is Deadpool because Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool yes. in everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't mind Ryan Reynolds sounding like Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds. That, that's, that's fine. Yeah. But don't do that for every character. Character. Yeah, don't also do that for Pikachu. Yeah, that don't motherfucker. Work, motherfucker. <laughs> that annoyed me, sir. I like Detective Pikachu. I think it's, I think it's, it's a great film. Well made film. Yeah. That fucking performance annoys the hell out of me. It's, uh, Pikachu is Deadpool, and I can't unhear it. I know people it. are saying, oh, but it works for this reason, this plot. Like, yeah, it does, but guess what? I don't care. No, but you could still, still do a voice, do something yeah. different. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Rocket Raccoon as a character is silly, fun. Every time he turns up in any film, he's. Hilarious, and it, it, and it's every other character bouncing off. I'm like, I thought that was like a builder bear. Is that thing real? Like yeah. that's you know, whenever you introduce him, it's like, yeah, okay. Oh, you want to go into space, little Earth man? And it's just he's such. There's a great moment I think in, uh, was it Bendis? I think it might have been him. Um, uh, run of Guardians in the when the film Guardians basically picked up. Yeah, and it was the idea of. Uh, Tony Stark in space with the Guardians mm. getting used to stuff and really like oh my god this and he was uh, and the way that Rocket would talk down to him as a scientist yeah. and say we have these things they're called telephones that kind of really <laughs> insulting level of stuff and it was just the whole like oh and then which we see you know when he's talking to, like, to, to Paul Rudd for example um, in Endgame I want to say but for, a, for on a performance level the fact that it's in 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 a thing where everybody is drawing focus. There's this one measure, like, you know, it's like you know, just a Guardians one for argument's sake. Okay, now we're all standing around. I'm standing around a jacket. We're all a bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. He's just fucking great. Yeah, yeah. He's a great character. But admittedly, there is the right answer. So I will bounce over back to you, gentlemen, for the correct answer. It's America's ass, man. It's America's ass. <laughs> Captain America is just the fucking best. He's the mascot of the entire MCU. And with Winter Soldier, I think he really... like He, he didn't particularly click with me in the first Avenger. I think the first Avenger's mm. good. But like, cool, it's Captain America, whatever. Avengers, like we said, there's a bit of inconsistency to the character there. He has some great moments. And you have those kind of like... You see the little kind of cogs turning mm. and that kind of stuff and building the future that we're going to learn... I, what Captain America I can be. I think he's be. fundamentally a character that Whedon doesn't like writing and doesn't know how to write. Do, doesn't understand, I think. Yeah. Because yeah, yep. Whedon is so fucking cynical all the time and just like, here's a genuinely earnest character. Mm. Like, yeah. can I make him like moan about stuff? <laughs> no, not really. He gets He's Wizard a fundamentally Oz. good man. Oh, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Certainly yeah. a rich bloke I can give you one of those no. Who may or may not You know Act inappropriate around women It's like Yeah I can write I can write Tony Stark for days <laughs> And then we have Like we said With the Winter Soldier 
and Captain America just kind of stepping up to the plate and mm. becoming, as you always put, Matt, my boy. He's my boy. <laughs> I mean, the 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 great thing about Winter Soldier, which Avengers dabbles with, but because it's an ensemble piece and because it's slightly off model cap uh, in his very bright blue underoos. <laughs> yeah. Um, it we get much more of that man out of time because obviously first Avenger is all World War Two. I think that's I think that was a great choice on their part. Yep, great way to establish a character. But we get that classic what he has been in comics for the most part is that slightly old fashioned, but not in a way that's regressive. Fuck you, Mark Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, paragon of like he's just steadfast moral. Yeah, correctness. He is what America <laughs> believes it stands for. Yes, he is <laughs> everything. He is the promise of yeah. it. Yeah, precisely. He um, is the uh, you know he is the embodiment of the thing at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. Mm. And um and you have that contrasted with and it works so well in Winter Soldier because he's surrounded by these cynical characters. He's surrounded by Nick Fury and Black Widow, politicians and, and, and fucking spies. Yeah, exactly. And it, it it works so well and it just makes that character sing in a way that he hadn't He blossomed like, into a beautiful butterfly. A beautiful butt. Ah! And fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think you're right. It's like he as good as Chris Evans had already been, it gave him a chance to shine in a way that he hadn't. Yeah, absolutely. I mean we talked about him enough already, I think. But yeah, Captain America's the man. Yeah, uh, it's brilliant, and he continues to be fantastic as well. Even into the next phase, we're going to talk about phase three next. Obviously, he continues to be fucking brilliant in these things. And we talked about like some of the highlights of Age of Ultron, some of the best moments, mm-hmm. some Captain America moments. Mm-hmm. Even Joss Whedon writing him, him moving the hammer is a moment I still remember being like, oh, oh that's oh, a, just the, that's a, oh, it's a little thing. It's oh, enough. It's just, a, it's just oh, enough. It's just enough. They didn't do it too much. They did just enough, and that Thor's reaction oh, and Thor stuff picked up just, on it. Yeah. Oh, so good, so good. Little moments like that make you appreciate the character that he then develops into, and he becomes the leader of the Avengers. That suddenly everyone is people who are way more powerful than him look up to him mm. and see him as a guiding light, see him as a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we're spoiling the whole thing. You haven't seen Endgame at this point. Mm. Fuck's sake, where what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, in Infinity War and Endgame, he is. The leader of the Avengers. Mm. He reunites people. That moment He's in the, the fucking train station. Of he catches the spear. Yeah. Oh, you're like, oh, cap yeah. back. Oh my God. That, Shit's about to kick off. Like, yes. That's the thing. <laughs> you have to believe. And, and it makes sense that it took them a little while to get there because you're building the relationships between characters and stuff. But once you have that universe up and running, you have to believe that there is a dude who has like gods flying down Thor will fly down into battle and then he will look to Captain America for what to do. Yep. Yeah. And yep. for all his power and for all the power of like <laughs> Scarlet Witch and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Cap is the one who makes the calls. But not just because and I love that they didn't make Cap dumb. No. Uh, yes. They make him smart. They don't make him infallible, but they make him smart and mm. he's not and tactically clever. If he and doesn't know, yeah. he knows who to ask. And and yeah. and it's the thing of they don't they they give him enough out of time stuff, but also the internet exists and there up. is time between these films. Like he catches up. He's, He's not, not Austin Powers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Can you imagine? Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, and I I I think that 
Jack kind of nailed it there as, as well as you have, Tim. He is the best of us. When, when the Earth is he's the Tim it, of the Avengers. He's the Tim. Um, <laughs> when he's at the when it, we are at our end and the the species is going to die. It's like, oh well, no, I am Iron Man. No, it's Avengers Assemble. It's Cap. He's the one at the front. Yeah, unanimous, fantastic Cap. All day Cap. Unanimous Cap. So, it's phase three. Um, another weird one, but <laughs> things have started to really level off now. It's like, we're going to do for origin stories. We're not going to have them as much. We're going to just introduce people, pepper them in other people's films. We're going to mm. tease it, so when you get to it, we're just going to just get on, mm. hit the ground running with a story. And obviously, phase three, for the first first phase was six films, second phase six films. There's going to be six films, right, Jack? Uh, sure. Yeah, why not? Let's let's run through the list. <laughs> uh, let me uh, take a deep breath here. Hold on one sec. Hell, yeah. We have got... Starting in 2016, Captain America Civil War. Then also in 2016, Doctor Strange. Then 2017, ready for these next three. Oh, Guardians 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok within six months of each other. Yeah. Then 2018, we have another three. Black Panther, Infinity War, and Ant-Man and Wasp. And then in 2019, another three. Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> And this is where the the idea of phases becomes irrelevant. It's like <laughs> oh, it's not a phase. Oh my god! This this perpetual motion machine isn't just keeping going with the same amount of energy. It's speeding up. <laughs> it's increasing, and there's more of them. Oh my god! The tennis balls are coming faster now. Mm. Um, so there's this eleven time... films in this phase, by the way. If you weren't counting along yeah. with me, mm. uh, effectively six, it's one six, two combined. Eleven. Yeah, yeah, it's as big as the two previous yeah. phases. Uh, so our high points, we have three different high points. We do. Oh. We do. Should we go in chronological order? So we'll go with Ooh, Jack first. smart. Good idea. You touched on it earlier. We're not having origin stories anymore. We don't need this shit. We've built this universe for the last decade. We're at that point now where this universe is 10 years old. We're getting towards 2018 now. 2016, Iron Man has been a thing for eight years. Yep. We've had an Avengers movie. We've had a second Avengers movie. We've had Thor sequel, a Captain America sequel. Let's build some Civil War, shall we? And we touched on that reveal mm. earlier, the third Captain America movie, though they did like Serpent Society at D23, and everybody was like, cool. Great. Thanks, Kevin Feige. We'll watch and it. Went, it's not it's not really it's not a Serpent Society. And the graphic changed behind him and the crowd went, Oh my god, and like lost their minds. The day it was set to release, Batman v Superman was coming out, and they said, Whoop, someone's gonna have to move. And without revealing what the film was, they said, No, we got Cap 3 coming out. Cap 3, I'm sorry, this is Batman and mm. Superman on the screen for the first time. Yeah. You're gonna have to move. He said, why would we move? <laughs> and then it's like, what are you going to do? By the, yeah, by the way, it's called Captain America. Civil, Civil War. <laughs> the most popular, arguably. One of the most famous, famous comic runs of the last 15 years. And DC said, well, it's really, would be actually pretty better for us if we release it months later. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> just slunk off. And it's yeah, like, that's right. You blink, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. It Your was never, move. It's, it's the classic Cap quote. If if you you know it's yeah. the um somebody asks you to move you say no you move yeah, yeah. it's yeah so you bed yourself like the uh, a tree at the river of truth and yeah. you look back and say no you move yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah god yeah that civil war announcement was so interesting because I was very intrigued as to how they were going to take the comics because the the comics are so full of comic booky bullshit 
There's loads of other mm. characters that are not in the MCU. All this like X Men characters are in there. It's a whole other mess. They're also not that good. <laughs> not good. Written by Mark Miller again. We keep yeah. bringing Mark Miller up because he's one of the originator of like modern comics, basically, and kind of why modern comics are often just basically storyboards for movies these <laughs> days because that's how how Miller World works. Yeah, and that's why he went on so successful in his partnership with Netflix. Hey, uh, oh God, Super Crooks yeah. came out a couple of weeks ago. I've heard good things. Heard it's quite good. Did it? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I've heard good things. Because specifically, YouTuber people were like, here's the thing about Super Crooks. We've been sponsored by Netflix to talk about it. Because uh, I have read Super Crooks, the book, and had no idea what was coming out on Netflix until it was already out on Netflix. I was like, okay. Anyway, Civil War is such an interesting thing to play with. We talked about Captain America already and how important he is. He was my choice of phase two. Tony Stark was my choice of phase one. Yeah. And how their yeah. ideologies come clashing together and against each other and I was honestly quite scared. I know they'd kind of proven themselves at this point. Like I said, we're proving them with Robert Downey Jr. Proving them by making an Avengers movie. Proven by making Guardians of the Galaxy. But there have been a few missteps with Age of Ultron with Thor the Dark World. I was like mm, they're not 100% accuracy right now. Like they could fuck this up. And you know, it's Captain America's solo movie. Quote unquote, it's an Avengers movie. Come on, Avengers two point five. Yeah, Iron Iron Man's had a bad one. Thor's had a bad one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could it could go wrong. I was I was honestly quite skeptical, and how they were going to bring the whole kind of like superhero registration act thing in, which for those of you who don't know from the comics, it was a government requirement for all the superheroes to register themselves because they're essentially weapons of mass destruction. (laughs) Essentially, and they, they blow they, up some kids, don't they? Yeah, yeah. One of the can't remember. It's one of the people that is not in the MCU, which is yes. where I was a bit confused about where they were going to go. And they turn it into the whole Scarlet Witch thing and blah blah yeah. blah and blah 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 blah. The way they handle this, I think, is spectacular. Mm. I think it's really, really well done. Bringing in Daniel Brawl is so fucking Daniel fucking Daniel Brawl. fucking Brawl is so fucking good. <laughs> Talk about good fucking villains in the MCU. He's one yeah. of the best. Zemo is amazing. Dancing mm. away. Dancing <laughs> away. Oh, God. Not, not so keen what they did on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm. But he's right. In this movie, he kind of wins and achieves his goal of like getting the Avengers to fight against each other and mm. tying he- back into the whole Winter Soldier thing of like Tony Stark's distrust of Winter Soldier and sowing those seeds of distrust mm. and stuff. It plays so well with what we know about these characters already, we know that Bucky has got this troubled past. He is not, you know, an innocent man, for want of a better phrase. We know Tony Stark has a troubled past and is, again, not an innocent man. He's a weapons dealer, all this kind of stuff. You then deal with everything coming together and then fucking Spider-Man shows up. You're like, oh, hold on, what the fuck yeah. is this? I remember that reveal in the trailer. <clears throat> Underoos and then just... Hey guys, what's up? I'm like, he's got Captain America, the Spider-Man, a Captain America shield. What the fuck is that? They're yeah. not doing, he's not even a solo. He's in a Captain America movie. What the fuck is this? He's like, this is what you're doing with. And also, this was when they'd already publicly announced, oh, by the way, Black Panther's showing up in this movie. Yes. It, was, it wasn't just like, this is a cat movie. It's like, this is a Marvel film. What you want is here. We're introducing, fuck, yeah. cat, we're introducing Black Panther and Spider-Man 
with no origin stories, no like, oh, we're set up, we'll take three mm. films to set them up before, and then we'll join the Avengers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They are straight fucking in. Somehow it works. It's yeah, you, great. You think, it's great. Um, you, you think things like, like Avengers was a hard thing to accomplish. It's like, this was probably another one of those moments like, I can't believe you did it. And again, yeah. me going like, oh, Ultron kind of stumbled. Oh, I didn't personally get on with Ant-Man very well. It's like, you pulled it back. Yeah. Like a mu- and I've said this before many times. 2016 is a year for films. Fuck me. Hit, hit, hit every sort of way. Um, yeah, just spectacular. Yeah, from the Leipzig airport battle, which is obviously the, the big kind of Avengers versus Avengers clash. Yeah. And then going through to the final moments with Cap versus... Iron Man just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, it's a and quietly intimate moment at the end is, of this movie yeah, rather than yeah, the, big, yeah. the big thing that we've expected, the big CGI show. I mean, it's that, still a big CGI showdown, but it's not the same thing. That's, that's why I like that moment. It's, it, it's the moment that stands out to me in that movie, the one I kind of think of straight away when I think of Civil War, is those final moments between the two of them. They still don't agree. Mm. There is never a yeah. moment where they're like, okay, fine, I get it. You win, I see your point. Mm. Tony Stark is like, you've won. I I don't agree with you, but you've won. You, mm. Kill me now, like. And Cap has that moment. He the John Walker type thing. We we then oh, touch yeah. on in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Position, yeah. Yeah, he's gonna fucking chop his head off with with the shield and stuff like that. Yeah. He could go down that dark path and to corrupt the incorruptible Captain America. How far is Captain America willing to go to protect the freedoms that he think is correct? going against governments and stuff like that. Mm, yeah. That's such an interesting conundrum for the Captain America, you know, mm. standing up for truth, justice in the American way mm. and mm. believing in government and all this mm. kind of stuff. But he's been betrayed. He yeah. knows that the corporations and the companies mm. and the governments he's worked for are full of fucking Nazis <laughs> and have been full yeah. of Nazis mm. for decades. So he's learned not to trust anybody. Yeah. And sowing those seeds all the way through Civil War, sorry, through Winter mm. Soldier, coming into Civil War, Sets this up perfectly, and somehow they did it. I didn't believe it, like I said, when it was kind of announced and yeah, set up and stuff, yeah. but I think they hit it out of the park. I absolutely adore Civil War. Because mm. I, I think that's the, the thing that that film does so well, because it's kind of a classic Cap story, as lo- pretty much as long as people have been writing Captain America stories, post, yeah. post being frozen in the war kind of stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but he's not punching Hitler in the face. Yeah. They've talked about the disconnect between him and what he stands for versus the government. And you've had great stories like the Secret Empire, mm-hmm. the Mark Greenwald stuff, where, where which brings in John Walker, that was, you know, Serpent Society and all that kind of stuff that the, the Falcon and Winter Soldier drew heavily on with yeah. Power Broker and uh, the Flag Smashers and all, all that kind of stuff draws yeah, heavily yeah. on that period. They're both times when it's times when Captain America's essentially given up being Captain America because he's like, well, the government essentially owns the copyright on it and I no longer agree with them. So I'm just going to go off and do good by myself. And, you know, yes. eventually, eventually they'll come back around because I'm mm. fucking right. <laughs> um, the problem with the civil, one of the problems with the Civil War comics is that you put Iron Man in opposition to the character who is always morally correct. Yes. And so people, it, no matter how well-reasoned the argument is for registration people are always going to go yeah but it's captain it's america is the yeah. on the other side so he's clearly in the right mm-hmm. and the comics did a very poor job of explaining tony starks there's actually a, a kind of a spin-off 
one-shot issue uh, of Civil War where mm-hmm. it's Cap and Tony getting together halfway through the event and basically being like, let's hash this out. Let's try and stop any more people dying. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's them actually having a conversation and it's quite like continuity heavy because they're talking about stuff that's happened in history. Mm. And Tony being like, you know, I was like the, I was the state... Uh, I worked for the like the State Department or as the D- Secretary of Defense or something. Yeah, yes, yeah, I, yeah. Department like, of Defense. I've I've seen the fucking Sentinel programs that the government has set away just in case mutants become too much of a threat. Mm. Like, and they will do this exactly the same to us if we don't uh, listen to this. And then Cap comes back with other stuff, and it draws on the history of the characters. And it's Cap is like, we we will be the Sentinels if yeah. we're not careful. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. It, yeah articulates both of their arguments really well and you come away going oh yeah they've both got really good points unfortunately that wasn't in the comic series nope nope one that not few people bought uh yeah civil war the film does a much better job of making tony stark seem reasonable and ties it back to age of ultron we're talking about the sokovia accords and all that bollocks and and you get the justification of like this is coming and we can either be on the inside or the outside of it you know, and and again, they both have good arguments, and it does a better job of articulating them, which is so mm. essential, especially when you're going to have Captain America be one of the ones making the argument, and everyone knows yeah. Cap's in the right. And that's why I like that. That argument is one when Cap says this is wrong because I've been through the Winter Soldier stuff, mm. as in as in mm. the film mm. Winter Soldier. Uh, and oversight isn't a thing we do. We operate outside of that, and it's like, well, we mean kept, mm. kept in check, etc., etc., etc. However, it boils down to something much simpler. He's my friend. I don't yes. care. He killed my mum. Yes, and that is a much more relatable. I was thing. your friend once yeah. too. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, that moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, was the, I. Yeah, yeah oh. because I think that was my worry. Certainly going into Civil War is mm. like, but isn't this going to wash aside all the Bucky stuff? Mm-hmm. Like they've set that up to that. That is a. It's it's um that's the arc the three film arc is about Bucky <laughs> kind yeah, of to yeah, a yeah pretty much degree. as much you as know. we all understand he's really into Carter yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah um you know and it's it's this is this is the film where you have to deal with him trying to redeem Bucky like what 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 is going to be the status quo yeah. like what is he willing to sacrifice and they the fact that they managed to tie those two plot lines together pretty fucking well. They do. Um is is very clever of them. As well as introducing Black Panther and highlighting how he is kind of both of them. Yes. Yeah. But better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he under he sees through the plan, yeah. finds out, you know, finds Brawl mm. and still is like, you will face prison for this you will face yeah. justice for this because i have been personally wronged it's like i don't care he's my father is dead yeah but also i'm a statesman i'm ahead of i'm behind these things i'm you know all this stuff at the same time so yeah it's and then on top of all that oh by the way here's a spider-man it's it's insane how that thing i don't think that film gets enough credit it's 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 crazy uh so chronologically that bounces us to tim Hello. Speaking of underoos. Mm. I love Spider-Man Homecoming. So I... <sighs> the answer is I do too, Tim. Um, <laughs> Don't go for that. But I'm also fascinated because every time a Spider-Man comes along, there's a... Just a 
fucking wedge of fans who are like, well, I'm not going to like it. Why are you not going to like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man? Organic web shooters. Fair <laughs> enough, it's a bit stupid. I get it, but it's a different version. No. <laughs> and then it's like, it's the best Spider-Man ever. Yeah, I agree. What about this new one? I don't like Andrew Garfield. Why not? He's too cool. Fair enough, I agree with you. He, yeah, he's he's too cool as, as Peter Parker. He's a good Spider-Man. When he's Spider-Man not Pe- I, I get that. I get that. That's fair. That's fair. Don't like this little boy. <laughs> Why don't you like Tom Holland? He's not Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield. Like, <laughs> do you want both of them as well? I want no. them all in the film. You know, I hate um, half of them. It's like, well, what do you want, <laughs> you fucking clowns? And I think Homecoming is really fucking fun. Mm. I actually love Tom Holland as Spider Man. Yeah, mm, I think he is Spider Man yeah, so. at this the, point. Yeah, yeah. The, the moment when I knew. When they were talking about the casting for Civil War, obviously, because that's when it first comes in. Mm-hmm. The moment when I was like, this is, he's going to be good, is when they announced who it was. And I was like, oh. And then reading through his previous stuff, he's like, he was Billy Elliot in the West End. Yep. I was like, oh, he's a dancer. He's going to be a great fucking Spider Man. Yep. Um, yep. He's doing all the flips and the jumps yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Um, I think he's so great. He, he perfectly captures to me. Peter Parker and Spider-Man. He's the, the first one who's mm-hmm. got both of them really right. And the idea that there's, even though he's fundamentally the same character, the same person all the time, there's different aspects that he's more comfortable with when he's got the mask on and stuff like that. Yep, yep. I think there's criticism, the, the, the fact that they tie him so heavily to, to Iron Man. Tony to Stark criticism. is kind of his Uncle Ben yeah, in this universe, of. which is a bit sure. weird. Yeah, but basically they basically mention Ben like once, and then it's yeah. like, yeah. "Oh, sorry, Mister Stark. Oh, hey, Mister Stark. Yeah. I do everything for Mister Stark." It's like, yeah, okay, but in great. the universe, Tony Stark is the biggest fucking yeah. thing. Yeah, and to have yeah. that guy as a mentor, be like, "That's amazing. I'm yeah. a scientist too. Yeah, I'm something of a scientist myself." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I I mentioned how. Like I feel like the Spider-Man films should be smaller scale. Like this one, yeah, yeah, it works at about the right scale. Like the fact that it's people it's, nicking shit, it's people nicking shit and an arms dealer and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and the people, the, people the, including Donald Glover Donald as Glover. the Prowler, by yeah. the way, oh, um, Miles Morales' fucking uncle, it's Uncle Aaron, <laughs> baby. Um, the section where it's just him going around Queens catching bike thieves and giving yes directions to women and stuff yeah. like that is so perfect. Um, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man shit, he's, man. It's yeah. friendly neighborhood Spider-Man shit. They, they have him lift the heavy thing. They do um, the thing. We they do the, the thing. thing where he lifts the, the stuff. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that his own moment, reflection. The moment, yeah, when, when he's so, and he's just, he's sobbing and he's saying to himself, come on, Spider-Man. And Because yeah. oh, he's a little boy. Because he's a little boy. And it's, ah. <laughs> oh, Perfect. He's not Nathan Drake. He's a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> he's just um, a little boy. Again, it's, it's he's a grown ass man. Yeah, yeah. It's the whole. It's. I think it's a moment in the, in the, in the teaser or the trailer, mm. one of the trailers for Far From Home, where mm. uh, Melina first takes the mask off, and he's he's like, you know, you're not the Peter no, Parker. Right? No, no way. No way home. No way. Sorry, it's not Far From Home. No way home. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, no way home. And um, it's like. It's that, oh my God, I almost clapped hands with the 10-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tobey Maguire looks like a 30-year-old man. The, yeah. the last time I saw Peter Parker, he was like 50 or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, 30, 50, yeah. something. And Garfield's yeah. definitely 30. He was also a teenage, a high school 30-year-old. I don't know. Yeah. So not you, kid. You. Yeah. Uh, it has one of the best villainous moments in the MCU. The car ride. Yes. Oh, the car ride is so good. I, he's got a fucking gun. He's going to murder a yeah. teenager in front of a school. He's going to shoot that little boy. And, and, and the, 
Setting up that moment. glad when your old pal Spider-Man showed up. Oh, <laughs> so good. Michael Keaton is so fucking good mm, as Adrian Toomes. Toomes is just yeah. a brilliant choice of villain. That moment with the gun, uh, I've been listening to the Kind of Funny podcast because they're doing a rewatch of the Spider-Man sure. stuff leading up to No Way Home. And they talk about that moment. It's like, I need to watch this scene again because it's just so good. He's going to... Like, we don't really see... I touched on it earlier, like, with Winter Soldier stuff. Like, you have guns happening, mm. but nobody really gets shot. Mm. And it's all, like, big Chitauri purple yeah. explosions and green yeah. stuff and yeah. people no shrinking and stuff. There's no actual, they've, like, they've proper violence away from stuff. Cap shooting guys, which he does a lot in First Avengers. Well, and, too. and also in Avengers. Yeah. Some yeah. dudes with a machine gun in that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They move away from that kind of violence, and then suddenly... A person has a gun and Spider-Man is in a car. And you're mm. like, Spider-Man could probably still win, but that's a fucking gun. Mm. Like, he he's bulletproof. He's, he's <laughs> no. not whipping out superpowers or some yeah. mystical, like, oh, I've got yeah, this He's just going to murk this got teenager. This big, this big laser gun or something. You're like, yeah, well, I mean, that looks a bit silly. It's just a fucking Glock in his glove compartment. He's just yeah. ready to murder it a kid. It feels very different, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It suddenly it, gets mm. really real and grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did not, when I was watching it in the cinema, I did not see the twist coming no, out. It's such a when he opens the door. twist. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fucking course, he's, he's Liz's dad. It makes so much sense. I watched it with Emma in the cinema, mm. and she had an audible gasp at that <laughs> moment. And I was like, I've got you, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. She's in. <laughs> which, which again... It's it's clever because it's playing into race expectation. Yeah. We're like, well, no, he's white. <laughs> it could be, like, oh no, mixed race. Oh no, I, and he's like, I'm a racist. No, no. And it's like, yeah, that, that's how families work. You fucking mm. psycho. It's like, yeah, but yeah. again, it's not just that. Obviously, it, mm. it's, it's a rug pull, but it's like, mm. no, we wanted you to yeah. not make that connection. That's the whole point. And I also love because people talk about, oh, you know, like, oh, it's it's. <laughs> the, the the film essentially positions you on the the side of the large corporate CEO fighting against the blue collar worker mm. uh, who's the bad guy. But the thing is, is that if you watch that film, Vulture's rich as shit. Mm-hmm. If you look at his his house, his house yeah. is like grotesquely wealthy. He's not actually the little guy. No, no, he's posing as a little he's guy to posing, exploit the little guy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which he's is claiming to be blue collar. Mm-hmm. Which That's is... a 2016 villain all over. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, who else could they be alluding to in 2016? <laughs> <laughs> claiming to be like yeah. a man of the people, but is actually a millionaire. To be fair, yeah. too Don't many of them. To be fair, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, one particular one. But yeah, I, 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 I think it's, it's it's a lot of fun. It it showed he that yeah. when he's introduced in Civil War. It was it was great promise and homecoming was it delivering on that promise as yep, a character. Yeah. Agreed. It, it's the kind of thing where you see him like and again it's the like you see the um audition tapes where he's like doing the whole uh hey kids, you're you're okay. Where are you from? Queens. <laughs> Brooklyn. And it's just oh just little bits like that. Yeah. But and then you can see the 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 dynamic between the two actors, and it's like, God, he's he's good, get that kid. But more importantly, it reminds you that after the dourness of Civil War, still a f- and this is the thing that comics don't really have much of. It's still a film you can take like a ten-year-old to and say, "We're gonna have a really fun time with this," mm. and also that boy might get shot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great. And again, you, you're like you know, it's maybe a good segue. Jack's film, my god, what a great fucking villain. Tim's film, great fucking villain. My highlight, 
talk about one of the best fucking villains. Um, my highlight for this entire phase is Avengers: Infinity War. Mm. It's 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 one of those amazing. I mean, I, okay, way 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 back when, when we did the second Pirates of the Caribbean film, and I said there's a lot to defend about it because it hasn't been betrayed by the third film yet because it's a two-parter. So at this point, yeah, certain things don't marry up, but you know it's going to come in the next thing. Sure, fair enough. Infinity War is that perfect example of this might be arguably one of the best, if not the best, MCU movies. Uh, and it's like, But it's half a story. It's like, it doesn't matter. It did another one of those, oh my God, you did it. You, you fucking crazy bastards, you did it. <laughs> it took this character they've been talking about for the best part of eight fucking years or whatever it was, with that had become a point of parody. Like, yeah, he's sitting on the throne and he gets off the throne and he yeah. puts his hand in a glove and I'll do it myself. And he did, yeah, okay, he smiles yeah. in the back. He gets as to the point. As a go at Lee Pace. <laughs> yeah. We've all the stars in your blood. That kind of shit. You're like, yeah, great. He's, he's good. But then they deliver and my fuck, it doesn't stop. It, 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 does, a, it does a bit of an empire. It just keeps as an Empire Strikes Back, it keeps going. We know what you meant by Empire. I know, just in case. So <laughs> I thought he was talking about the series about hip hop. Yeah, ah. yeah. Um, it uh, it opens, and I remember a woman near me crying, and I was <laughs> like, "You better strap in, lady." <laughs> um, it opens with, and I've got to admit, at the time I was like, "Bullshit, we'll see." Because Loki never fucking dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone in comics, no one ever dies, but in films, you have to die because of actors and disputes and so on and so forth. Mm. But Hiddleston ain't never going to fucking leave that yeah. role. Heimdall's dead, though. Heimdall's dead. Idris Elba has that stuff to do. Real quickly. Yeah. 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 No, but the thing is, it does race over like dead, dead, dead. And it does like no more regenerations or resurrection, sorry. Yeah. And it's a brutal thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We've seen it already. And it's kind and of. After what they've just put Thor through in Ragnarok. Yeah. Exactly. And they're like, ah, oh, finally, we're now on a space refugees. We've got, yeah, we've got the, the last remnants, but there's, there's still hope. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Oh, no. Uh, final exactly. shot with the giant ship. Oh, like, yeah, oh just no. It. Yeah. And then Hulk turns to me like, fuck yes. And Hulk Hulk's going to do handed. Some, yeah. Yeah. He gets handed to him. He's like, oh, God. And it's like, it sets the tone immediately. Like, this is going to go very badly. And then Ruffalo's on Earth, and you're like, Oh, a bit of like comic moments. Oh no, no, we haven't got time for like comics. Mm. Shit, shit, shit. And like, oh, you know, Peter's on a fucking field trip, whatever it is. Mm. All, all this stuff. It just keeps going and going. And finally, we get the crossover of cosmic and street, mm. uh, uh, streets. The Guardians stuff. meet the Avengers, and oh, it's so Doctor good. Strange yeah. meets Spider-Man. It's all. <laughs> and you have the dark. He's ridiculous. here to steal a necklace from a wizard. Yes, exactly. You get, you get, <laughs> yeah, you get you get like that level of ridiculous comedy. You get the. You, you were a dude. This is a man. Um, it's like, I'm, 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 I'm like, Quill, are you changing your voice? Um, every, everything about it is just like, th these things are now merging perfectly. And it's like, we know, it's, it's, again, it's Avenge, the first Avengers film in 2012, times 100 kind of things. So you're juggling so many plot points. And you look at it and think, yes, this plan is going to work. You get like the Stormbreaker is formed. Bring me Thanos! The, oh. Having the handle of Stormbreaker be Groot, Groot Wood oh. yes. is some Marvel Comics bullshit and I'm yes. here for it. Yeah, it exactly. It's like, yes, this is so 
stupid. I love it. <laughs> and it's the, you know, hey, can I have that arm? No, I'm going to get that arm. I'm going to get that yeah. arm. And then the cast is like, why is she in the back? You know, with like, you know, yeah. Scarlet Witch and stuff. Fair point. Should have been Scarlet Witch Should guarding Shuri. Damn yep. right. Yep. All this shit. All this is going on. And you think to yourself, you know, dumbass fucking Quill. Couldn't just leave it. And then, then well, let's face it, God, fucking Chris Star Pratt. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so you get this whole point, like, it's building, it's building, it's building, it's mm. building. And then it's robbed from you. And the bad guy wins. And everything's like, it's, it, it's the snap. Because again, you, it, it's the Chekhov's gun. You talk about it, you have to show it. Mm. I was like, I think I and going, going in as a comic book fan, yeah. I was like, that's the last shot. It's got to be the last shot. It's got to be it. It's going to end with, a, it's gotta, they're going to have the snap. Yep. Oh my God, they're going to do the snap. And they tease it a couple of times leading up to it. It's like, mm. oh, it's so good. So Building that tension is so good. Fucking but, Cap holding back the fist. No. Yeah. And it blows his hand. It's, it's, it's the thing where he follows his brow slightly, like, oh, yeah. and he just bops him with the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, i got two hands. <laughs> but it's the fact that everyone who has succeeded, I mean, yeah, you got obviously the whole like Hulk refusing to come out and you got the mm. fucking floaty head of Mark Ruffalo, but don't worry about the Jeff now. <laughs> yeah. And the lying to you trailers as well. Mm. Doesn't oh, matter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because in the moment the snap happens, there's stillness. Yeah. Like, it's like that, that through the trees. And then, and you're like, okay, well, you know, the OG guys are going out. You know, Cap and uh, Iron Man. It's going to be brutal, but it's, it's coming. And then Black Panther dies. You know, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> hold on, hold on. That's not how this works. We know Black Panther 2 has been announced. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. How's this going to work? That's not going to work. And then literally the Guardians go and it's like, oh shit. Oh shit. Mm -hmm. And then Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And that it, one being it, just... It hurts Mr. Stark. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Mr. Stark. Oh, He's just a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> he is 25 years old. <laughs> I mean, he looks like... Not at that, not that point. No, no, but, yeah. you know, you're right. And it's, it's such a weird moment. And the thing is, everyone looks around, Sam goes, everything's like... And, and it just becomes... What happened? Oh, my God. And the film stops. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the... the oh, I mean, again, it's a part one... I know in Infinity Gauntlet in the in the fucking comics, everyone comes back mm. effectively. I know this house is gonna yeah. work, but that room was like a funereal dirge. Yeah. Mm. Nobody knew what happened, and you had to wait a year. And it was like, what the fuck? Mm. Yeah. And it was also the whole you can't even talk about this now because if you talk about it online, it's gonna ruin things with people. Mm. You you shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, the, spo the spoileriness. I don't think I've experienced such hardcore. Fucking talk about this on Twitter. Yeah. Anybody says a fucking word. Any of you reviewers, You'll any of you press screening yeah. motherfuckers who say a goddamn word. And it, it kind of held it for about 10 days. It did decently because it, people knew it was going to be, yeah. that's a fucking no, Luke. I am your father. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, it was immense. And I think Infinity War still holds up so much. Endgame elevates everything, but Infinity War does everything it's supposed to do mm. magnificently. Yeah. Let's talk about some shit that doesn't work. <laughs> you may have noticed that I was quite quiet earlier during the discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yes. I you went um... for a poo, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't leave the sofa, but I did oh, go okay, for a good, poo. Good, yeah, um, yeah we're, we're still smelling it, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> All these leather sofas. Leather I, I, I am... I am agnostic when it comes to Guardians One. Ooh, Tim. Uh, Tim I, I went back and rewatched it not that long ago, uh, probably a couple of years now. But mm -hmm. I was like, 
I like this a lot less than I remember liking it. Interesting. Interesting. Fair, fair by the way. Entirely mm-hmm. fair. Guardians 2, I have not rewatched since I saw it in the cinema. But I pretty much actively dislike it. Now, here's the thing, Tim. If my pick wasn't the exact same one as Jack's, I'd mm. be on the exact same bench as yeah. you. <laughs> because I do not like Guardians 2. Yep. Um, again, I think it has moments. I like that Gunn has managed to hang in there as one of the more visually colourful and visually interesting directors. I would not have called yeah. it if you'd have been like, who's going to mm. be who's going to be the one that's like really like bright and colourful <laughs> and manages to stick in there? Like James Gunn, weird choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that film has so many flaws. Um, I know people go for it. I know some people who think it's their, who say it's their favorite film. It's the most emotionally complex and stuff. It's got a lot of daddy issues in there, which I'm every fucking superhero film, every bit of fiction produced by gonna, Western society. I was going to say every male hero yeah. for the last forever. Yeah. The yeah. entire body of work of Steven Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. I fucking, I stuck through all six seasons of Lost. I'm done with daddy issues. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think <clears throat> tonally it really is all over the place. I think it throws out characterization in favor of jokes, and the jokes aren't even good. 100%. I think um, this is the cardinal example of what we touched on earlier, mm-hmm. where Marvel must have jokes, mm-hmm, and it yeah. gets in the way of important dramatic moments. Mm-hmm. There are moments. The big reveal mm. of Ego, Kurt Russell, being Star-Lord's dad, mm. having killed his fucking mum, mm. which is the whole thing of the first movie mm. and his driving mm. factor. As mentioned about such a high emotional mm. point. Is then Kevin Bacon joke. Yeah. Like, the fuck are you doing? Let mm. this moment linger. Let them have this emotional father and son moment. Mm. If you're building to emotional father and son moments, don't undo it with a fucking gag for no reason. It's hassle like. What? Oh, sorry, it was Hasselhoff, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was yeah. Same, same yeah. principle, isn't it? Same yeah. thing. Yeah. They, 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 they made a Kevin Bacon joke in the first part. That's the same <sighs> idea. And fucking Pac-Man. Yeah. Um, it, it... God, yeah, the final fight. Yeah, he turns into Pac-Man. Fucking hell. There's so many scenes in this film of characters laughing at their own jokes. And I'm just <laughs> like, what Which is... I'm fine with one or two of them doing that. Yeah, Rocket Brooke, does that and it works. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it, you're right. It's, it's I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at myself. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. It's you were you were nailed it, Tim. It's caricature over character. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think like James Gunn has said, like, oh, he loves the relationship between Gamora and Nebula. Um, and I like that that gets more work in this film, but it doesn't get enough work. Um, it's not until Endgame that it really feels like actually yeah. needs anything. Um, yep. I. The weird, weird complaint about the, the the Guardians films that I have that kind of, it starts off in the first film, but it's more egregious here. I have no idea how strong is Gamora, how strong is uh, Drax. Mm, good questions. Because it goes all over the place, yeah. and I have no idea what I'm meant to think. Drax at points is like incredibly powerful, and then just a bloke with a couple of a knives. bloke with some knives, yeah. 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 Uh, and the same with Gamora, and I'm yeah, I'm like what. Yeah, I, I. Are they cap level strong, like super yeah. strong? Are they Thor level, cap cosmic yeah. strong? What are they? Is Drax Hulk or is he just a big bloke? Yeah. yeah. Um, it goes back to the first film, like I say, because, like, 
how is uh, I I quite like the the action scene where it's uh Quill, Gamora and Rocket and Groot meeting for the first time. I think it has some fun beats in oh, it. Oh, the, the chase on the planet yeah. and uh, trying yeah. to arrest each other Fighting and stuff over like the that. orb, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. also, like, when you consider where Gamora comes from and what her backstory is and, like, who she's meant to be, how the fuck does she not kill those three guys? <laughs> because yeah. she's the daughter yeah. of Thanos. Um, the, Which it, we know by this yeah. point. Yes, like, yeah. 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 Um, so... Yeah, it just it's it's again. I haven't gone back and rewatched it. Who knows? Maybe I it would grow on me a little bit the second time around. But I find it so. To me, it's James got it's James Gunn getting a little bit indulgent. Oh, and yeah, it's him yeah. indulging his worst his worst instincts. Um, I, I've got to be honest with you. When when Groot comes back mm. as a little shrub at the end of. Guardians 1, great. Mm. I didn't want to see a baby Groot. No. I didn't mind it for like a flashback. I didn't Mm. even want to see teen Groot. Mm. I want to see Groot again. And I know that's not how it works, how trees Mm. and blah, 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 blah. Mm. But it it became like a, we're going to do a thing. Mm. This is the thing. And the Ravagers become really, I don't know, they're supposed to be mean asshole space pirates. Mm. I get it. But it's like, they're kind of too mean and too dark. And bits don't work tonally, and there's a whip, bit of whiplash because you've got mm. bits back and back forth. All, all the stuff with the, I can't remember what they call them, the golden people. Elizabeth DeBecky. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all that stuff. And I, know Browder, yeah. I know they're trying to set up Adam Warlock for the third film. Yes. But yes. like, there's so much wasted oxygen of those characters in the film. And it comes down to just like... They're just a thing. Rocket stole our batteries. Like, what yeah. are the, it, there's so much that's poorly explained or just feels half-baked. Yeah, I think it's to me it's a real flaw. Um yeah, yeah. and and I think I remember coming out of that film thinking that was fine, a bit annoying but fine. Yeah. I don't again, I was so surprised because again, you have to remember when this was coming out in the flow of things. Mm. Um you've got get this is right in my head for a second. Um Guardians 2 came out after Civil War and Doctor Strange. Mm. So you have all this well building something that's like okay forward mm. forward forward momentum momentum yeah. let's keep going let's go. the next thing after that was going to be um, Spider-Man mm. you were going to get some new stuff forward 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 yeah. first let's do a Guardians film okay you know where are they up to yeah, yeah. let's do a Guardians film set three or four five years ago it's like yes uh, set like oh. two weeks after the events of the first one yeah, yeah the what? timeline Which... in these films gets pretty messy yeah, yeah. as soon I... as the snap happens and you have a very definitive like point in time, you have Avengers happened, and the the incident happened with the New York stuff. Mm. New York and the incident. I never actually <laughs> say that. And the snap. There's a very clear time. They even fuck it up in Homecoming because he says like, "I've been doing this crap for eight years." Mm. Like, so is it twenty? Is it twenty twenty now? Like when <laughs> yeah. is? But this is twenty six. So wait, wh- when when was this supposed to be happening? Like they fuck up their own mm. timeline. So. Mm. What a weird decision to bring this, essentially prequeling the rest of the other stuff that we've already seen in some weird. Mm. Oh yeah, and it feels choice. like they're doing that because they want to maintain Quill and Gamora as an early stage relationship, and not mm. and not and, and not even that, like just a flirtation. Hundred percent. Um, but then it, then I feel like they don't really do enough with that. Um, no, and the thing is, 
the 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 we know that the events that are being shown to us have been eclipsed by what's happened in the rest of the universe. So we know it's not going to be like, oh, and join us for the next time we see them. No, no, the next time we see them is going to be moved on. We're going to have years of development that we don't have anymore. Yeah. Which again, a lot of people moaned about with like The Last Jedi for argument's sake. Although, I, you know, that's different because there's only one thing going on at that time yeah. in the Star Wars universe. So what you end up with is like, but none of this is going to matter. It's like, oh no, because we want to see that, you know, before their relationship. But when we see them next, they'll be in a relationship. Yeah. And when we at see some them... point, you're going to have to have a jump forward. Yeah. So it turns out it was the fucking five post-credit sequences. Yeah. 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 That was. <laughs> I left that. For... I. I was like, okay, I've got to three. That'll be it. Two more after that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it. It's so bloated. So like you say, so much. Like there's so much stuff with the ravagers. There's so much, which I get because you're like, okay, well we're doing a story about dad, so we want to set up <laughs> Yondu as like the alternative. Like he's your real daddy kind of thing. Which means we've got to deal more with the rabbit. Yeah, there's. Yeah. It, yeah, it's all over the place. I feel like it's very, in a way, it's very similar to Age of Ultron. Sure, sure. It's, there's a lot of bloat. There's a lot of excess there that could be cut out and you could have mm. a much simpler, cleaner story. And there's a lot of stuff that works. There's a lot of stuff that I, I moments I can think of, specific moments. Mm. I'm like, that was fun. I like that. I like that bit. Mm. But knowing that the entire universe is, it's, again, it's the whole. Edgar Wright Ant-Man thing mm. where it's like we're all doing something else it's like can you catch up with us mm. well, I kind of want to finish my story it's like with what well okay I, I need a reason that Quill is suddenly no longer powered mm. it's like well, what do you mean well he held an infinity stone in his hand right mm. yes we've got to stop that he has to go back to being a normal person but, I mean at that point all, he do all he'd done is that it's not like he was whizzing around in space doing no. stuff you could just be like, yeah, he he can survive that thing, but but he with the power of friendship, with a, yeah, shoot him with a gun, he's still gonna die. It's just See, that this, particular. This, yeah, this is the frustration because I, I mentioned that point specifically because I had to remind myself, like, oh yeah, Quill's just a guy now, or, or you know, a, yeah. a, a, a sort of powered, but not powered being in that mm. sense. Um, and again, it doesn't push things forward. And that's the, I think again, that's why I, I was mm. very much going to be bringing this one up as well, but obviously didn't. Um. It's a really frustrating release for me because if we talk about, you know, the urgency, the necessity, what story are you telling to push us on before we see them next in Infinity War? Mm. And the truth is, if I really think about it, by the time they turn up in Infinity War, the only thing we've added is Mantis. Yeah. And Groot is now a teenager, which yeah. I would have guessed anyway. Yeah. So, I, have, yeah. I have no problem with James Gunn being like, actually, I've got a story in mind I want to tell. I'm going to keep doing that. I, uh, we're still we're still separate enough in the universe that I don't have to be worry about connecting with the rest of the MCU that much. Yeah. But in that case, it should be a better story than Guardians 2 yep. is. Yeah, fair, fair. Anyway, who's but next? It's uh, us. It's it's Jack and me. Ah, of course. Hello, it's us. I've already bitched about uh the first installment. Yeah, let's let's pass it to you. I fell asleep during this movie. Oh, wow. It's boring as fuck. The villain's not interesting. They don't do anything interesting developing the two lead characters, as we hinted at in the first one. Mm. If you haven't already picked up on it. I'm talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. I thought this might be a good correction. I thought, great, Evangeline Lily's Wasp, get straight into it. Peyton Reed, do, what you're, do your own thing. Don't worry about being anchored to another script. I like the one bit where Scott Lang's thing doesn't work and he has to run through this fucking school in a hoodie. 
ding, 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 ding. It's like, I was like, <laughs> that's funny. Midi, midi version of the score. Yeah. yeah. Was like, yeah. That was like, yeah, that's good. But the rest of it, I was like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Yep. Cool de-aging tech, but I don't care. Yeah, agreed. I think the, the whole villain, like the ghost thing, just, I just don't get. Kind of so... thing. Yeah, yeah. I the real bad guy in that one. I can't remember. Why can't I remember? Walton, Walton Goggins. I mean, it doesn't have oh, a Jesus. real bad guy. That's the whole no, point. Yeah. It's, again, it's this fucking trying to avoid the puns here. It's a smaller scale story. Yeah. You know? Um. And it's I don't miscommunication. Yeah, which I don't mind. Like I, I, I'm. Again, I haven't watched it since the cinema. I, I didn't mind it. I think elements hold up. I think mm. much like as I said before. These are not bad movies. They are functional. They are entertaining to a degree, even at the worst points. They, the problem is they have big shoes and big shadows, and they're very much always present. So even if you get one that's like, ah, if it was just a standalone film, there was no Marvel stuff attached, you go, that was a lot of fun. I, I rather enjoyed that. That was a bit different. But we've seen Paul Rudd being Ant-Man and being cool as fuck. We want to see the Wasp be badass. We want to see a villain that will go toe-to-toe with them after the disappointment of Corey Stoller's yellow jacket. And we get this cool idea, but it's not enough. We also got a load of continuity things about Michelle Pfeiffer. And uh, it's, 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 it's a thoroughly disappointing film, in all honesty. Yep. I think Lawrence Fishburne is like, a bit weird in this film. I keep forgetting he's in it. Same, yeah. It's a weird thing, like the reveal of the ghost and her dad and that whole thing. I'm like, why are any of you here? Why does this matter? Like, why are we dealing with this shit? We've seen, as you said, we've seen Ant-Man do stuff with the Avengers and he does the like, hey, I know the Avengers. I know Captain Mm -hmm. America. You can't mess with me kind of stuff. And that works because that's kind of that version of Scott is like, He's gone from the low-level criminal to the in the big leagues, essentially dealing with yeah. cosmic <laughs> characters and shit like yeah. that. But there's no, like you said, there's no real motivation for the villains, and it's the whole. Can you just have a conversation about this? Yeah. I'll probably solve all of these problems. Walton Goggins was there, as you said, Tim. It's like I guess he's stealing the tech cool mm. like that's basically the same as the first one and the rival tech guy and cross try like stealing the pim particles and doing his whole thing it's like right i guess you could do something interesting in the quantum world like they don't do that either they're probably going to get to that in quantum mania that's a Hopefully. whole other thing the way that called the quantum stuff is shot is really interesting oh and yeah, yeah, me yeah being definitely. you know a physics nerd i'm interested in all that kind of stuff but this film doesn't do anything interesting with it, so it's like, cool, okay, we're going to go and get Janet, I guess, and see what, <laughs> see what happens there. Yeah. And cool. you have to remember, and this is the key point here, this is coming up, so we'll close on this point. I mentioned about the Guardians thing, about how it was like, you're going back, we don't care, we're going forward. This is the prime example of that. This is the mm. worst offender. I just talked about the high point being Infinity War, leaving you on this strange, cryptic, just painful ending. Mm. And the next film was this Ant-Man movie. And you're like, mm. when's it set? Before the snap, obviously, because you know, no one's gone. It's like, mm. I don't care. 
I don't, I don't care. I mm. want to know what I know. I want to know what's happening with the heroes. I don't want a weird little journey with Ant Man. And then you know, you're waiting for the whole thing to build to the whole point. And then in the post credit sequence, you get the snap moment, right? It's yeah. Like, mm. Oh, well, great. Now here again, I th- th- this added nothing. This literally mm. added nothing. It's all to set up for him coming back and to to pave the way for the time heist, essentially. <laughs> yes, with with the rat. Yes. Yeah. Hero of the MCU, the rat. The rat. Um, mm. speaking, I I like Randall Park as Jimmy Woo. Me too. Oh well, yeah, that, that's of course. Yeah, <laughs> Randall Park's great, and, and he shines best in one division because that's also yeah. I I I, I think that's he learns great. how to do magic. Everybody. He learns he to do magic. magic. Um, Love it. As such, let's. I mean, because again, the other thing I was going to say about the the Infinity War thing in between Captain Marvel comes through. I'm like, okay, this is new. I know it's going back to the 90s, mm. but it feels like it's new and building something that's mm. different. But feels more consequential, right? Very much yeah. so. Yeah. But let's talk about some, uh, like, like, like the little rat. Let's talk about some fucking key players. Some here. heroes. Yeah. Who's the highlight? We have a different one every single time here. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mine's the rat. Goddamn. I can't argue that logic. Uh, nah. Unanimous decision Save on the, the universe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've already Bad touched rat. on mine, but Spider Man. Bringing this version that of Spider Man. A little boy. A beautiful little boy. Bringing this version of Peter Parker and Spider Man into the MCU. Honestly, wasn't sure how they were going to do it, but genuinely, I think between Homecoming, Civil War, I'm home, it's fine, it's good, that's right. I'm very interested to see where they're going with No Way Home now. Like I said, we haven't seen it at this point. We're recording this in December before the film comes out. Hopefully, it's good. It's it's possible by the time we get to part three, we'll have seen the uh, Spider-Man movie. Possibly, yeah, yeah, and we'll find we'll be able to then use that for our projections into the Maybe, future yeah, phases yeah. and stuff. But yeah. I think what they've done with, that we said, the casting is amazing, the characterization, his supporting cast. We didn't talk about Ned, how much I love Ned. Oh, he's Ned. a ripoff of Ganky from, from, yeah. my, from yeah, Miles' yeah. supporting cast. Yeah. And he's my favorite character in Miles' supporting cast in the Miles Morales comics mm. in Ultimate Spider-Man. Ganky is amazing. Ned and the way Jacob plays Ned is mm. fantastic. Obviously, Zendaya is MJ. Mm. Really interesting take on that character. I know a lot of people did not like it, and she's not a white person with red hair. <laughs> we did both did the same noise there for some reason. They all make that fucking yeah. noise. Um, but yeah, cushion. I really like her. Kind of just whatever, dude. I don't care. She's sardonic, cool, kid in school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, does that classic like? I'm a cool outsider. No, you're the hottest girl in school. I don't think you're... It's that classic... It takes the glasses off. And yeah. Yeah. Like, no. Oh my God, she's a model? Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think all of those actors are doing fantastic jobs. They seem to have some real genuine chemistry as well. And it seem like seeing them in interviews and stuff, they're having a laugh mm. and being friendly and all that kind of stuff. And Also, anyone yeah. you pair Spider-Man with, he works perfectly with. Yes. That's when you know you've got a character down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think this is a brilliant, this is the best cinematic Spider-Man we've seen. I think it's better than Garfield. I think it's better than Maguire. Really? A lot of people get angry. Spider-Verse. Oh, live, uh, action, live action. action. Yes. Obviously Spider-Verse. You are, you are, you are <laughs> Tim, correct. Tim, do you need to question me on that? <laughs> Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse is better than all of these films. But, but the, the question that's going to really break Jack is which version, which version of Spider-Man, the Spider-Verse, and he's like, no, 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 don't make me choose between Oscar <laughs> Isaac. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, live action Spider-Man, like Tom Holland, this version of Spider-Man is mm. the best and um, it has me excited to see No Way Home. So yeah. Yeah. Will we get an actually good Spider-Man trilogy? Will we get a third Spider-Man film? 
that is actually good. Is it possible? Can we do it? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, we've got Spi- bring in the guys who effectively ruined the other Spider-Man films. Yeah, you know we had too many villains in the last <laughs> Spider-Man three. How about too many Spider-Men <laughs> and too many villains? What could possibly go wrong? Or maybe we're wrong. Who knows? Mm, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Tim, I'll flip it over to you. Who's your favourite character from Phase Three? My pick is Anthony Russo's groundbreaking unnamed gay man. <gasps> uh, <laughs> oh, that guy that kisses the, mean, the scene that can't be cut out because it's it, you know absolutely important, vital to the plot, and therefore yep. is the best representation. God damn, you're right, Tim. Uh, no, um, my pick is slightly controversial, even to myself. Oh, hello. Because uh, I'm going for Thor. Is it because of his gigantic arms, Tim? <laughs> I, I fully understand why he's going for. Um, obviously, there was a lot of controversy once Endgame came out and the discussion around Fat Thor. You gave an entire film to uh, Iron Man dealing with his PTSD, but this yeah. one's like, man up, you fucker. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know, like he just looked like me, basically. With yeah. Longer hair and a bigger <laughs> beard. Um, and I think that there are unfortunate moments in that. I think that. I can see what they were trying to do, and I think Chris Hemsworth does his best to sell it. Mm. Um, but there are characters, there are characters who are, there are characters who are mean to him. Who I completely understand that that would be their reaction to him. Rocket Raccoon having no time for a traumatized oh, yeah. person makes absolute sense. Yeah, his mum having no time for him yeah. and saying like, "Eat a salad." Yeah. No. And also, it's punch up because it's like her her back is to the camera. Yeah. And it's like just that classical it's ADR. ADR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, oh yeah. no. Yeah. However, it, I think that the journey that, that Thor goes on from Ragnarok into Infinity War. God damn, yeah. It's so good. It's such a, like we talked about how great he is in comedy and he's great in Ragnarok doing the lighter stuff. Um, so fun. Him Pairing him up and, with Hulk is is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, they make, Both him with Hulk and him with Banner make fantastic like comedy double act. Mm. He's great with with Loki in that film. Um, and then the tragedy that they just kind of start loading on. I mean, they started loading on him in in Dark World. Yeah, and then they keep on adding to that. You that really are the worst, brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to get to the moment in Infinity War where he's having that conversation with Rocket. And he's like, well, I've lost all of this stuff. Like, what more can I lose, mm-hmm. yeah. really? And again, that's where the comedy kicks in perfectly with the undertelling. I've got more to lose. I, 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 can, I can lose. Yes. Yeah. But, it's the, the, but the, yeah, you got all the comedy, all the drama being mm-hmm. sold. And it's like, this guy's a talented actor. Yes, exactly. Um, and then, and then, and it works so well in the structure of that film because that's such a low moment for the character that leads him to then being like, okay, I, I'm going to make this weapon. If it kills me, I'm going to like take on this force of the sun and these yeah. huge epic feats that Thor should be doing. And then he arrives in Wakanda and you're like, yeah, he went through all that shit and he's here to save the day. He's going to kill Thanos. Look at him go. Oh, he brings the thunder down yeah. and he chops Thanos in the chair. He's here to save the day. Oh no, it's still fucked up. Yeah. Should have yeah. gone for the head. Yeah. That, um, that should have gone for the head moment. That is, that then, haunts Thor throughout mm. Endgame. Yeah. He's so good. And I think like, like yeah, that, that moment where he just chops fucking Thanos' head off. Yeah. yeah. Just out of nowhere, because he's mm. had enough. Thonk. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that really took me by surprise. I was yeah. like, oh, the, the, oh, oh, what the, happens now? Wow. I do love that moment. The bit I almost love more is when they first bust in and he cuts his arm off. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you're not going to get a fucking chance to click yeah, out. You can't here. snap now yeah. and just chops his fucking oh, hand yeah. off. Because we have questions first, but I am not giving you that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and that it's that, the regret and the pain that he's been through of like, mm. He feels the weight of everybody's death on his shoulders because mm. he should have gone for the head. It's survivor's the guilt. guilt. Yeah, yeah, survivor's guilt leaning on him. Like he knows he's one of the most powerful Avengers. He knows he's one of the most mm. powerful beings in the universe. He could mm. have stopped Thanos. Mm. Yeah. But he didn't go for the head. Mm. Yeah. That those words echoing in his mm. mind is just like mm. Yeah, that that moment really I, stuck out with me. And I think as for as much of a misstep as they do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with getting a bit of comedy out of the pathos of it and, and his, mm-hmm, his fall mm-hmm. into that. The thing that redeems it slightly, slightly for me is that they don't, when he transforms again at the A, he's still worthy. And that's a yes. great moment. When and he in his face, he's like, there. I am still worthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's and also, when it's the, 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 the start of the big fight at the end of yes. the game and he powers up again, they don't just slim him down. I, I, Entirely agree. He's still fat Thor. Yeah. He's just cool tidied up his beard a yes, bit and it's put braided. the armor back. Yeah, on. yeah, yes. I love it. Yeah, so good. Oh. Matt. Hey, a film we probably should have talked about more, but haven't. But let's. I'm gonna talk about a controversial pick. Fucking hell! Now I wrote one name down. I was like Black Panther, T'Challa. What a fucking entrance! What a fucking actor. Obviously, Chadwick Boseman. Fuck me. The late great Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. Still, I. Yeah. It's, hard, it's hard to deal with. I still, I still can't process yeah, it. Yeah, yeah same. it's horrifying. I mean, again, Black Panther was like, "This is my cap successor. This is my this is my guy." Um, however, I was thinking about it, and I made a different choice. The opposite choice, I might say. Someone say the wrong choice. Um, the other side of the coin. Yeah, Eric Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan, I think, other than Thanos, hands down, easily the most fascinating Marvel villain. And one who has had such an impact because Black Panther is an amazing fucking movie. It's still hold up. Mm. It's still great. I still really love what it does. It's really important for obvious reasons. Um, and to show, like, You've been hiding here this whole time and our people have been fucking suffering. Fuck you. And it's like, well, we, we could redeem this. Nah, I'd rather be dead. And it's like, this is, this is some really dark shit. And then, you, know, you see like dark brotherly stuff with like Thor and Loki. Loki, you really are the worst brother. Brother, put my hammer in your bum hole. Um, <laughs> fan fiction nonsense. <laughs> I don't remember that bit, man. <laughs> Nobody remembers that bit because I haven't published it yet. Anyway, anyway so, um, but then it's like these two cousins and it's that class. It's, it's almost that sort of, the, the story I've been watching since the 90s is like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's like, you've got one rich cousin and one poorer cousin and they're like kind of resenting each other. But you, if you don't have that strong familial connection, it grows really mm. resentful, really fucking fast. And Killmonger does that not only the whole I'm taken over 
Barney, that all that stuff, him turning mm. up, him being like, I'm hey, the real auntie. fucking yeah, <laughs> hey auntie. It, it's just so fucking good. Uh, on top of all that stuff, on top of the amazing direction through the Ryan Coogler stuff, on top of Killmonger just upsetting the natural order of things. Him in the in inverted commas British Museum. Oh yeah, so good. That scene is spectacular. And you I'm can't just, steal these things. Who'd you steal them yeah. from? Like, how do you think your ancestors? I just got think these? you got yeah. these. Yeah, and it's 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 not it's not just me. like being performatively like, oh, we should be you know bowing and scraping as white people. Like, no, 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 no. I understand how history works. Mm. I understand exactly that you know these things need to be addressed more, and people who need to fucking hear this. This needs to be in a Marvel film because it's not just. I've said this before about we'll talk about this when we get to Phase Four stuff later and uh, later parts. It's important that these things are said aloud in the biggest blockbusters going. Mm. It's not just look. I am the hero. It's like no, no, no. I'm also the villain. I, I, I'm aware of what the history is and all this sort of stuff. And Claw, Ulysses Claw is a, is a piece of shit, mm. but he's a pawn. And this guy is playing a fantastic game. For vengeance, for self righteousness, all these sorts of things, and he eventually loses. But rather than you know admitting defeat, rather than acknowledging things, he's like, no, 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 no. I, I have it. I, I know you, and we are family. Mm. But there's no connection here. Mm. There's, no, there's, you know, you are a as far away from me as someone like Tony fucking Stark. Mm. You know, in in a way like Cap, he is saying like. No, I believe I'm right, and I'd rather die than compromise my beliefs. Yeah, which is both really admirable and hideously wrong. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the only bad thing about Killmonger is that it started the what has become a pattern for Marvel, mm. where you have a character, the villain is like, I'm making. Uh, there is a tweet about it that's basically mm -hmm. like, I have all these uh, legitimate criticisms of society, but damn, I just love murder so much. <laughs> that is the, yeah, it's like, yeah. He, it's, it's, it's the same thing of all the things, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, where it's like, um, you know, here are the bad guys. Who are the bad guys? Is it the people who are, is it, is it the big monsters? No, 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 no. It's the eco-warriors who think that humans are destroying the earth. I fucking hate that movie. And it's like, uh, you sure? Sure. Who's the, who's the good guys? Well, the military. <sighs> sure, sure. Where's all the spending the, going? The, the status quo. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. that's not good. And it's, 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 as you say, it's like the, mm. the message is right. The delivery mm. of the message, or the, the, the messenger mm. is wrong mm. because they're bitter because they've lived it. Mm. But yeah, so that's my, that's my highlighted character. Again, it should be Black Panther. Of course mm. it should. But Killmonger definitely needs to be talked about. And they definitely shouldn't have killed him. Yeah, I'll be, I, I think an Elseworld thing. So. Yeah. That's part one. <laughs> yeah. A kind of, I mean, this is, I believe what this will end up being our longest episode. Yeah. Very likely be our longest episode. And if, it's if still not... been kind of a whistle-stop tour through the MCU. There's, <laughs> what, 28 films to talk about? We've missed so, yeah. off like tons of stuff. People will be like, why are you talking about this? Barely didn't touch, touch on Captain Marvel. Like, no, mm, no. At all. And yeah. she's quite an integral part of a bunch of stuff. But yep. yeah. yeah. No time. Yeah. But anyway. We'll be back next week with part two, where we'll talk about some changes we'd like to make in the MCU across mm. the various phases. And then the following week, part three, we talk into the future of the MCU and think about phase four and beyond. If you have any thoughts, I'm sure you do, listeners, uh, about the MCU, you can hit us up on all the social medias. We are sequelizers on absolutely everything. You can go to sequelizers.com. You can find links to our live streams, to our shop, to our Discord, all that kind of stuff available on our lovely little website. 
There's also the archive of all the previous episodes if you need to do any catching up as well. I am JLW Chambers on all social media. Come and follow me for Marvel Cinematic ramblings and SEO and wrestling thoughts, basically. <laughs> uh, Matt, how can people follow you on the internet? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. You can go to cheeseman.com and see the things that I make. You can go to the redrighthand.co.uk. The newly redesigned the redrighthand.co.uk. Oh, yes, Featuring fresh. designs from... Mr. John Scarrett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fresh for 2022. Um, more optimized. I mean, I'm still working through dead links. You might see some things, not pictures for older stuff, but it's all fresh and updated and so on and so forth. There'll be a Spider-Man No Way Home review in there. But I don't know what it's going to say right now because it's going to come out. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Red Right Hand are here for all those review needs. Tim, if I had an antiquated pager, but it was updated with modern technology so I can get through to you, what would I type into it? Uh, trivia underscore lad is where you can find me on Twitter, and that's also my beeper. Um, nice. And you can find all my opinions and nonsense there and anything interesting that I'm doing, as well as sequelizers. Nice. Nice. Well, as I said, we'll be back next week with part two of our MCU trilogy. Until then, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and goodbye. gentlemen i think that went very well now i'd like to talk to you about the sequelizing initiative <gasps> hail ashens fine i'll do it myself Ha, 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 ha.